to the Pulp MX Show, presented by Motorsport.com and Fly Racing. Coming to you live from Las Vegas, right outside the Lion's Den, with your host, Steve Mathis. And now, strap in and get ready. It's showtime. I just don't like the guy. The guy's just a douchebag. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, welcome everybody to the Pulp MX Show presented by Motorsport.com and Fly Racing. Coming at you, it's Monday, December 7th, 5 p.m. Pacific, and we're back. Two weeks off, we're back. we got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to tonight. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we appreciate the downloads, and we appreciate the recommendations, and we appreciate you using the sponsor deals on PulpMXShow.com to save some money a lot of our companies, whether it's Maxima, whether it's ProFilter, whether it's uh, Atlas Brace, Works Connection, they all have codes and they can help you save money. So if you're outfitting your bike with whatever, check out PulpMXShow.com, sponsor deals for all the codes to save. All right? Sounds good. Thank you again for listening. Looking forward. Got a great show. Got a couple of really funny, good in-studio guests as well. Co-hosts, I should say. Uh, with me all night long to help guide the ship. Joey Savacci will be on, the new Rocky Mountain ATV MC KTM rider. Joey Savacci will join us. It's been a while since Joe Dog was on, and uh, he will call in to tell us about the new ride and the new team. Getting back on a KTM for him after a few years there. Uh, the new MCR Honda rider, Brock Tickle, will call in as well. Uh, we all thought Hill had the ride, and then, uh, pow, Tickle got the ride. So looking forward to having uh, Tick, Tick call in. Tell us what it's like uh, getting back on a Honda form and uh, and all of that. So thank you for uh, those guys. Our buddy Chris Kiefer will call in. He's just back from the uh, Arizona Open, some sort of amateur race out there in the desert that looked like it had 8 million people. And uh, so Chris Kiefer will call in and talk about that. Jason Thomas, of course, from Fly Racing will be on as well. Don't forget, you can get this show on pulpmexshow.com. You can get it on the app. You can get it on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Check out the Steve Mathis Show as well. Uh, if you can, we have got some good guests on there. Race reviews are coming once the season starts, January 16th in Houston. Three races, uh, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. So that's a, a different deal for that. We'll talk about that tonight. The Pulp Mex app as well. You can download it from the store. And if you download the old app, when the new app is coming, which should be any day now, the uh, <laughs> the other app, will uh, you don't have to pay for it twice. So don't worry about it. Uh, again, so please check that out. Amazon as well. If you're going to buy something from Amazon, go to pulpamex.com. There's an Amazon widget on there. It takes you to Amazon. Make your purchase that way. It gets, we get a small slice of that as well. Motorsport.com guys are on board with us. Myself and Ryan Villapoto, Motorsport.com, Yamaha teammates. Uh, great company, great customer service, great prices. I've ordered from there recently some OEM parts, and they've showed up right on time. I ordered an, an Allen key set. I ordered some tools, some parts, some stuff for my project bikes, and uh, the service couldn't have been any better. So Motorsport.com. Go through our uh, banner on PulpMex.com or PulpMexShow.com if you're going to make a purchase from Motorsport, and we would uh, super, super appreciate that. It would really help us along. And uh, and all of that. So like I said, Savachi, Tickle, all in the show tonight. Motorsport.com. Fly Racing, Racetech Suspension and Engines, Vortex Racing, Roost MX, X-Brand Goggles, Vertex Pistons, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima USA, the guys at Skosh are on board, Firepower Batteries and Chains, Pro Filter, FMF, Atlas Neck Brace, Works Connection, 
OGO Power Sports, Art of Sport, Get Data, Guts Racing, WUSA, MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, Ride Engineering, Works Chassis Lab, and Intense Cycles all on board with us. And uh, as are you people, of course, uh, all show long. So let's get into my, my co-host tonight, a couple of really good guys, good friends of mine for a while in the industry. First up, uh, he's a former pro racer. He made uh, many a 250 Supercross main event. He's been working at Maxima USA and Pro Filter for a number of years now. He's an incredible mountain bike rider, and uh, happy to have him back in studio. It's Trevor Reese. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Happy Thanks for coming here. in. Yeah. Uh, last yeah. time you came out, we went on a mountain bike ride, and I told the story a few times where you just rode behind me on my e-bike. You were on a regular bike, and uh, you were just like, yeah, no problem. Uh, but you broken foot now. Yeah, yeah. Damn a little, it. little banged up story of my life, but uh, yeah. Yeah, a couple more weeks here. We'll be back on the bike and uh, spinning the do we, again. Do we blame Luke Reslin? Can we just blame Luke? I mean, the dozer? No, definitely don't blame don't blame Luke. Uh, man, it was a it was a fun trip. You're out in Dreamland. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was a yeah. great opportunity. Traveled down there with a uh, buddy Justin of mine and another yeah. guy Andy over in Tennessee, and got to do some riding and a right. uh, little mechanical issue. And you, you know. see, you you don't ride much anymore after you after you hung up your boots, and yeah. that's what happens. You know, I, like, stick to the bicycles. Bro. I know. You you <laughs> think I'd learn by now, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it just comes with it, you yeah. know, and uh, fortunately, could have been a lot worse. Right. So, um, how's everything at Maxima and Pro Filter? Good? Yeah. Going well? Yeah, things are good. It's how's the dogger? A, how's the dogger? Oh, he's always good. Oh, the dogger. Know? He's always good. Legend. So, yeah, the man. <laughs> I was know? thinking about getting him on the night, but there's zero chance he would do it after 5 o'clock. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. he's home. He's he's doing his thing. So, <laughs> no, Ronnie's good. Yep. Um, yeah, Maxima's been been great. I yeah. mean, it's been a been a tough year for a lot of people, and uh, I've been fortunate. The brand's been fortunate to to have success this mm-hmm. year, and uh, yeah, I mean, no complaints. Uh, how long so. you been there for now? Uh, about four and a half years. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and you're the brand manager for Maxima. Yep. And the global manager for Pro Filter. Yes. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I sh- oh, I was going to tell you to bring me some Pro Filters up. I'm down to my last one. Oh, you should have let me know. Damn it! I totally forgot till right yeah. now. Yeah. Because you you flew up, so, but those 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 would have made no, the plane. I can get yeah. Him. Yeah, yeah. I can get them here. Right. No right. problem. Damn it. Yeah, we'll take care of you. Uh, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, also in studio here, uh, a guy I got a text from. Right now, it said, ask Russ about Supercross and wearing roll-offs. So we need to get into that. Uh, from Hoosier Tire, he's a former uh, fill-in at, at uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit, FMF Honda. Back in the day, you know him. He's had a long racing career. And like I said, now he's with Hoosier Tires. It's Rusty Holland. What's up, Russ? How are you, man? Doing good. Thanks. Thanks for uh, having me. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, appreciate it. Put the mic up a little bit if you can. Perfect. Thank you. technical. Yeah, that's good. Uh, thanks for coming in, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, man, uh, you and I, we, we've known each other for a long time. I first met you. 97 when I worked for Birdwell yep. as a privateer mechanic. I don't know what you were riding in 97, but. Yep. That was, that was no Kawasaki that year. Okay. All right. And uh, yeah, man, that was, uh, man, you've, you've, you've raced arena cross, you raced supercross, you raced motocross. Uh, now your kids are riding. Yep. How much do you ride still? Very little, but with uh, working with Hoosier Tire, uh, definitely been able to get back on the bike uh, yep. more this year than ever. Just trying to get to know the product. And uh, yep. so it's been a good journey. Uh, both of you guys, and JT's going to come on later, um, you, we, you guys race pro, JT did, the, and now you've got real jobs in the industry, so I want all three of you guys to talk about the transition a little bit, like how you realize, like, hey, like it, the dream's over, and I need to get a job, right? Like, <laughs> No, for sure, but I think for all of us, too, we're, we're still in a sport and industry we really love, and that's why we're all still here. Yeah. You know, Danny Smith, Brock Sellers, and yeah. Jim Chester, I mean, the list just goes on and on about the guys you hear about right. that are staying in the industry, so it's really, really cool to hear all these guys' names pop back up. Was there a moment for you where you were like, time to get a job like what did something happen no not really i just uh you know i i think i had seven years of nationals and supercrosses and did a couple canadian Mm -hmm. years and uh a couple years in arena cross uh 
it was really good. Um, but I was a durability test rider and R and D rider for Honda, so yep. I did a lot of a lot of riding. And um, you know, I needed to try to get more of the business atmosphere of the sport. Right. And, uh, went to work for Parts Unlimited in like 2007, I believe. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so still learning every day for sure. What, was it tough to start a, a regular job like no. JT? Like we'll have JT on here a little bit. He's always like, dude. Like, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, I got to be at a desk. You know what I mean? Like, that's still... <laughs> For sure. He's never... I mean, you think, like, myself and, and these yahoos over here, we, we've, we've always had jobs, right? Yep. But a guy like JT or either one of you guys, I mean, literally never had a job. <laughs> yep. Well, and... <laughs> I, you know, I came up in the trial hard knocks for sure. You know, I, I worked at a mo- local motorcycle shop starting at 13. Oh, you and, did? Okay, yep. so you did have a job. And then yep. when I was 16, I started mowing lawns, and, and I did that for about three years until I was able to, to uh, start making enough money to call okay. myself a, a racer. Quote-unquote, so. <laughs> <laughs> a racer. What about you, Trevor? Uh, I mean, I always had a job, even yeah. while I was racing. You okay. know, I worked at a dealership. I worked at Maxima part-time. So, yep. um, you know, I, was, I always had something going on besides racing. Um but there's challenges with that too, trying to balance you yeah. know, both of them yep. and things like that. But right. you know, I was a, a main event guy on the weekends, and Monday morning I was at the dealership again, you know, selling right. bikes and doing <laughs> things like that. So you're like, hey uh, man, I just had like thirty thousand people like like watch my race, and now yes. here I am. Right. But I mean, you you learn a lot from it, you know. Right. So you understand how to how to you know balance finances and time management and all these things that I think benefit me now. Yep. yep. Um, so I was kind of I was always working, still riding, racing. Right. And, you know, it's 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 been good for now. Yeah, so. yeah. It's uh, it's one of those times where for a pro, former pros, uh, like you know, it comes for everybody, right? At some point, and if you've been the top, what, would you say the five percent earn enough money to not work again? Is yeah. it even that high? Is it 3% three percent of racers? Three. Right, yeah, probably yeah, right. Three. If probably. you're one of those guys, then great. You just you retire and you have millions in the bank. But yeah. if you're not one of those guys, it's time to get a job. Yeah, and for me, it was uh, I just I got hurt. Like I yeah. I had finally got to the point of where I signed a a decent deal for the next year and had some help and with bike and things like that and getting to the races and stuff like that and yep. unfortunately got hurt and literally fast forward two months from having surgery i was sitting at a desk you know so <laughs> yeah, it was like you know yeah. so it was definitely different and it and it was a transition it, yeah. it still is a transition you know but uh yeah. but where i'm at i'm i'm super stoked you know i've been around maxima my whole life yeah so danny um, danny the owner great guy yeah, yeah really yeah. good dude yeah so they, they've always taken great care of me they were a big part of why i got to race right you know so um so I, I enjoy what I do. Right, right. Know? Yeah, it's uh, it's funny that time comes for for everybody. Uh, taking your phone calls over there in the corner, holding things down. He's, he's uh off-road legend, <laughs> Talon Taylor. What's up, Talon? Very loose on the legend. Yeah, very loose, very yeah. loose. What's up, man? What's How are up? You? Happy to be here. Two weeks off. Yeah. You, you refreshed? You ready? Yeah. You're not going to see a, like an A1 performance tonight? Uh, like an A1, like nervous performance, maybe. No, just an A1. Like an like, A1 Barsha? I don't mean Anaheim one. I just mean like A1, like top. Like oh, you know, yeah. just, just oh, a, yeah. a great performance. You're going to bring the heat. Yeah. Okay. A lot better than Travis over here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Travis, uh, working the video in a little bit. It's Travis Marks. What's up, Marks? Hi. What, what, what What's going on? What are we doing? Stuff. Uh, when are we up with the video? Don't know. Okay, <laughs> uh, is, is it is it coming? Uh, uh, I'm updating the switcher software right now. Okay, um, I had to do a, a okay. software update on my computer to work on your silly app, and it broke other stuff in the meantime. So uh, things are going good over here. Yeah, good times. Thank you, thank you for that. What did that say? I didn't have my headphones. Yeah. On. <laughs> uh, um, do I need a pew pew? So if <laughs> you I don't have it, I don't have it hooked up. You don't so even have that. My mouth is gonna have to do all the work. That's oh, what she said. Um, um, <laughs> so Ross and Trevor's family can't watch them right now. Right, uh, not at the moment, but I am working on it. I promise. Okay, all right. Uh, and on the app, is any day? 
I'm, I'm so pew, done with pew. Right now. Pew, pew. I'm so done with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Travis Marks, everybody. Hey, speaking of Houston, uh, let us know when it's up, and we'll we'll let, tell people. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, speaking of Houston, coming up, we are going to do a live show at Houston myself and JT and Wygan and, and maybe some special guests at Three Palms MX on Friday night. So it's an outdoor show. We're going to have a, a stage and some guests and a live show, and these are really cool to do. And they're going to be outdoors, so dress appropriately. Tickets will be on sale. Um, yeah. Again, like later this week. Anything else? <laughs> Anything else you'd like to add? <laughs> later this week? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Okay, stay close, tuned. Close to the end of the week. Probably. Right, we're gonna have tickets on sale to buy that for the uh, for the opening round of Supercross in January. So really stoked to have Yamaha and Fly Racing on board with us for the live shows. Those are a, those are a ton of fun, and uh, so yeah, we'll get into that as well. Uh, we'll let you know. Stay 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 tuned to uh, all the uh, social stuff as well coming in. Um. Russ, today, uh, you came in early, and uh, this guy's got a broken foot, so he was supposed to join us, but uh, the intense Taser MX, you've ridden an e-bike before, so it wasn't you know, wasn't a, a mind-blowing first time for you, but yeah, what'd you think? You have fun? I had a great time. In fact, uh, definitely a lot more rigid of a bike, a lot more high performance of a bike that I got to try before, yeah. but uh, it was cool. I haven't been on a bicycle in about six years. So, yeah, uh, you said that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it was good. We did an hour 22. You were, you hung with me, no problem. Yep. I had to yep. get, I had to get a little further back so you didn't hear me switching my, my mode into, <laughs> into the cheater mode, but, uh, I'd get my breath back and, and, uh, click it back into the. Oh, so you'd go between trail and, exactly, and eco? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it was great, you know, obviously just getting back into things, especially for average moto guys, you, you want to go out and get your, your base back without just blowing yourself up and making it a miserable day. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it definitely drew my attention a little bit more having the e-bike just because, uh, you know, being a moto guy, you got me, got to let me push a little bit hard, harder in corners and stuff that, yeah. that you wouldn't get the speed for on a normal yeah. bike. So I uh, really had a great time. You can totally see how, how they're addictive, right? I oh, mean, for sure. Unless you're a super... Mountain bike guy like Trevor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard about you. Yeah. Right, right. But no, you you raced. You tried a couple of bikes. You're yeah. You're yeah. semi on board. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm semi on board now. Okay, so. all right. They they are fun. I I did have fun on it. Yeah. Um, but I, I would still prefer my my regular bike over it. That's just, bullshit. I I know. I know. <laughs> Personally, but uh, no, they are a good time. You're and, out of uh, your mind, dude. Some of the uh, some of the trails that we did ride, like the tight twitchy stuff, up yeah. and down real fast, they they are fun because yeah. you can totally motor the thing and you're not completely out of breath. Russ, I, mean? I think so. you're the only guy I took that didn't say, "Oh my God, the rocks!" <laughs> like everybody, I like I take out. Holy shit! It's yeah. so rocky out. You didn't say anything. You're like, eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I had a lot of uh, trail riding experience at an early age, uh, riding dirt bikes. Yeah. I didn't really race till I was twelve, so I was a desert rat and uh, rode Pismo Beach quite a bit. So l- luckily, okay. at an early age, I got a good right, first. Yeah, you, you never complain once about all the rocks out there. No, it's the so. usual in California. Yeah, I'm yeah. Live right and in uh, it, you're a Fresno guy, born yep. and raised, and everything. Yep. You've always been the Central Cal guy all yep. the time. So between North, Northern California and Southern California, you've you raced everywhere. Both. Yeah, everyone used to give me flack about being in Fresno, but it was very uh, a good central location to do a lot of racing throughout California. And, uh, of course, uh, I was able to race a lot of contingency races. So yeah. back then it was kind of split divisions north and south. Uh, we had the CMC Golden States and GFI Winter Series. And so they usually wouldn't stack on top of each other. You could kind of hit both different rounds right. and, and keep bouncing around different areas. And if there was money to be made at a race, Russ was there. I was trying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I put your photo up on uh, on Instagram today, and uh, uh, it was it was comedy. The first response is it, it's just it's it makes me laugh, Russ. Uh, one guy, one guy, and this is the stuff that I'll, I'll probably dive into tomorrow. You're coming over for a longer form podcast, right? Yep. Tomorrow we're going to do a longer one here, and so. 
Kyle said, that dude took me out at a fair race so hard when I was 16, I almost filed assault charges. <laughs> I don't remember it. Another guy said, don't feel bad. He had multiple offenses like that. Uh, another guy said, he cleaned my kid out at Arena Cross in 2010 after my kid hit him. After the race, I told my son, dude, that's Rusty Holland. He don't play. Well, if there was money on the table, uh, obviously, I don't think anybody was playing, but, uh, you know, it was just, it was neat, you know, obviously at a local level and even at times at Supercrosses and stuff, um, yeah. the intensity gets driven real high, real quick. Yeah. And, uh, the person that wants it the most usually gets it. So, um, the, uh, the, the thing about you, I think was everybody knew you were pretty aggressive and, and then there's a, there's a YouTube video of you and Michael Brandes fighting Yep. on, it's like the first thing that comes up LA Coliseum. Was it? Yep. Coliseum. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Round one. How tired are you of that video? I, at least it's good general conversation. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do riding school stuff at home, and I don't really have a website for it or anything. So, ironically enough, a lot of the kids type my name into Google, yeah. drive into the track, and they, the parents get out, and their eyes are big, wide-eyed eyes, and they're like, my kid just watched you fight in front of 40,000 people, and I'm like, great, you know. Out of all the racing I tried to, to do and, and be successful at, that, that that's what gets all the attention. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Rusty Holland, everybody. And we'll get into the rollerball nickname. I'm not happy about that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, hey, so we're going to have Savachi and Tickle on tonight, two guys who, since we last uh, had a show, switched teams. I think um, Hill just pivoted left and left the MCR Honda team, Trevor, and Tickle got that spot. And then Baggett made a hard left and quit the Rocky Mountain team, and Savachi got a spot. Both guys, I think, that are on the night, surprises, and nobody had them pegged for those rides. But which guy to you was more of a surprise, or which one was more like, huh? Uh, I think Savachi for yeah, me was yeah. because I because I was expecting Baggett to be there. I think everybody was, you know. Right. Um. I think, you know, Tickles, Tickle deserved to be somewhere. So yep. I I figured he would he would fit in somewhere with a team like like Moto Concepts. So, um. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely Savachi. But, um. Both solid guys. I mean, Savachi's proven that he can he can run up front. He gets good starts. Things like that. So. Um, and I, I would imagine the uh, the transition to uh, you know from Suzuki to KTM is probably a little bit of a, a breath of fresh air. Well, so he's probably you know excited a little bit you know yeah. some added motivation things like that. So. I think the Suzuki's a good bike uh, for sure. I mean, Roxon won on something that you know not that long ago that was a lot like what JGR had. But the fa the KTM guys like Baggett and Savachi and Bo I mean those are factory bikes, right? right? So right. that's a big step. Whether no matter what it is, a factory bike is a, is a step up. So I think that that will be a big thing for him. Uh, and then I think the tickle. I wrote this in uh, in Racer X to me, uh, Russ. To me, like Hills, Hills heights are better than Tickles. Like as far as like Hills got more skill than Tickle, and I think more speed than Tickle. But I think Tickle be more even across the board. Where you're going to get ups and downs with yep. Justin Hill. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know. Um obviously both guys very talented rider and each rider has his own uh strengths and weaknesses but yeah. uh no I, I think for sure I, I think tickle especially just getting back to things it's gonna be extra hungry and and it'll be neat to see him perform do you think uh i mean the hill th the hill thing was weird right i, I thought so yeah <laughs> do we do we does anybody know what he's doing trevor or does anybody know what do we know what hill's doing i saw like a, a random instagram post it looked like he was riding a honda maybe at club mx with his brother so okay um potentially maybe his own kind of deal i don't know hills i mean both those guys are are so talented yeah. on a dirt bike yeah. you know and somebody like like justin i feel like he can he could show up yeah 
on his own effort and yeah, he yeah. lays down the you know fastest qualifying time yeah. and y- you never know what the guy like yeah, he's been yeah. proven that he can win and for whatever reason things haven't worked out when he got on the 450 and things yep. like that but he's super unknown for me at this point you know so. I just I, I like the Moto Concepts guys I mean I think I think Tony does a good job there but I think they're a pretty unique program you know they have a heavily bonused contract yeah. so you get you get paid on how you do, and you, if you don't if you don't race, you're not making really anything. Right. You get show up money basically, and like Brayton, Brayton's on the record as saying that the year he was there, he made more money than any time, anywhere other in his career. Now he yeah. won Daytona, you know, and he won he, he did really well. Yep. So there is that, but they pay you if you perform, and he'll perform last year for the most part. The Salt Lake stuff wasn't great, but until then he'd been really good. Right. I just. Like, if you're not happy, I don't know. Like, if you're going to leave Moto Concepts, I get it. Maybe Genova and Tony aren't your style, and maybe the way the teams pay you, pay, the team pays you isn't your style. And maybe that, you know, like, I think Tony uh, makes a lot of phone calls and checks up on you, right? I think Hill at JGR ran a loose program, and it showed. I think Moto Concepts runs a tighter program. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what how you're leaving Moto Concepts if you don't have something in the back. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, I, I, you know, it's I think uh, so. So we sponsor the team, yeah. Motor Concepts. Yeah. We have for a handful of years now, right. uh, and they 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 have a, a great package when it comes to the bike. They've done a lot of work on the bike. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a good place for people to land. So yeah. to see Hill just out of nowhere, I yeah. guess he just yeah. you know didn't sign the deal, things like that, because it came out originally that he was going to be on the team. Yeah, he was a yeah. confirmed writer, and I know on, yeah. talking uh, with them. Tony was on the show saying yeah. Hill was on the team. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So I, and I had talked to Tony too, and we had seen the list of of who the guys were going to be, and Hill was one of those guys. And then all of a sudden, it you know it flip flopped to Tickle. So I don't know. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with with Justin. So does that affect Maxima's deal or now for something like that? Like, cause you place Tickle with Hill, like you're just you're fine as far as Maxima. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't change anything for us. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I think this year they've got um, probably their their strongest yeah. lineup in my opinion. They've yeah. always had one really good guy, and yeah. you know another guy that was you know potentially a you, top ten guy. But um, you, you look at Bloss, Tickle, and um, uh, um, McElrath, McElrath. Sorry, McElrath. Yep. Dude, that's three. That's eight to. 15 three guys in the 8 to 15 range. Yeah. Yeah, and potentially and potentially yeah. better. Right. You know, and I I think so. You know, I think Shane um Shane's a great rider. He has really good technique. Yep. Uh looks really solid on the bike. And I think uh maybe for somebody like him, the team maybe it's a little bit less pressure, right? It's mm-hmm. not this the pinnacle of a of a factory Honda team or something like that, so it's a little yeah. bit more relaxed for him. He can show up and just kind of do his thing. Yep. Um so I I would expect him to have some good rides. Um, Benny's another, I mean, great rider. He gets Benny. You know, yeah, he hasn't. He's been hurt a lot, but the Salt Lake City, he had some speed. He yeah. went third forever in, yep. in the final race. Yeah. Like, yeah, you just you just yeah. waiting. Yeah, you know. I mean, he's a, he's a monster in the whoops. You yeah. know, he's he's got a, a lot of good things going for him. Yep. So, uh, the the Baggett thing. Getting back to that, the Baggett thing is weird. Um, he's not talking. Nobody at the Baggett camp is talking yeah. about what happened. Yeah, I've heard though that he had surgery on his hand. He had like um, like his hand was going numb for a while so he had surgery on his hand and he was going to miss most of supercross anyways and i i truly think he he the team hasn't paid him and that's what and then he just split like yeah. he's just like hey i haven't got money last year i'm not going to get money this year it looks like you guys owe me a bunch of money i'm out of here and and there's probably legal stuff going on behind the scenes yeah um you know when the when forrest butler the team owner was out he just they just said they went in a different direction with baggage yeah. that doesn't make a lot well, of sense I, I mean what else can they say i guess, I guess right? right you know i know so so I mean, to grab Joey, to lose Baggett and grab Joey is, is a pretty good rebound at that late, you know what I mean? But 
I don't think we've heard the last of Baggett. I don't think he's retiring. I think he wants to race. He just he's got to find a home now. Yeah, you know, yeah. as when he, when his hand is good. Yeah, so, I think, and I think that's been something he's been battling for a while. Now, yeah, his hand, yeah, so. it has been. It has been. Yeah. So. Uh, that was kind of out of nowhere, huh, Russ? Yeah, uh-huh. I would agree with you. But uh, definitely don't cap bag it out. He's definitely a warrior, and I'm sure he'll be back with a vengeance. So, yeah. Uh, yeah um, hard work ethic. And I don't know him personally, but uh, yeah. obviously you can't deny how much effort he puts in. So. No, and, and I think he's one of those guys, like, you don't really talk to him about the Tomac and the Roxons and, and uh, you know, the elite guys, the Webs and those guys. But then all of a sudden he'll just come out and beat them. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, like okay. – but Blake Baggett, right? Yeah, and then you, you then you forget about him for a little bit, and then you're like, oh yeah, Blake Baggett. Like yeah. so, anytime you could, if you even if you pull that off once, it's something to me. Yeah. And every time you think he's kind of forgotten about, he comes back and restamps his name on on the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we yeah. saw that, you know, towards the end of the outdoor season, and yeah, you know, had some really good rides and back yep. charging it, you know, late in the moto and things like that. And I mean, when he's on, I mean, it's it's impressive, you know. So I, I agree. Uh, later on in this show, I'm going to ask Russ and Trevor uh, a couple of moves that you guys liked for silly season stuff, and a couple of moves you didn't like, or a couple of moves that made you scratch your head. And maybe we covered the whole hill might be one of them or, or whatever um or maybe McElrath is the guy uh for you but maxima usa of course please check them out on the web pulp 20 is the code to save with maxima usa whether it's 927 which is the just really like you said it's got a cult following with two stroke guys oh, yeah. the 927 Absolutely. does uh ross you're a k2 guy for yep. two strokes that's right i ran super m growing up my whole life so you know uh, that's where i'm at we're at all three ranges here uh sc1 of course uh, uh crushing it as always yeah um, so please check them out, Maxima USA. Suspension clean is something that everyone talks about. I've yet to try, so I need to try the suspension clean. Yeah, you need to try it. I know. It's, uh, it's, I guess it's one of the – it's uh, maybe not talked about it enough. It, right. It's more of a, a professional formula, we say. So, um, you know, most people just use a contact cleaner. Yeah. Uh, but that product, you know, smells really good. Um, it's not as aggressive as a contact cleaner. So right. the name suspension, um, you know, it's specifically for those type of parts. Yep. So it's not going to crack seals, not going to dry anything out, leaves the surface dry and clean, no yep. haze, no residue, nothing like yeah. that. So uh, we sell, you know, to a lot of the factory level teams and things like that yep. that we don't actually support. And that's a product that uh, we sell a lot of to them for their, their workshops. And so, things I like use, that, so I use contact cleaner all the time when I'm cleaning stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, So I'm holding it in my hand and spraying with contact cleaner, just like I grew up doing and like I did as a mechanic for 15 years. Yep. You're saying I should probably spray with contact with suspension clean. If uh, I'm going to hold it in my hands and spray it. They're both a little bit aggressive on the skin. I mean, right. most things aren't good to get on your, no, on no, your skin. No, no, no. But at this uh, point, it's over for me. Yeah, it's, but uh, it's done. at least with the suspension clean, it has a nice citrus yeah. smell and things like that. So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's a it's a really, really good product. I, so. uh, I actually just ordered some Maxima without even, like, bugging you because I didn't – I just needed – I needed some assembly lube. I'm building a 500, a CR500, my yeah. old childhood bike. I found it in, on Craigslist and bought it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to bug those guys for like just assembly lube. So I bought some, and I've been impressed with it. Yeah, I didn't realize. Did you get the the squeeze bottle, or did you get no, the tub? No, the tub okay. because I'm going to use a because yeah. I'm a hack mechanic. And you're old so school. I'll, I'll, I'll use a ton of yeah, it. Yeah, no squeeze bottle. For yeah, rapids. no, no, yeah. no. It's a brush and assembly lube. <laughs> yeah. and uh, so I've been really impressed with that. It's, yeah. it's almost like um, not as watery as the assembly lube that I'm used to as a mechanic. It's a little, little more tackier, and I like that. So, yeah, yeah, and some people yeah. prefer that, and that's why we have we have both options. So the the original assembly lube, yeah. it's it's a lighter viscosity, and it's it's in the squeeze bottle. Um, and then you know we do some work on the automotive side too. So we yeah. have a performance auto segment. And we yeah. have guys that build crate motors and stuff like that. And the motor gets built, and it might sit on the shelf for two, three, six months, whatever it yeah. might be. So they would see some fallout or some dripping with the, oh, with yeah, the standard yeah. lube. Yeah. So yeah. they wanted something that was heavier in viscosity. So right. that's where the grease came 
came in. Right. So we, we commercialized that for those guys, and we brought it over to the power sports side now, and so we have a ton of guys using that for, for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Even, um, you know, even headsets, guys that are doing headsets pretty often, or even linkage, yeah, yeah. axles, stuff that you're applying fairly yeah, you're, often. Yeah, you're, yeah you're not, you're not, you don't need to, yeah, to yeah, do it. Um, yeah. No, I like it. It's good. And yeah. I just bought it. Just awesome. Well, we appreciate let it. you know that. Just, yeah. just straight out about it. Uh, also, too, filter oil, FFT. It's just phen- phenomenal. The I don't best. know. Russ, do you, uh, do you try the filter oil? Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, yep. Dude, you think about some filter oil that just like it's all stringy and shitty and hard to spread, and then you think other stuff that's like water, and it just goes everywhere. It's like yep. Maxima is like the perfect combination of both. Like yep. it's watery enough to spread, but not too watery where it goes everywhere. So. Uh, Pulp 20 is the code to save with MaximaUSA.com, uh, Monster Energy Pro Circuit, Monster Energy Kawasaki, and the Geico Honda team did use Maxima as well yeah. when they were around. Yeah. Um, too bad for those guys, obviously. Uh, between them and JGR, man, it, it sucks. That's yeah. just... Oh, yeah, it, and it, we had we had uh, JGR we had for Pro Filter as well, so, oh, yeah, so we lost right. two teams. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, talking about Geico for a minute, I mean, that was a... Uh, we were excited to start that partnership. You know, they got a, they had a great group of guys over there working mm-hmm. with those guys, uh, their their development guys, and and working on engine oil stuff and seeing the gains they were making there with that motorcycle. Yeah. It was it was exciting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were we were all very bummed to see them see them yeah, go away. You so. know, I think like Shimoda's on Pro Circuit and Mumford did the FXR Chaparral team, mm-hmm. and of course the Lawrence brothers are over there. Craig's at Star, and I think the a lot of the. Uh, Motor guys and mechanics went to the 250 effort. Josh, the manager, went there. So I think most everybody got a gig, which is good. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm sure there's other guys out there floating that need yeah. jobs, but it's nice to see that, you know, people found homes. Yeah, I mean, you hope the best for all those yeah. guys, right? Yeah. You know, this and, is a great group of dudes, like I was saying, so you hope they, they land somewhere. And, and I think Leroy from JGR is going to work with Amart again. Amart's doing the, oh, uh, the Rock River Man- Manilak racing team. So I think Leroy is going to go over there, old school Lee, so... Um, yeah, it's really bummer that those teams have folded up. Coy, Coy Gibbs was going to come on the night and uh, put it off uh, on me, but he said he'd be on a couple weeks ago, and then I hit him up, and then he. So we're working on Coy Gibbs. First, he insulted the Pulp Show, and then he told me he couldn't make it. So that's that's typical Coy Gibbs. So um, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. It's Joey Savachi coming right up here. Uh, Skosh USA uh, Pulp Twenty Twenty is the code to save with Skosh. Innovators, award-winning consumer technology, power sports, car audio products, and accessories. Proud sponsors of the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team with uh, Dino, Anderson, and Osborne, uh, among others. 40 years in business. Uh, get, get the Use the Pulp 20 code to save on phone mounts, chargers, cables, power sports, clamps, and mounts. Uh, the brand new base links modular thing, which is on the desk here in front of you. Uh, Skosh.com uh, uh, for all your audio needs. Pulp 2020 is the code to save. Uh, bringing, speaking of Skosh. Bringing you uh, Joey Savacci tonight on the Pulp Mech Show, uh, presented by Skosh. It is Joey. What's up, Joey? How are you, man? How are you, Steve? Thanks for coming on. Hey, man. I know you don't like me, but I figured I'd come on anyway. Oh, see, I was going to say, I know you don't like me, but I appreciate you taking the time to come on. So that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I figured you'd do something like that. You tried turning on me. Yeah, always. I'm the media. I'm the media. What, that's what we do. <laughs> I know. You do a good job of that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Where do I rank it? Like, is oh, Okay. I know I'm not your favorite media guy, but am I top ten? Uh, oh man, I don't know. That's tough. Hang on, we got a fourth down and goal situation. <laughs> <laughs> like Anton's, Anton's number one, I think. Uh, um, no, I wouldn't. I don't really have a list, man. Okay, uh, say, right. say you're you're top five. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. I don't. I don't have a problem with you. I just. I think you need to work on getting your your guys to like to not hate me and then i think we'll be okay wow 
Yeah, unfortunately, uh, as, as much as the, the guys, our listeners, um, you know, they, they are good in some cases, right? Like privateer support, and they love some guys, and other times, like one time I made a joke about a, a goggle company. I wasn't happy with a goggle company, and I, and I was shitting on them on the show, which is what I tend to do. And then my listeners, Joey, wrote the goggle company and was like saying, I'll never buy your goggle again. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't Steve? do that. Don't do that. Can't <laughs> so. be toxic, Steve. That's what you do to me. <laughs> I don't do that to you. Stop it. I, I mean, maybe, listen, maybe not that bad. I think there were times where you were really miserable. And I don't mean I like, was. you know, no, I don't mean that me, but I mean that just you weren't happy on a motorcycle. Oh, 100%. I'd be the first one to agree. I right. think things have been kind of not great at times. But, yeah. I mean, you know, it's a live and a learn type thing, you know, so. Yeah, no, I agree. Moving forward, you just got to be, you know, I just need to be, um, this is a tightrope I'm trying to walk here. Um, yeah. You know, yep. as as a professional athlete, you know, like I obviously train and everything I do is to win. And when I don't win, obviously I'm not happy, but I guess I, I can be happy. Uh, I can be happy to an extent, and then if I'm not happy, I can take it out later about myself. So. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a part there's a part where you guys, and I mean you, professional riders, like yeah, you have to just be. And I'm not saying I, you're you're not professional because you're always professional to deal with, but you almost just got to be like, hey, I'll 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 talk about I'll talk to the team manager later. I'll talk to my mechanic later about the things that I didn't like tonight. But for now, yep. I'm gonna just point out you know the positives or something. And unfortunately, I hate to use this this phrase or words, but it's kind of a fake it, fake it thing, you know. Like yeah. you got to put that that happy face on, and that's just something that I'm not good at. Right, like, right. If I'm not happy and things aren't going well, like I just, I have a hard time putting on a fake face and being like, oh man, everything's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I'm not happy. I feel like people should know I'm not happy. But <laughs> that's, that's a fine line too. It, so it I'm is. Working on it, it is. And, and I've talked to a lot of guys over the years, like. Chad was fucking pissed a few times after the races, right? And I'm over there, and and he's just like, you know, mumbling and kind of like just, and you could see he's working out in his head on what to yep. say and what not to say, you know? Yep. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's and, tough, yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. And RV, if RV didn't win, and especially if Stu beat him, holy oh. shit balls, was he mad, you yeah, know? That was... So, yeah, I, I just, yeah, anyways, I, I do think that you could be better at conveying not to the media because who cares about us but to the fans for sure because you're a fun guy behind the scenes uh, charles Caslu, a mutual friend of ours uh yep. you know, he, he's got nothing but great things to say about you and he he's like Dude, I mean, honestly, yeah like that's that's the hard part too like <clears throat> i do feel like i'm really like a pretty laid back easy guy to get along with and you know like i enjoy having fun but it's hard to like i can't force that opinion on anybody you know so it's yep, like yep. I've tried to figure out ways how I can, um, you know, make people see that, but it's just one of those things that like, I just can't change overnight. I have to, yeah. I need to be more, I truthfully, I need to be more relevant and, you know, like I need to be in the spotlight and I need to be doing well and have my chances to, to, you know, let people know that, you know, it's not that I was in a bad, bad place, but I just needed some fine tuning and that's just, yeah. Some things that I've learned along the way. So yeah, and, and truthfully, I mean, you kind of got screwed at Cowie. We know that you had a terrific year, and they they, they let you go for a for AC and AC did a great job. So it's not like he yep. struggled either. But you could legitimately make a case that you could be pretty bitter about that. And so you you know you had the Osborne thing. 
you got the the getting let go at factory cowie thing like i don't blame you for being like wtf you know like i don't blame you but you got I wouldn't say, <laughs> and, and that's that's the other thing too like on those two notes i wouldn't say that i hate to use the word screwed just because it's just one of those things like i hate to say it but just the wrong place wrong time you know like right right Yep. With AC having to kind of didn't have to, but they felt like he should have moved up. Wow, sorry that Washington beat the Steelers. That's incredible. Um, really? For real? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So you know, with him having to move up in a sense, um, I kind of expected it. You know, obviously, would have loved if they could have made something happen with three guys, but mm-hmm. no one really does that. So it didn't wasn't really that crazy. And like the whole Osborne thing, dude, people took that and they ran with it for so long, and it's just like it got to the point where it was annoying because. It, what happened happened, and you know, like I, I said it before, if this, I have no hard feelings against him because right. if if the roles were reversed, dude, I would have destroyed him. You know, like yep. I would have plowed him to the berm, and that's just part of racing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is what it is. So those two things, you know, people talk about the Cowie thing still, and that is what it is, and the life goes on, and the Osborne thing, people still talk about. And it's just like I just get irritated talking about it. You know, like right. yeah, it, it is isn't happen. So, but you know, um, you and I both know guys that. Uh, are don't get the greatest results, but the media loves them and the fans love them because 100%. of who they are. You know what I mean? Yep. So you have to almost play that game a little bit, and it sucks. But you oh, have, for yeah, sure. for all those things we just talked about, right? You kind of got to yeah. do it a little bit. Yeah, have to. Yeah, and that's and like I said, that's what I'm trying to figure out. You know, like I thought about doing. You know, I started to get into the vlogging a little bit when mm-hmm. doing my overseas stuff, and then you know, between my my bag, um, I don't know how to how to word this correctly uh just never getting home <laughs> um know i lost my camera and i lost all the footage and i just truthfully didn't feel like spending the money to go out and get yeah. another camera but like i said for me the only way to or one of the easiest ways for me to fix you know the situation i'm in and i say the situation just the what people think about me is mm-hmm. um to just to be relevant again you know and yeah. have my time in on tv or or in the light and to let people know you know like I don't, I don't know why you formed your opinion, or I shouldn't say I don't know why, but I know you formed your opinion based on other things. But it would be, it would be refreshing to get a fresh start, and you know, by me letting people know that I'm not that same person and I've learned from those mistakes is, is yeah. a good way to start. And um, you know, that's what I'm working on. Right. So. I uh, I sent you a text uh, after the Tomac stuff at the at the Monster Cup that you gave that interview to Anton, and I sent you a text. I just, I that's a great start. You just be, hey fans. And look, it didn't paint Eli and John in the greatest light, but that was the truth. That really happened. And so yeah. you, you live by that. And I thought that was great because you're just like, hey, man, how would you feel, you know, Johnny construction worker or, or Johnny whatever? This is how it went down. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that that's a like if some industry people are like, oh, he shouldn't be spilling secrets. I say, screw that. You're being truthful. You're being real. You're showing real emotion. I think that's yeah. what we want, you know? That's what, and see, and that's the tough part. And it's one of those things, you know, like I'm not going to be a dead horse, but when you're a favorite and people love you for whatever reason, you know, like you don't even need to be doing well, but if you're a fan favorite or social media favorite, you can do anything you want and people are going to be like, oh, no, it's fine, right? So mm-hmm. so then people say, yeah. oh, well, you know, I don't like Sabashi because he's too uptight. He never speaks what's on his mind, blah, 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 or whatever the reason. Yeah. So then I go, and, you know, I tell everyone, like, hey, this is what happened. You could take it as complaining or whining or whatever, but I'm just telling you guys my frustration and my point of view. So then I do it, and then everyone's like, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people yeah, are like, oh, why is this right. something to bitch about? And I'm yeah. like, 
Yeah. You guys are the ones that told me that I need to to be more, you know, open, open. and here yeah. I'm to be open, and you guys are sitting here slamming me about it. And it's like it's a lose lose sometimes. So yeah. you know, whatever. It no, is what it is. I, I hear you. I think at the end of the day, you got to be yourself, and you got to, and you will never please everybody, as you know, and I know as well. And you yep. just got to do your thing. And I think be, I think doing your thing for any rider, I would tell them is just be like cool and honest and open. You know what I mean? And 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 realize that you're not curing cancer. You're racing a motocross bike, and and you know just that way. But but you're right because about the social media stuff. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure Dean Wilson could probably light some puppies on fire on his Instagram and be like, "Oh, cool, man! You lit some puppies on fire!" Right on, and Dino. I, <laughs> that was like one of the first people that came to my mind, and I have nothing against him. Like no. he's done a great job of marketing. Like, yep. dude, I'd love to be in his shoes. But yeah, like that's just that's a that's a simple easy example you know like had he done what i did people would be like oh wow like that was so messed up but just because of mm -hmm. you know, my yep. history and how people feel about me it was more of like yep. i was just wanting to be a complainer and a whiner and that's definitely not yep. how i meant to come across but well, maybe we need to get you more on the pulp mx show we'll do that more hey uh, man i'm just glad i was on the list that that made it <laughs> Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So, yeah, really came out of nowhere. All of us assumed Blake Baggett was uh, going to be lining up again for the team and then, uh, you know, basically found out right before that you got the ride uh, alongside Justin Bogle over there. And uh, so take us through a little bit of that. Like, were you surprised? Were you working on this for a while? Um, and was it how did it all come together for you? Listen, before we even get started, okay. I don't know if all you right. want to talk about this on air or if you want to talk to me in private, but I want to know who you know and how you always find this stuff out because you really blew that one wide open the night before. Uh, yeah, but if I was doing my really good job, Joey, I would have known about it weeks ago. I really I really sucked at that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I, was, I could probably count on one hand the amount of people that actually knew. Really? Um, yeah. I don't know how but, I found out. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you if I, if it doesn't – I don't remember how I found that one out. I will I will – I have to someone think about sent, it. Someone sent me a screenshot of it, and I'm like, damn it, Steve. Like, <laughs> leave it alone. <laughs> no, that's my but, job, uh, man. That's what I do. I, I, uh, but I, I heard it. I heard it from somebody on a team, but I can't yeah. go with just that. I can't. Like, I didn't hear it from a gear guy. I heard it from, like, somebody on a team. and But I, huh. I can't just go with that. Yeah, no, I mean. So I sent a text. I sent a text to somebody else saying, hey, this is. You know what I do, Joe? You know how I do it, right? When yep. I send a text, to, when I send a, a text to confirm something, I send it to the guy like I already know it's a fact, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Because then they're like, "Oh wow, he knows." Right, <laughs> right. And then just boom, I got it. And then so then I confirmed it, and then I went with it. So that was kind of the, the way I broke that down. But yeah, but uh, no, I mean it yep. was. We kind of. I, I don't really know how to explain it. To be honest, it was one of those things like I, I knew. Um, but obviously nothing was finalized right. um, for until pretty much the day before. Um, but, there, you know, there was a lot of talks, and there was a lot of things needed to align and things needed to happen. And uh, all I know is that, you know, I had had to unfortunately um, – I, I had I had another option um, and another plan, but, you know, my gut – was it was a gamble and my gut was telling me that you know i needed to hold out and and everything worked out like i don't know how else to to explain it without going into right. details that maybe i shouldn't go into but it was just one of those things you know like my gut inside was telling me that this is going to work out and this is where i needed to be i wanted to be on this brand um and i just felt like that was 
the stepping stone that I needed to kind of get things back on track. And, uh, you know, by, by, I don't know, by God's luck and all sorts of things, Mm -hmm. um, everything aligned. And, you know, I, I ended up where, where I wanted to be and, uh, yeah. And here we are. So what I couldn't figure out, speaking of things that I know, I had heard that you turned down MCR, like they gave you a contract and they told you a certain date or time or something. And you turned that down and I couldn't, figure out why you would do that because they put a solid program together and they have good bikes and it's not factory bike i think you're on a better bike now than you would be over there but i heard you turned it down and i'm so this is what you're alluding to this was the gamble you had in your in your in your mind yeah i do like i said i don't want to get myself in trouble um but i i did not turn it down okay Uh, there was some things that needed to be rewarded um there's this some things that I needed confirmation on that, okay. that, they, that they couldn't give me right away, you know, and, yep. and they did give me a, a deadline on time. And literally it was, I'm talking 20, 30 minutes before deadline, we're going back and forth trying to get things figured out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, by the time we figured everything out, we, we missed the deadline, but I have, you know, I have no hard feelings. Yeah, against yeah, them. Yeah. I think Tony gets a bad rap. Um, or, or has in the past, but you know, like he was, it was super awesome for me and it was very helpful. And, you know, I, I appreciate them letting me out to, to give the, to give the bike a try. But, mm-hmm. um, like I said, everything worked out and, right. and I ended up. So how's the bike? How's everything going? How's the adaption to it? It's been good, man. Yep. The first day I rode outdoor, it was a little weird. Um, I think that steel chassis is, is just different. Um, you know, it, it has its, um, just its quirks and, and right. things that, that it does. But um, they wanted me to ride outdoor for, for a couple of days, and I made it one day, and I was like, hey, uh, can we just go to Supercross? And uh, <laughs> so pulled, pulled some strings and got some things done and went to Supercross, and, man, it was actually a very, very easy transition. So um, I, I've, I've been very happy with how everything has gone and just uh, trying to, to, you know, do my homework and, and be as ready as I can be for, uh, right. for the first round. Yeah, it's got to be weird to be on a steel frame bike after all. I mean, you rode KTM's before, so it's not a total weird thing for you. But after so many years, it's got to be a little weird, right, to, to get used to? I mean, yeah. 2014, so it's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the bike's changed. Um, hang on. Oh, my God, they stopped him again. That's incredible. Um, it, they – sorry, I'm, just, I'm all into it. Um, they, uh, the, they have a great bike. Yeah. And, it's the transition i think for outdoor was was just a little bit was just a little weird but the supercross transition has, has been super super easy and man i've been i've been thrilled with with how everything has gone so far and right. and that's that's with very minimal time under my belt and um so you know yeah. for me being quote i guess I, I am a picky guy i like um i like what i like it's been been very easy to make me happy so far go ahead Trevor. Oh no! Oh, that that oh. was no. That was going to be. Oh yeah. I, you know my question. Uh, first the, off, what, uh, yeah, just the transition, I guess. So going from you know to the from the Suzuki to the KTM, and uh, we've seen other guys that have made that that transition and had success. Like I'll, I'll use Cooper Webb for exa- an example. Yeah. You know, going from the Yamaha and, and was maybe unhappy or, or didn't have the seasons people expected, and then makes that transition and uh, yeah. you know is is the guy. So I think uh, that bike is really good. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, I would. <laughs> What's that, Joe? Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the bike is awesome, but you know, like the comparison, I don't ever like to uh, 
to follow in anyone's shadows. But I'll tell you what, as well as Cooper did with the turnaround, um, going from that Yamaha to the KTM, if I could follow in those footsteps, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I, would, I wouldn't be mad. So uh, I, uh, I bet you your bike is 15 pounds lighter than your RMZ. I don't know, dude, but all I know is that it's uh, that electric starts nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I know I'm getting, I know I'm getting picky, and I'm, I'm just, in, I'm enticing everyone on the internet who's like, oh, Suzuki's not a good bike because has a Kickstarter. But man, I tell you what, I did miss that button. Oh yeah, you know for sure, it is something that that they definitely they need, and I think they know that. But unfortunately, I don't know, you know, if Suzuki's if what they're doing over there. Um, are you all healed up? Do you have any like you had a pretty bad injury there in Australia? Is there residual effects? Are you are you all healed? Uh, I mean, I would say the only anything that I have for residuals of anything is just that I got a tight foot, you know. Like, yeah. but it's more of just um, like scar tissue buildup stuff, you know. Like when I'm in a boot, I have no um, there's no limitations. Yep in my boot and actually I'm the most comfortable in my boot. And I think it's just because of, of how much support there is. Um, mm-hmm. and it helps that I wear a great boot. Um, but I don't have anything that limits me on the motorcycle. No. Right. Right. Uh, how much uh, you obviously haven't worked with burner too much yet, but how much do you know about burner? And, and I have a ton of respect for Michael Byrne and for all the things that he knows, and he's going to help you a ton. Uh, what's it been like yep. to deal with him? Yeah, so um, actually, I've only <laughs> I, he came out to the track last Friday. Mm-hmm. I rode Supercross um, for the first time, and um, he, you know, I think he's been at this level, and and he knows a lot. You know, he's he's made a lot of mistakes. And he'd be the first one to tell you, and and you know, he's he's learned a lot along the way. So to have somebody um, who's been in this position is very that's that's knowledgeable like that is is so helpful and you know i did talk to uh jb bogle about it yep. um you know he speaks very highly of him as well so yeah. uh, i think burner is a great asset uh, to the team and um you know anytime there's someone around that that can help and have input yeah. is um is, is always helpful and you know i think that's just one more notch on the belt that that I have coming into this year that you know will help me advance my career and try to try to take it to the next step. Yeah, he's a, he's a smart dude. I can't wait to talk. I'm gonna come find you halfway through Supercross and ask you about Burner because I bet you you're gonna be you're gonna be impressed over there. I think I think yep. that guy, that's a smart dude over there for sure. Russ, you got a question? No, I just wanted to introduce myself, Joey. Uh, I never got to meet you, but uh, obviously a big fan and uh, great to hear kind of your story. Obviously, I kind of follow you. Uh, to your journey and your path, um, never quite got to your level of of achievement. But yep. but Joey, if you Google Rusty Holland on YouTube, oh, you know who he is. He, oh yeah, his first his first YouTube is him and Brandis brawling at LA, LA Coliseum on the track. <laughs> Enough about that. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, I mean that's pretty cool, Russ. See, see why does see why do you got to promote the bad stuff, man? Like why can't <laughs> do, do, I'm not promoting the bad stuff. Getting on a on track brawl is awesome. That's great. <laughs> yeah, maybe for you, but I promise he's not going to like it. Oh. Yeah, I just wish that, uh, that Felt Entertainment would have paid me every time they ran the clip. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, really, right? That's not happening. But anyway, back to your subject. You know, obviously, I was very fortunate to just kind of be on the claws of always trying to get that next ride and never at your level. Obviously, you're, you're riding 450s, which would have been the 250 class back in my day. But, um, you know, I... I really proud of you being able to just put your head down and keep digging you know you're professional and 
you know, when I listen to you talk about kind of getting your name out there and doing the blogs and stuff, uh, I, I, I could only imagine a feeling of, of uh, having, you know, trying to make everything look good when in your own head of what you're wanting to do isn't happening. But uh, I'm excited you got a new bike to ride. I always say that there's three things in a man's life that will never be replaced, new bikes, new girls, and winning. Oh, so, wow. Oh, that's that's he, Rusty Holland's he's, he's got words to live by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Words to live by. I appreciate that, man. That, uh, like I said, it's it's easy to quit. You know, that's just one thing that I've learned along the way. It would have been um, it would have been a very easy option to just throw the talent, you know. But just just going to bed at night, I have that voice in my head that just I wouldn't be okay with that, you know. And it's just something that have to you have to keep chasing and try to try to figure out how to make it work. So that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. Seven zero two five eight six pulp. You got a question for Joey Savacci from the uh, RMATV MC KTM team. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. Give us a call. He's on here for a little bit longer. Uh, Joey, obviously last year didn't go the way you wanted to at JGR. Uh, you missed Supercross series with that injury. Jump in for outdoors. If if you don't get hurt, uh, does it go a lot better? How much of your uh, shitty year? And it wasn't. I guess it wasn't shitty. Uh, how much of your so-so year? for you there were some ups of course and all that uh would have been better had you uh not um uh, been hurt like how much was it was that versus new bike new team versus injury um i mean i don't know you're you're, <laughs> you're asking a lot of questions steve yeah, that's, what, that's what i do i'm in the media that's what i do it's uh i mean obviously yeah i think had we gotten um all the off season in um gotten to race supercross um and been healthy and and everything else yeah i would like to think that things would have definitely gone better you know i think i would have had more time um we'd have more laps under my belt um you know just the, the comfort every everything you know it's yep. things all uh i tend to do better when i can ride and i have a lot of time under my belt and obviously with the injury and everything you know i i didn't have that and uh so I would say that obviously I would like to believe that had I been healthy the whole year and got to race everything, I, I would have had a better year for sure. But that's just, man, that's unknown. Who knows? Right. You know, I, I couldn't give you a straight answer, but yes, my, I would like to think that things would have gone better. Yes. There probably wasn't any point where you felt great all year long or was no. there a point? No, never, never. Um, no, the only time I felt decent was at Redbud too, uh, in first practice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you qualified pretty. Well. I think second. Were you second? Yeah, yeah. We were. No, we qualified first the first practice, and then fourth to second for second overall. Right. Okay, that was it. Yeah. So that was that was the time right there. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what? So from what we hear, the goat farm may be under new ownership. What is your plan? Can you stay there? Do you know what are you going to do? How's that going to go? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's a question I don't have an answer to. Okay. Uh, at least not as, as of now. I don't, uh, uh, yeah. You want to um, move to Vegas and I'll train you and you can work, work under me? How about them, about them Las Vegas Raiders, huh? Yeah, we're, we're going to do a lot of e-biking. That's number yeah. one on the program. I wish you, I wish you'd train me. <laughs> if you want to get an e-bike, you can come on out. We could, I can train you. All I can think about is with you, you know, being a mechanic for Ferry. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a time. The high life. Oh, just first moto beating that Carmichael guy was phenomenal. 
Yeah, that guy was pretty good too. Yeah, he was all right. He was decent. Um, yeah. Hey, how much do you know about uh, Bogle? Are you buddies with him? Were you friends with him? Um, you know, how much did you hang out with him, and what's it been like to work with with, with JB? Yeah, so him and I go quite a ways back. Okay. Race. Um, we hung out quite a bit, honestly. We were actually really, really good friends for a long time. Um, went our separate ways a little bit, you know, as he went pro and I was still an amateur. But mm-hmm. you know, like I, I've been to his house in Oklahoma when I was when I was a kid. We hung out. Um, so I, we have history, and it's uh, it's all good. We get along well, and um, you know we're. I don't get to see him that much just because he's at uh, Renard's up in Oklahoma. Right. Um, and I'm in Florida, so we don't get to see each other that often. But, like, I know come race weekends, you know, he, he, him and I will have a good balance of, yep. of keeping, things, keeping things light, not too serious, but also know we both have a job to do. So, Are you going to do the walk-ins with him? Are you going to start dressing up and doing the walk-ins? I mean, I kind of already was doing that my cow year. I don't know if you remember or not, but I had I had what the kids called drip. Okay. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah, I had some. So, uh, I don't. Re- I might be back. You know, Supercross is the way to do it, just because. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You can't really roll in at Unadilla at six o'clock uh, in the morning and really feel like you have drip. You know, like, no, I get that. No. I don't. I don't like doing that. I'd rather show up in uh, <laughs> in, in PJs. Are you? What do you think about this three races? Because uh, again, you weren't at Salt Lake, so we got three races in a week. Are you going to get to ride somewhere? Do you think is the plan to you know, team up with the Red Bull guys and find a spot to ride? Do you know any of that yet? No, I, I, I mean, I should be asking you. You seem to know everything. What are we going to do? Who's going to who's going to build us a track? Here? Yeah, uh, I know there's going to there's a track being built for Houston for one of the OEMs that is not um, not uh, Orange Bike, but I don't know how I don't know how else that's going to work. Oh boy, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. To be honest, I hadn't really. I mean, obviously, it's been talked about. We've right. thought about it, but it's just going to be. Um, it's going to be one of those things. Well, I'm sure somebody hopefully will coordinate as we get closer. Russ, would you, if you race three times in a week, which you probably have many times, uh, would you not want to practice in between, or would you be good? Maybe one time, just keep the, the start sharp right. and because it's and, uh, Saturday, yeah. Tuesday, Saturday, right? It's so in between the Tuesday and Saturday. What about you, Trevor? Well, yeah, and, and too, like it just depends on how sore you are. Some races beat you up more than others, and you know mm-hmm. if you get to a race where you don't really get beat up that much, then, yeah, maybe you can get in uh, two days or so, you know. Right. But if you get to one of those weekends where you feel like a train hit you, then, you know, maybe you just do something super light on one day and just try to try to keep the body fresh. But right. that's just, again, that's just one of those things that no one really knows just because it's it's all new. So we're trying to figure it out, I guess. COVID, man. COVID's sick. Yeah, it's it sucks. So... It with you expecting to ride sometimes three rounds a week, uh, what's your intentions, Joey? Uh, do you feel that you'll probably just need to save your body? Obviously, you just said, said that uh, depending on how the race weekend goes and the elements, but uh, it's a lot what they're putting you guys through. Yeah, I think it's – man, I don't know. It's going to be tough to say. I think depending on where we are the year with the year, I think later in the year um, will be one of those things where I think the reserving the body and – taking the time to make sure you're recovered and rested is going to be more important. Um, obviously when, when we first start off, it's just going to be, it's going to be like the triple crowns where everyone's just wide open all the time. Yeah. Um, everyone's feeling fresh. Everyone's feeling froggy. Um, and then, you know, as the season goes on and we're 10, 12, 13 rounds in, I think that's when things are going to get, um, a little bit more, um, critical as far as being, 
being smart about it. Um, obviously, you don't want to be too too safe with it, but at the same time, it's just it, you got to find that balance. And what and what works for me might not work for you know Bogle, and what works for me, um, you know, won't won't work for another guy. So it's just everyone's going to be tailored differently, and it's just a matter of who can figure it out the quickest. Yeah, I think it, in uh, Salt Lake, the guys rode Thursdays, so they did yep. the. They did the Tuesday, then Thursday they would go and find a place. Light, like I went to one of the practice sessions and like did you chat. See, did you see the track that those guys? Yeah, were it was sick. It was oh, Iron man. Horse or something. I went there. It was amazing. Was... Yeah, but Trevor, what were you gonna say? No, I just I, going back to riding in between rounds and things like that. I think it would be, I think it depends on your weekend, right? Like uh, if you go out and win, and it's a dome or you know where there's not going to be a whole lot of changes, you're comfortable with the yep. dirt, things like that. Uh, maybe you take the extra day off or extra two days off where you ride the day before you do some starts, just stay comfortable. But if you are you have a tough weekend or you're unhappy with the bike, then maybe you're yep. more prone to spend a day or two to test and try and play catch up and things like that. So I, I guess I guess my opinion on it would yeah. be it's it's totally race dependent, right? So, yeah, yeah. And I guess, yeah, go ahead, Joy. When things are going well, dude, all you want to do is keep racing. Right, <laughs> right. You, you, you want to just get to the next round at that point. So. Yep, but if things aren't going great or, or you're not happy, you're trying to figure things out, you're like, hey, can we go back to once a week? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. right. let's, let's get a little bit more time in between races so we can get this thing figured out. But, you know, hopefully by then, you know, we have things figured out enough to where, like, we're pretty happy. We just might need to make a few clicker adjustments. Um, but all in all, like, you know, the, the goal is to be in a situation where we're like, dude, I'm stoked. Like, races right. went well. Let's keep it going. And that's that's the, that would be goal number one. Well, I think – and no slam on the Suzuki and the JGR guys, but I, I don't think – I know your bike in 2021 will be a better machine, and that will put you in a better spot to get starts and to succeed uh, out on the track, and that, that gets the ball rolling. I mean, literally, Bogle – Bogle was in a deep, dark spot, <laughs> worse than you, Joey, not that long ago, and he's made it back, you know what I mean? And then he's back in one again, and hopefully he can dig it dig it up. But I think it all starts with, you know, just kind of getting the ball rolling, and you have the machine to do that to me. So, you know, I like that part of it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm yep. very happy with how everything is, and transition's been very good. And, and um, uh, obviously I have confidence in myself. That never went away, but it's um, – it's just refreshing to to have a new start and to get things going with a fresh slate. And obviously, when we get to the races and if things go well, that helps confidence. Everyone who's raced or that's been around knows that nothing is better for your confidence than actually being there on the weekends and, and doing well and having results. That's just doing it is one thing and talking about mm-hmm. it is another. Yeah. It's just, no, you, you got a point there for sure. Well, hey, man, uh, anything else for Joey Sabashi here? Uh, thanks for joining us, Joey. I appreciate the uh, the candor, very honest stuff, and uh, and uh, again, looking forward to seeing you on on KTM. I think, like I said, it's going to be a really really good bike for you, a big change, and uh, looking forward to seeing it. Thanks for thanks for the time tonight, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you. Ten four. See, right, see ya. That's Joey Savage. Everybody, brought to you by Skosh. Skosh dot com. Pulp twenty twenty is the code to save with those guys. Pretty pretty honest interview. Yeah, definitely came in hot at the beginning. Yeah. So I've always liked him. I yeah. like his character. He's, he's, he's well-spoken. And, yeah. And, uh, Pull your mic up a little bit again, Ross. Yeah. No, uh, move it up, though. Like, up. There we go. Yeah, that's better. It's fine. Everybody does it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, people, he's he's right. He addressed it early on. There's he doesn't. Some people don't like him, you know what I mean, for different stuff that's happened and the way his interviews are or whatever. You know, people make those judgments, right? And, uh, and, and he hasn't had a good time. So then, 
you know, he gets more reserved. People jump on him more, and it's like this this thing that just kind of snowballs. Snowballs, yeah. You know, and um, so for me, I'm I'm stoked. He sounds like he's in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wish him the best next year. And going back to what you're saying, like with you know the industry and things like that, it takes one guy to say something wrong about somebody, and then it turns into something else. Yeah. And then everybody's talking about it and yep. things like that. And yep. I think uh, a lot of people don't realize just the the week to week, the day to day, the grind, the stress yeah. that these guys yeah. deal with. No. You know what I mean? It's it's. Well, I it, mean it. It you can't describe it. You know until somebody else experienced it. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I and think, they're and they're young too. These guys, they're young, totally, right? Like they're, totally. all of us are older, and yeah, these guys are twenty three years old, and all of a sudden they got to be. You know. Yeah, and you've got some you know some grown man that's that's talking bad about <laughs> you. You know that you've never met <laughs> yeah. or you don't know or you know. Yeah. So it can it it wears on these guys. You know it's yeah. it's a. Uh, it's tough for him, so right. I I can't imagine being at, at that level and the pressures that come with it, and and just showing up and being the you know your best every weekend, yeah. and then you've got people that you know yeah. don't know what you're dealing with or what happened during yeah. the week, or uh, you know you tipped over, you're banged up, the things that they don't talk about, and you know they people just see you on Saturday, right, on TV or or at the race, and and yeah. they form an opinion, and unfortunately that's that's kind of how it is, but that's something that, yeah. that these guys no, have to deal with. No, it's part of being a professional athlete. I've said that absolutely. over on the show more, more over times. I, like, I'm sorry that you, I don't mean this towards Joey, I mean any rider, like you're making money as, at a living in a sport with high profile, you're going to get criticized and yep. you're going to get praised and all that. It comes with the territory. You have to realize that. Yeah. So. Sure. Times have definitely changed. You know, these guys have, with any success, I believe put a lot of uh, self-expectations on themselves and then to have to deal with the keyboard warriors at, at times. Yeah. And that's why I'm a bit reserved, not that I'm even in his spot, but um, I have a hard time swallowing some of the criticisms that you give some of the top riders, especially right. like Joey or even yeah. one of my favorite riders, Roxon, you know. And, yeah. uh, so it's tough It's tough to watch and, you know, so bad they want to come it in and kind of battle their defense, yeah. but at the end of the day, it'll just turn towards me. Yeah. But uh, Yeah, you see some of these people on Instagrams and stuff and, and like, you shouldn't be allowed to say, like, I just block people. Like, I get yeah. it too, right? Even in the media. Oh, I bet. And if you say anything, like, disrespectful or insult me, I, I just block you. Like, yeah. Like you can you can criticize me in a professional way or in a smart way or a clever way. I'm fine with that because I'm open. If I'm going to dish it out, I got to be able to take it. But when you come at me with some sort of insult or you know something personal, I'm just like, yeah, see you later. Yeah, like I, yeah. you don't you don't need to talk to me like that. And and these riders get that tenfold. Yeah, because well, everybody's so accessible now. Yeah, you know, if yeah. you want to pick up your phone and send a, a bad message to somebody on Instagram, yeah. you can do it. Yeah. It goes directly to them. You How know? about or, the, the I, you know you click on some of these people and their fathers like they have photos of their. They'll have a little heart, and they'll be like, you know, love my two sons, a man of God. Sometimes you'll see, like, a man of God. And they just told Kenny Roxon, like, suck my dick, you German German loser. Right. And you're like, really? You're a father? You're a Christian or whatever you call yourself? And this is how you – I've literally seen that ten times. And you're like, wow. Like, how do you speak to somebody like this? You know what I mean? And, I, I mean, I just feel like I, – I just – I think there should be some sort of government regulation where you round those people up and they just ship them off to an island. Here you go. Here, you're not allowed to be part of society. You can't handle it. Yeah. So nothing wrong with, you know, saying, hey, man, uh, you know, dirty move on Tomac. You know, I, I, that's just fandom. That's right. Just, right. You know, but when it gets personal, it's, it's, unne it's unnecessary. It, it's unbelievable. So yeah. uh, Rusty Hall and Trevor Reese in studio here tonight. Marks, we are up and running on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Uh, that is correct. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Good work. Thank you. Do we have graphics and everything? We don't have graphics. Oh. No. We don't have graphics, Talon. <laughs> yeah, but the stress level's down. At okay. least it's at least we're going. Uh, can you just draw on the screen like Maxima? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate it. And uh, Mark's got us up and running. Uh, again, uh, my... MaximumUSA.com for Trevor Reese for Trevor Reese and uh, Rusty Holland brought to you by Vertex Pistons two-stroke or four-stroke pistons uh, GP style uh, whatever you need the original piston in an OEM uh, gas gas an OEM uh, uh, beta did you know that Russ? Yes, I did. Oh, you did. Yep. Wow. Okay. All I right. just learned that actually Saturday at the works race. Oh, okay. Kevin Bailey. Oh, there so. we go. All right. VertexPistons.com. Sales at PivotWorks.com to say with the folks at VertexPistons.com. Again, two-stroke, four-strokes. They got the uh, whole bike in a box uh, uh, that they sell as well. What are those called, Marks? Damn it. What, Wrench Rabbit? Wrench Rabbit. Wrench Rabbit kits. I've got one for my CR500 that I've got. Mark's got one for his... Uh, 06 CRF 450. Uh, so please check those out as well. Wrench Rabbit, they got all the gaskets and all the seals and all the bearings and everything else you need in a, bo- in a box to rebuild your bike. So uh, thanks to Vertex Pistons for bringing us Rusty Hall in the night. And of course, Maxima USA and Pro Filter bringing you Trevor Reese. Um, before we get into the X Brand Goggle tear offs a little bit, let's a uh, couple things. So Barsha, big switch for Barsha, right? Uh, I have you watched any of the videos? Have you either, either yeah. one of you watched? Now, look, I hate these fucking videos. Like, I hate them. Like, they're all, like, the Jet Lawrence thing, like, whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I've been around long enough where I'm not buying into video hype, right? I'm cynical. I'm old. I don't care about your stupid video. I care about Houston and when the checkered flag falls. But, but, having said that, Marshall looks pretty fucking good in those videos. <laughs> like, like, I'm watching him and I'm like, oh, right? Uh, he, he looks good. I, and, I mean, I think, uh, People forget how good Barsha really is, um, and and same thing. I, like we're seeing guys that are making these big changes now, yeah. and so him being at Yamaha for for a while now, and yeah. uh, we've heard challenges with the bike or maybe difference of opinions and testing and things like that. So he gets this uh, this breath of fresh air, new bike, new team, uh, kind of all the hype around it. It's a, huh? a new manufacturer that's here now, and yeah. uh, so well, I easy, think, easy on the new manufacturer. Well, it's a yeah. case. It's a, a red new KT. color. Okay, a new color. Thank you, thank yeah, you. sorry. Thank you. But I think it's motivating, yeah. right? So um, I, I think he that's one thing he, he hasn't lacked is he's fit, he's yeah. driven. You yeah. know, the guy shows up every weekend, wants to race, still wants to do it. So uh, I think it's a, uh, a good opportunity for him. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing him race that thing. So. Again, Russ, I'm not buying into these video hypes, but he looks fucking pretty good. Well, and we can't deny, I, I just love his style. He's just tenacious, Maybe That's right? what it I is. Mean, I, it's just yeah. un, unrelentless, yeah. just his commitments to the sport and uh, – I know he's been in the game for a while, but I, I definitely think at any moment he could just break out of nowhere. And, and Do you think his style is more suited to a KT? Like, you know, lighter bike. It's a lighter bike. We've established that. I don't think what it is. I think he just will pin it, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I love about it. There's yeah. going to be a back wheel in your face over the tabletop. Right. And, you know, he just he, he doesn't sit, take no uh, for an answer. Again, like, I don't want to fall for the stupid hype videos, but, I yeah, he looks good to me. Uh, so I'm interested to see how he, how he does and how he steps it up. Yeah, so. I think I – think, uh, Going back to what you're saying, just with his riding style and how yep. aggressive he is, he likes right. to throw the bike around. Um, he's, you know, uses a lot of energy. So yep. going to a lighter bike, something that's uh, appears to be a bit more yeah. nimble than yeah. the than the Yamaha, it, it, you know, he might uh, it might be a good fit for him. So what if he starts going out there and beating Webb and Muscan like all the time, like being the top KTM kind of sort of red KTM? I think he'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder too the TLD team after being a 250 team for so long like how how's that going to so they still have Pierce Brown Jess Pettis is on a KTM and I hear that they he might get some, some support from those guys Canadian champion Jess Pettis um, but they still do 250s but now they're doing 450s too you know what I mean so but they have but they have only one guy so all their focus is on Justin 
So I'm interested. And they have uh, Mosman. Yeah, Mosman. Yeah. Mosman yeah. 50 spot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think. What did you think of Jet Lawrence video? Did you guys like that? Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Red, Red Bull does a great job yeah. with all their videos, but right. same thing is it's it's uh, it's a cool video. But if you want to, uh, if we're talking about racing, it, it's it's like yeah. well, I don't really know. It was yeah. just a cool video to yeah. watch, yeah. and and like I said, Red Bulls. I mean, they're famous for doing that. Yeah. So. When I watch the Barsha stuff, like there's just Instagram clips. I'm just like, fuck, he looks good. Yeah, he does look good. Yeah. I thought the the Lawrence thing was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I know it's kind of played out, but no. I, I, I like that Red Bull pushes the envelope just in different areas. Absolutely. You know, and. Uh, there is high Jet Lawrence hype right now. Well, there's high. Yeah. Well, there should be. I hate to yeah. say, I know a lot of people are hating on him, but yeah. uh, I mean, very talented rider, enjoyable to watch, and uh, I think he learned a lot this year and yeah. can probably put some big things on the table. I think winning that last national at Paula, everybody forgets about it because of all the stuff that was going on. But I think winning that last national is huge, right? Absolutely. Just to get the first one, and then hey, I can do this, and now you got a whole off season to build and move up. Well, and especially the way he's attacked all moto long, and just, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he, he prevailed. So. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited for that. Um, should be good to watch. Uh, I think uh, with Webb, too, I'm excited to watch Webb. Uh, you know, kind of the star of Salt Lake a little bit. Had the most points in Salt Lake City out of everybody. And obviously, you know, pulled out of outdoors with that injury pretty early. But um, I think, you know, you win the title, right? It's everything you dreamed of. It's, 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 it's your ultimate pinnacle. You're at the top of the mountain. And, you know, the guys like Ricky and the guys like Chad and James that kept going, that's pretty impressive. But we saw with Anderson and we saw with Webb a little drop-off, right? Uh, I think because as a racer, maybe you're just like, oh, I made it. Like, I can relax a little bit because no matter what happens, you know, you've got the, the championship. So now it'll be interesting to see him trying to ramp back, wrap up, ramp back up, Russ. Yep, I agree. And all those guys, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge uh, Anderson fan. Oh, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, – so these guys that obviously go through it, they're very fortunate to to be able to hold that trophy. I mean, everyone dreams about touching that thing, let alone owning it. So, uh, but no, it should be an exciting year. Obviously, I think there's still a lot to come with possibilities of who could be a challenger. Why, why do you like Anderson? What, what's your what's your what, what's attract what attracts uh, you? I, I like his style. I like his. Uh, I mean, of, of course, we all kind of have our certain approach to the sport. Yeah, but, and I think it's been very hard on him, especially after winning that championship and people putting expectations and saying he didn't quite earn it. But you know, BS. You know, he he earned it day day in and day out, and he got it. And uh, I think he's embraced almost the pressure of the sport, and he's having just a good time with it now. Right. Yeah. I think is, I think he's the. I think. I don't look for him to do really – I mean, he's going to be good next year. He will he may win a race. He'll get podiums for sure. But I think if you're Jason Anderson, now you're about just having fun. And What did he end up last year, second or third? Uh, I don't know. Off. I don't know what he ended up. Cause, I think he was – I don't uh, remember either. But yeah, be, no. I think he, he was farther back. He was farther back. Okay. Yeah, because it was uh, – well, Roxham lost some spots too. I don't know. We can figure it out. Um, is Tomac your favorite? No. No? No. What do you think? Uh, I like Roxham. Really? Yep. I like Roxon. What are you? Tomac. For I'm me. worried about Roxon. I'm worried about Roxon. Oh, you said he's your favorite. Well, he's my favorite. I didn't say expect him to win everything. Oh, you well, know, I like his style. Right. And, yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, how No, sure I meant favorite can... for the title. Sorry when I oh, said okay. favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anderson was fourth last year, by the way. I, I mean, AC is going to be probably my number one pick if you were to ask me at the moment what I thought was going to happen just because of him controlling the rest of the outdoor season this year. Yep. And uh, I think he got a lot of confidence built up. Obviously, 
Tomac will be but, a tough competitor, but I think that AC's hungry. So yeah, I think I think we might see more single race winners this year than we have yeah. in a long time. Yeah, I put a guy like like AC Tomac Osborne. I, Osborne, Anderson, I put in the conversation. Webb. Um, Sexton, I put in the conversation, yeah, too. Yeah. Uh, Webb is another one. Yeah. I mean, Webb's, Webb's a guy that, I mean, he, he can show up and he qualifies 10th and he wins. You know, he's he's yeah. he's just that guy. You just never know come race time which Webb's yeah. going to show yeah, up. he's uh, a gamer. You know, he but he is a racer. So, uh, But I, I do think this year we will see more w- single race winners than we have in a long time. You know, you talk about Osborne's going to, to me, Osborne's going to take, okay, Eli is, Eli is Eli. He's the favorite, right? Uh, Osborne's going to take a step up. I think there's no doubt in my mind. I think Sexton is the real deal. It takes a big step up. Yep. Or Stu, of course. Adam is Adam. Ball's fast. We already saw that. So I look at those three guys and I look at Roxon and Muscan and I wonder if they drop a little bit. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly worried about Kenny a little bit. I think not racing all summer um, hurt him. Anytime you get off the wheel to get back onto that, you know, that wheel, it takes some time and effort. Uh, is he still healthy or is he healthy? We saw the we saw the, the, the virus or whatever was going on in Salt Lake. Drag him down, right? So um, is the new bike good? Is the new bike good? Thank yep. you. Yes. Another like, you know, is that is that going to be something that needs a lot of teething time and that kind of work? So to me, Roxanne and Muscan are the guys that I'm most like are I think they're the ones that are going to be passed by the ACs and the Osborne and the Sextons and Anderson will be in the mix of course and Webb will be in the mix but that's where I'm at like I have question marks about Muscan and, and Kenny and they, they could answer them like it could be I could be totally wrong right I but, just I, th- I don't think we know what Kenny we're going to get yet if we get the best Kenny then you know he's he's a title contender for sure he's yes. proven that yeah you know right. but i think it's it's there's a lot of unknowns when right. it comes to kenny right now i mean yeah. he seems seems happy you know just i mean i just speak off of what i see yes. on social media yeah. things yeah. like that yeah. but right. life seems to be good seems to be riding looks comfortable i mean you watch the guy ride he's i mean technique yep. wise he's one of the best that, that he, i've ever watched ride a bike he moved down to the beach you know? in socal he's yeah. down in um uh how's it called san juan capistrano area somewhere down there um I just, I just wondered about, you know, and he hasn't raced uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, and, and is he going to start and get, and all of a sudden we're going to start seeing him fade? And then he's like, oh, I still have an issue going on. I mean, look, he had 18,000 surgeries and, yeah. you know, and the virus stuff going on. So I get it. Like, but to me, Adam's going to be hungrier than ever. Osborne's going to be hungrier than ever. Eli's There's Eli. so much talent, right? Sexton, yeah, Sexton is going to be in the mix. It's so stacked this right. year. It's, it's insane. I mean. We say that every year, but, but it is I, it's right. true. This year, yeah. yeah you know? So to me, uh, uh, I got some question marks for sure. And, and, and he's a world champion. He's a national champion. You know, he's uh, winning his rider. Roxanne is. So he could very well answer all of my questions, but I have some. I don't have questions about Adam or have questions about Eli Tomac or have questions about sex. I don't have right. any. They're going to be balls fast. Yeah. You know? So that's where I'm at when it comes to bench racing for 2021. Um all right, let's do the X-Brand Goggle Tear-Off, shall we? Uh, let's do this. It's the X-Brand Tear-Off segment. 15-second rapid-fire Q&A. Rapid-fire. X-Brand Goggle is the choice of champions ever. What are you doing, Russ? Why are you taking your headset off? My ears are getting hot. <laughs> we got a long way to go, bro. <laughs> if his ears are getting air hot. air conditioning in his things. Ah, <laughs> uh, ah. Uh, X-Brand Goggles, Choice of Champions. You ever Rich Taylor, our oh, mutual yeah, buddy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Owns X-Brand. A hell of a guy. Uh, new goggle coming out any day. Why look at me? Because the, the the race is on. Yeah, the, the race is over. Goggle's going to win. Oh, it is? Oh, yeah. 
saddens me, Marks. He threw in the towel. We had to we had to think about what's coming in first: the the new goggle from X Brand or the new Pop Mix app. Yeah, the goggle's gonna win. You know what the new goggle's called? The Lucid. Oh. Yeah. You saw it. I did see it. I wore it at the World Vets. Oh, did you? You're yep. a prototype wearer? Uh, prototype tester, yeah. yeah. It's phenomenal. X-Brown Goggles, EKS.com. Uh, uh, go to motorsport.com. Use the code EKS20 to save with X-Brown Goggles. Uh, the choice of champions like Alex Ray, like Kyle Chisholm, Marty Davalos, I think. I think we've, I think we've locked that down. You ever wore X-Brown? No. Well, you should. I, I know. You know your results would go a lot Rich, better. Rich gives me uh, flack, but I don't race much anymore. Or okay. Ride, but. Uh, all right. So these questions are submitted by Corey Moser. Do you know him at all? No, I don't. Do you? No. 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 Okay. All right. Uh, 30 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Steve, describe your e-bike race in one word. Disappointing. <laughs> We're going to talk about that later. I want, to, I want to tell that story later. I raced an e-bike this past weekend, everybody, out of Boulder City, and I will tell the story here later in the show. Disappointing. All right, Rusty. Who is your favorite person to race against? Well, it was obviously the ones I could beat, but uh, <laughs> the ones I had the most challenges with were probably Rick Ryan and Dean Madsen or Butch Smith. But, uh, but Rick Ryan, like he was so old by the time you were racing. Yeah, but he taught me a lot. He was so yeah. mature. And yeah. Yep. All right. You know, his kid raced. His kid made his pro debut at Paula. Yep. Jeremy Ryan. Yeah. I think he was just at the AZ Open also. but oh, All right. Trevor, who's your biggest competitor in the lube business? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of great aftermarket oil brands out there. Um, OEMs, to be honest with you. Your Yama Lubes, your Hondas, uh, Motor yeah. X's, things like that. Um, so that's probably our, our toughest competition. Those yeah, are, it's crazy in the last 20 years how much the OEMs have pushed their oils, right? They yeah. didn't used to do anything, and yeah. now they're... Well, there's, yeah. there's so much pressure at the dealer level from these guys you know incentives rebates things like that to stock x amount of oil for programs on on new units and stuff like that so uh yeah i would say i would say oems yeah all right uh steve yes who's managing winning races winning race overalls worse the weeges or the kefers yeah it's not good did you guys see wygant's instagram i did not the one of him riding the P-Dub? No, 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 but it's kids race. BMX race. No, I miss that. And then Kiefer, yeah, Kiefer's coming on later. Aiden was in position to win the overall or something in the last lap. I, I, we'll get yeah. to the bottom of that. I heard he got a little mad on the starting line, too. Oh, Aiden? Yeah, I oh. listened to coffee with the Kiefer. No, Kiefer. Oh. So we can get into it later, but Kiefer was holding a spot for Aiden, and he was fourth gate pick, and someone who was second gate pick tried taking it, and I guess Kiefer got a little irritated oh please bring that up because Kiefer needs to fucking give that spot up yeah no he <laughs> talked about it in coffee with the Kiefer's but yeah he, mini, he got a little dad. hot at the guy mini dad bro yeah if the second place guy has a gay pick you pick fucking gay yeah. right Russ get out of the way but Kiefer had it all prepped and stomped in too and bad no he, I know I yeah know, I know. Oh, oh please remember this <laughs> and I'm sure there's more to the story before we just start getting on to Kiefer but no uh, I'm getting uh, on to Kiefer yeah <laughs> um so Wygant's kid Jason Wygant from Racer X his kid, they raced BMX, and the kid uh, went one, three-moto format, went 1-1 one, one in the first two. Wygant pulls his kid aside and says, hey, man, you don't got to win the third one to win the overall. Just don't worry. You don't have to win. Like, why say that? Like, the kid's obviously dominant, right? Let him sweep all three. Why bother? So the kid goes out for the third moto, slows down, and gets third. 
Just thinks he doesn't have to win. He's, his dad told him he doesn't have to win. And lost the overall? And lost the overall. Won't do that again. What kind of idiot dad tells us, like, <laughs> why bother getting in your kid's head? He's obviously the best guy. Like, if he went 2-2, you could be like, hey, kid, you got to win here. or You know what I mean? Yeah. But when your kid has won the first two, why do you tell him he doesn't have to win and then forget to tell him what an idiot? Why well, can't? The same thing kind of happened with Kiefer, too. Okay. With Aiden. Right. Yeah. I like how Rusty said he won't do that again, but he, he might. What's that? He, I wouldn't put it past Weeds to do something like that yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. All right. Uh, Rusty, best Kenny Watson or Matt Wallace story? Oh, goodness. One that won't get them arrested, maybe? Tell, exactly. Can you, tell, can you tell one that <laughs> Maybe the best one was where they both worked on Hart and Huntington, and this involved them both. But Matt used to tell me that Watson would call him literally in the middle of the night and say he had, he had girls in a Learjet waiting for him the next day to take off. And so Matt would imposter as the pilot, and Kenny would be telling him, hey, tell him you're the pilot and what time you're picking him up. So then Watson would go out and hang out with all these girls all night long, and and they would call Wallace, and he'd act like the airline pilot, giving them the confirmation of what time they were leaving, right? <laughs> but uh, that, you know. That sounds about right. <laughs> that's, 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 all, that's all Russ got. That's, yeah, that's all I'd. But, uh, Russ, I used to make jokes about you because I would, back in the day, I'd ask you how you're doing, and you'd always be like, Russ is feeling good. Yeah. You used to refer to yourself. Do you still do that? No, I kind of outgrew that. But I always had to look at myself as a third party. You know, I had to visualize myself <laughs> jumping the triple and getting the whole shot and pumping myself up. So obviously like, we always didn't have these bandwagon of entourage people backing yeah, you up. Right. But uh, I always just tried to make it fun and make it interesting. Yeah. And, no, I remember asking you one time, how you feeling? You're like, Russ is feeling good. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> where's Russ? Where's Russ? He's exactly. Trevor, what's an industry Maxima is involved with that's unusual or far removed from Moto? Look at Moser with the smart questions. Yeah, These are good questions. Right. Yeah. Uh, we have we have a few of them, actually. Um, we actually do, uh, on the mountain bike side, so SRAM and RockShox, that's a yeah. that's a, a partnership that's been 20-plus years now. So uh, any any front fork that you're seeing from RockShox, um, that's going to be an oil that we manufacture for those guys. Uh, we do drone oils for General Atomics. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's been a, a long-time relationship, yep. too. So they run a similar product to what's our, our extra, which is our, our high-end, you know, triple ester, full synthetic, four-stroke oil. Uh, we do some oil for prosthetics as well. Uh, so we've got we've wow. got we've got quite a few Not that uh, little niche things that we do that are that right. are fun projects that we've done for a long time, and right. uh, and we continue to do them. So can I, okay, I, I can, what fucking chain lube do I use on my mountain bike? Like I don't you you send me chain lube, mm -hmm. I got wet, I got dry, I got wax. Yeah, what do I do for you? Dry. So because of the conditions, things okay. like that. So dry is going to be your full synthetic. It's super clean, low drag, things yes. like that. So when you're riding out here, you want something like that. It's super dusty. So if you use a wax or, or the wet formula, it's actually it, going to attract that dust. Okay. It's going to hold on to it. It's going to okay. dirty it up quick. So for you, the Chain Pro. But that's why we have three different offerings. Some yeah, people, but I have all of them, and I don't know what I don't know what to do. Yeah. I, I'm confused. Some people okay. love the wax. It's going to last a little bit longer right. for you. You can ride it in dry conditions. Absolutely. It's but it just, just going to get dirtier. Just, yeah. Uh, the wet formula is going to be for guys that ride... You Maybe they're in northern in northern parts of, of California, let's say, and it rains a lot and it's muddy. So that's a formula that's actually going to hold on in, in when it comes oh. in contact with, with water and okay. things like that. So, yeah. um, And then anywhere dry, dusty, the, the Chain Pro is going to be your go-to. Do I um, – how often do I need to loop my mountain bike chain? Um, on the e-bike, just because there's a little bit more uh, – you have a little bit more torque and things yep. like that on the drivetrain. Um, 
I would say around 50 miles. So we get about 75 miles out of out of Chain Pro uh, in a standard mountain bike application. So that's uh, for me. That's like two rides. It's like yeah, two so every two rides. rides. And the, and yeah. the best way to do it is to do it the night before. So a lot of people want to do it right before they go yes. ride, which is okay. Uh, but I would recommend if you do it before you ride, coat the chain, take a microfiber, run that through. Uh, just to pull the excess off. Uh, but okay. if you do it the night before, then it sets up really nice, uh, gets in between all the links and things like that. I've been that. using the dry, yep. so that's good to know. I've been using the right one. And is it quiet? Are you happy with it? Yes. No, I can tell my bike gets louder, and I'm like, what is that noise? Oh, I need to lose the chain. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. No, it definitely works. All right. Awesome. Very professional answers. Yeah, no, he, he's... On top of it. Between these two guys, I mean, Russ works for Hoosier, and he's like, you know, talk to people all day about tires, and, and Trevor has been max. I mean, I look like an idiot here. So. <laughs> I don't think they need to be here for that. Wow. <laughs> Just get the video working. Okay, okay it's working. No um, graphics. Where's the graphics? No, no graphics tonight. Steve, whose 250F is the closest to matching the Yamaha? Uh, I've said this before. I think I think they're all really close, and then there's the Yamaha. Like I, even Troll Train. Like, that bike looked fine. He was doing doubles out of corners. He was getting hole shots. Like, people shit on the Suzuki, right? But Troll Train's bike with Dean Baker, horsepower maker... Looked fine. Uh, so I think they're all really close. Adam was a big dude, and he was pulling starts last year on Mitch's bike. So yep. maybe the Cowie was, was, had something a little yeah. extra, you know? Yeah. But to me, they're all the same. They I run think, Maxima. They run Maxima. Geico, you know? Uh, so, yeah, I, th I think they're all the same. I can't tell. All right. Uh, let's see. Rusty, who's the dirtiest guy you've ever raced? Oh, my. I, <laughs> I, hey, that was a question I have for later. So that's perfect. Good. Good job. And if Russ says this guy is dirty, he has to be just obscenely dirty. If Russ thinks it is, yeah, it was probably Dean Matson was probably the most <laughs> dirtiest rider I ever encountered that was willing to give it back. And at that point, he was super muscly. Yes, so yeah. if there was he a still is, bro. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he, he is. Still he's is. cut like he's, Bruce he, Lee. Yeah, but, uh, no, dude, he's cranking out iron in the gym in Vegas here. So if I had two picks, and my second guy would probably be Brandis. He was like Zorro on the bike. I mean, that guy could. Square up, turn so, back, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, those are probably my two fiercest battles, right, guys? All right, I, last one. It's funny that you raced Matson and, and Ricky Ryan. Like you, these guys are so old when you race them. Well, when I started racing CR 500s, and I couldn't get them on the 125s and 250s, and Rick Ryan used to pull up in the line. He's like, "You cannot ride that 500 like a 125." And I would just look over at him and over rev <laughs> it to the moon, right? And the <laughs> bolts would be rattling off it, but. Uh, <laughs> That gave me the confidence to start getting them on the other bikes. But. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, All right, last one. Right. Trevor, how much is the dogger involved in day-to-day -day operations, and what is his role? Uh, so uh, he's there. I mean, he's there every day at the office with us. Uh, so his main responsibility is, is sports promotion. So he handles uh, rider support and uh, looking after our athletes. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, – you know he's still a big part of the Maxima family. He's obviously, you know, the son of the, of the founder of Maxima. So uh, he's he's been around uh, Maxima, you know, the majority of his life. So uh, he's a big part of what we do down there. And uh, he's, you know, as he's gotten older and grown with the company, he uh, has a little bit of a abbreviated schedule. So he enjoys golfing and and taking half days. And uh, so yeah, that's the the day to day for him is looking after our athletes. And uh, yeah. All right. Okay. X-Brand goggles, choice of champions everywhere. Use X-Brand, you will win. It's that simple, Russ. Just use X-Brand. Okay. Uh, we got Paul on line one. Paul, what's up, man? How are you? What's your question? Hey, uh, not too much. Um, so 
I stopped riding about eight years ago due to health issues with my back going out and my, my head not being right after a bunch of concussions. Uh-huh. And I had an 08, I actually had an 08 RM450 that had an 09 motor in it. And I'm just wondering, I'm, I'm, I'm looking to get back into it. I'm just wondering, are there any actual real differences between, between that bike and the 2020 RM450? Yeah, yeah, they've, they've changed it since then. Uh, by the way, how's your back and your head doing? Are you, are you better? Well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm just okay. I'm going to definitely go buy a formula so that way I can keep my head safe from yeah. now on. Good to hear. Um, yeah, no, they did the 2018, the RMZ went under a big change. Um, they changed the fork and the shock. They changed the frame. They made it a little bit different. They changed some of the plastic and the tank and stuff. But honestly, not a lot, Paul. Not a, not yeah, a lot I, of difference. Like, well, because I know that that RM450 isn't the most up to date, but I know for a fact that I will never use it to its full potential. So it's a perfectly great. It's a perfectly fine bike for yeah, me. Yeah, is your 09 like all done up, like low hours and stuff? Is it? Is it? Is it all? Well, I I, I sold it a few years back, oh. but I mean, I or I rode it for five years off and on without ever really doing any major work to it so i know it was a reliable motorcycle as long as i took care of it properly and yeah okay so i figured i'd ask the question no there's definitely some differences uh people who rode them both prefer the 2018 2020 to the to your model uh the 09 or 08 did that have the triple air chamber on it what year was that i don't even know uh, i wouldn't know yeah that was that, nobody liked that fork too much that wasn't a very great fork um so that wasn't great but um there's there's definitely a difference people liked it better but like you said are you going to notice a difference no you're not but but you no. don't, but you don't have your 09 so what are you going to buy well no it's, I'm, I'm i was on the fence i was either looking for like a like a two-stroke 125 so i could keep my speed down while i get used to riding again or I'm going to go buy the the RM450 cuz it's literally the same exact price as a like a KTM 125 yeah, and then yeah. oh, it'll last me forever, and I won't have to do a bunch of work to it. Yeah, dude, get the get the get the RMZ. You'll be fine. Absolutely. Hey, yeah. thank you for the time. No problem. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. Also, Paul, uh, a lot of guys liked putting a, a Vertex high compression piston in that model to get a little bit more bottom, a little bit more hit. They're a little soft down there a little bit, so a lot of people were doing that to RMZs back in the day. So, um, yeah, please check that out. Seven zero two five eight six seven eight five seven. All right, uh, before we go to the commercial break here, Brock Tickle is coming up here. Jason Thomas, Chris Kiefer, Angry Mini Dad as well coming up. Race Tech rant tonight. Uh, Trevor, you've got this. You've got a rant. So I do. We're going to get do. into that. Yeah. Uh, Motorsport.com tweeted Talon as, as well coming up here. Uh, all right, let me start with Silly Season stuff a little bit. So we may have covered this, but give me a couple, Trevor, a couple of Silly Season stuff that you like and one or two that you don't like or that you that, that make you, maybe make you scratch your head. Uh. I guess I'll start with the ones that I do like. Uh, I like J-Mart back at Star, and I like Malcolm at Star, too. Um, yeah. I think I think that bike suits Malcolm well, um, and, and I'm excited to see how he does there. I think it's uh, uh, they have a really good program. It's been a proven program on the on yep. the 250 side, and I yep. think that'll translate over really well on the 450s. Yep. Uh, and then J-Mart, too. I mean, he's... I think uh, he will be the guy to beat come outdoors. Uh, I, that's that's how I feel come outdoor season. Uh, yeah. I think he'll be strong I, indoors too. But Jmart's uh, the heavy favorite to me outdoors. He, I mean, he like, has to be. Yes. And then getting on that bike and, yeah. and what they've what they've shown with that engine package and yep. things like that. So um, those would be two that I'm I'm excited to watch. Okay. Uh, we talked about Hill a little bit yeah. already, so that's that's one I was uh, I'm still surprised about. So I think. Uh, I'd like to see him race, you know, like like I said he's a super right. talented guy, I enjoy watching him ride. So, uh whether it's on his own deal or he lands somewhere, it'll be good to see him 
uh, in the mix. And uh, I guess another one that was a little strange for me was was Voland on Factory KTM. Yeah, we didn't talk about that a little bit. So I, I the NorCal guy. Yeah. So I I mean, kid's a great rider. Uh, he's won tons of of, of amateur titles. Uh, but I think it's it seemed like it was fast tracked a little bit. Like I, I thought it would be more of a two three year type program to then get him to the Supercross level. Yeah. Uh, so to just see him pop up as as the the Factory 250 effort, yeah. I thought was a little bit strange. And because then it um, seemed like Talon was slow playing his. Amateur, kinda, right? You know, yeah. like riding the two. You know, he was riding the one twenty. I think he was riding the two stroke for for a while. Uh, you know, the big bike, whether it was the one twenty five or the one fifty, whatever it was, yep. and then makes the jumps to the two fifty, and now is is the yep. the factory kid for for KTM. Um, like I say, super talented kid, but he, he's very young. So I I hope um, you know this yeah. this first year he'll be able to stay healthy, learn a lot, and uh, he doesn't get that, uh, or have people scratching their head on on trying to understand why he got that spot. I think he's yeah. he's deserving of that spot, but it might take some time for it to come to fruition. Apparently, so. KTM added uh, another year to his contract to be like, "Hey, kid, like you know, you don't need to figure this all out mm-hmm. right off the bat." So, what about you, Russ? Well, and then to stick on the KTM subject, I mean, I believe that Derek Drake was probably the seventh most highest uh, point standing rider in Supercross and outdoors mm-hmm. combined. And it was just amazing to me that, I mean, yes, it was... You hear he su- just broke his femur, right? Ah, I yeah. didn't hear that. Yeah, just Not like last bad week. Bad one, too. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Anyway, but, um, no, that's cool. And thanks for filling me in. But, um, you know, what's surprising with Volan is me as well. I, you know, I get to watch him a lot at the local level. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely deserves it, like you were saying. Um, but also, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're 16, 18, 20. They're going to find out real quick how these kids react to the environment, yep. you know, I believe. And... uh so as as time will tell, um, on a positive note, I've been very impressed by how um, influential Yamaha's been and what they've been doing, just picking everybody yeah. up. And I was really excited to see Frannis on a 450. I'm a big Frannis fan as well. I yeah. know a lot of people probably give me scrutiny for that, but uh, I really appreciate the Euros that come over here and throw their hand at Supercross and and uh, the Outdoor Nationals and don't just stay in their little ecosystem over there. Right, right. So... Um, Excited to see the Yamaha guys get at it too. Yeah, so. yeah, I think I think you're right, Mookie and, and J Mart. Both you guys, the Yamaha will be good. Um, all right, before we go to commercial break here, we got to get we got to address this subject on the line from Racer X Online. It's Jason Wygant. What's up, Weege? Yeah. Hey, what's, what, what's your uh, Rusty Holland is here in studio? The legend, Rusty Holland. Uh, Rusty Holland was he involved in that uh, legendary Ping and uh, Shea Bentley finale? Way back in Dallas? No, I don't think so. Dallas 2000? No, no. you weren't involved in that. Okay, no. all right. He I did. Don't. He did fight Michael Brandis at the Coliseum. <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's like fourth time you've mentioned that, Steve. Yeah, I know. It's great. <laughs> uh, Trevor, you didn't go by Rollerball, did you? He tried to call himself Rollerball. I didn't. It was Tim. So, well, how do we feel about that, Steve? No, we don't. We hate it. No, but it was Tim really? Carter. It was what? Tim Carter. Yeah, it's Carter. Carter. No, Carter. Uh, the Carter. sheriff, Josh Demon, Rollerball, exactly. Rusty Holland. And, and and no disrespect, I didn't know that they even called Ross P- Peterson that. So well, yeah, it's a little bit before your time. Yeah, but I mean, you just can't come out with like the bomber. Like, there's well, only one bomber. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, you can't you can't do that. So, okay. So, Weege, we just yeah, we covered this in our X brand tear offs here. Our buddy Moser. Uh, so your kid goes one one at the BMX track, which yeah. is awesome, by the way. And then you tell your kid, "Hey, man, you don't have to win." But you forget to tell him that he needs to get at least second? I think somewhere along the way we mentioned the second place thing. I should have realized I'm dealing with a six-year-old here, and kindergarten math isn't the best, and he probably doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about when I explain it that way. 
I mean, everybody knows a 1-1-2 wins the overall. Like, doesn't everybody know that? Did I really need to tell him this? Uh, yeah, he's six. Yeah. So He didn't seem to realize that you don't have to win, but you still have to get second. You still have to get second. Did he just cruise it on home in the third one, thinking that dad told me I didn't have to win? Well, the video is conclusive evidence. He goes to the lead in the last corner, sticks to the leader until about two jumps before the finish, and then clearly starts slowing the pace. Third place is about five bike lengths back, and then just totally reels them in in the final two jumps. So clearly once he realized the win wasn't there, he kicked into, well, that's good. I don't have to win mode. So, yeah, he cruised. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. do blame you. I do. I don't. You don't? No. Because it's you just you say certain things, and the kids just retain it like glue, right? And you're like, I cannot believe that that was just done in the way that they percepted it. But uh, I'm trying to learn myself. Maybe sometimes it isn't good to talk at all, just to let it carry out. But. Oh. Huh. You know, that is good advice. I had a, uh, earlier in the year, he always goes uh, smartly. He always dives to the inside. It's the same track every week. He always dives to the inside in the last corner. <laughs> and... Um, Sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's not the best move. You know, sometimes the outside works better. So um, there was one weekend where I said, I'm like, you don't need to go all the way to the inside of that corner. Like, there's no berm down there. It's just level and flat. You might be better going a little bit wider. So race comes an hour later. This is after practice. Battling, as usual, with Pace Reed, Chad Reed's kid, because they're usually in the same class. And they're side by side going into the last turn. And then my son goes, like hangs a right in a left-hand turn to get all the way to the top, <laughs> all the way as far outside to the top of the berm as he could go. And I'm just like, oh, man. I just, and I'm like, I told him, you don't need to go all the way to the inside. So he went as far to the outside as he could possibly go. I don't have children, but is, it, this, is, is this common, Russ? Very. And I don't think there's any correct way. So it was one thing. My grandfather used to take me to the races a lot. And obviously, I was a spaz on the track. And when I got about 25 years old, I just looked at him and said, how did you never tell me one word on what to do? Wow. So it was very appreciative. Um, obviously, I think that he knew as a racer you needed to figure out yourself. So uh, Wow. Why can't kid just threw away an overall? Yeah, but he'll learn. He's six. I mean, not apparently. I hope he'll learn. I don't think he knows what he did still. I think he's like, why are you yelling at me? You said I didn't have to win, and I didn't win, and then you yelled at me for not winning. You told me this is okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I understand. I, I feel for the kid. He finally said, stop talking about it. It's annoying. Really? <laughs> yes, that's what he said. We were driving home, and I kept talking about it. I'm like, why did you give up? Why did you give up? Why did you go slow? And he said, stop talking about it. It's annoying. <laughs> I mean, we, we've been having a good time in our text messages about, about your coaching. So, Well, well, who, my wondering eyes, should appear. But Aiden Kiefer going for a title in a three-moto format over the weekend at the Arizona Open. Right. And what happened? I don't know. We're gonna, he's coming on later. We've got to get to the bottom of that. It sounded very similar. I, I, I was well. I witnessed the the end of the race, yeah. and then the celebration, and then the letdown. And so, oh, so was, he thought he won. Yeah, yeah. So when he when he initially came off, yeah, was Chris it, is there and high fives and the whole deal. And then the way the point shaked out, it was somebody else. So yeah, it was. Oh a, my god! Yeah, it was a bummer. It was a bummer. Yes, I believe he also got passed by someone he didn't think was a factor for the overall. Oh, so, so. you you and Chris are going to have start a little support group for parents who can't quite figure out math. It happens to the best of us, man. It happens to the best of us. Oh. We all, 
You know, it's a really hard math to figure out. Really hard when you get to three three digits. I mean, that's difficult. Did he win the first two rather easily? No, they were battles. Like, the first moto was an unbelievable battle. He did win. And then the second one, he won bigger. So that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm like, he doesn't have to go to the line thinking, I'm barely faster. And if I can't pull this off again, the whole day is blown. But I Uh, guess that's overthinking it. Just totally. Just try to win. Just Just try to win. Try to win. Right, Ross, yeah. Trevor, yeah. I think, yeah, I think I if you're one-one, I, I think yeah. you don't yeah. say anything. Yeah, it's just, you just, you just, you're like my kids. He's a winner. He's got this. Uh, we did talk quite a bit about the Monster Million and sweeping, <laughs> and, and, and sweeping is good yep. because he's watched those videos over and over. I'm right. like, remember that time that yep. Tomac got a million? Remember when Marvin got a million? Go right. for all three, but you don't have to. But it would be cool if he did. I, I wonder if uh, did anybody was anybody going to pull over for him and and then he, you you would have to write a check for that person. I, and then you can or you don't. Yeah, give him a watch it's, it's, or a car. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> a nine hundred thousand dollar difference. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No. Uh, uh, so yeah, it's the, the way BMX rules work here in a nutshell is you win ten races and you move up a division. Okay. And um, my son has gotten so many second and third place finishes. He's had two wins. And uh, it's gotten to the point now where another parent said, why is he in the novice class? He's really fast. And I'm like, lots of seconds and thirds. So then at the end of that day, after they handed him the second-place trophy again, I yeah. said, see what I'm saying about lots of seconds and thirds? Well, see what I'm saying? Oh, so you almost, you've, you've got a little drama going on with parents wondering if your kid's too fast. One guy actually did. I don't know if he was joking or serious. Right. He was like, oh, it's the motocross thing, man. It's sandbag. Oh, wow. And I'm like, Jeez. No, I'm definitely not trying to have him not win. I know it looks that way. Yes, yes. Trust me. You're like, I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> I know it looked like he purposely slowed up on the last few jumps, and he did. But that was not on purpose. Wow. Unbelievable. Just stop coaching your son, please. Stop it. Yeah. On a related note, yeah. I think most parents when the big races come up, they do try to prevent their kid from moving up so they can dominate yeah. yep. the big race. But there is one local... BMX parent that does not subscribe to this theory. Can you guess? Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> yes. yes, is he an Australian? Yes, he's he's Australian. Name rhymes with Schmidt, and he was finding as many races as possible to cram it in and get those kids moved up to the hardest possible division right. before the big race. Yeah, which yeah. is the way Chad Reed would do it. Yes, of course, absolutely right. No, one hundred percent. First. The uh, podcast we just did, he, he went to his first race in the 125 or 250F class and immediately says, yep, but it's not the 250 class against Carmichael, so it doesn't really matter. Yep, no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, this this championship, this 250 Supercross East title is garbage. <laughs> yes, throw it in the trash. Yes, it's garbage. Uh, speaking of that, before we let you go, the re-raceables are available now to subscribe. The new episode is dropping later this week. They're the debut one. But there's a teaser one online, myself and Wygant. We've got some in the can, so we're going to review old races. Probably Russ is in some of these. Trevor may be in some of these. And we're going to talk about the races and, and, and what happened and who won and who really won and categories and everything. So fun times, get? Yeah, I think we originally thought of it as just, you know, reviewing who won the race and analysis of it and what the race meant. But I think what we learned was the things that have changed that we didn't realize. Yeah have changed from the way the TV show looks or the way the track is built or the sponsors, um, yeah. things that are just long forgotten. I don't think we even realized. Because everybody tends to remember the racing part. But the stuff on the sidelines, 
it was quite a refresher course on, man, I forgot they used to do this jump or they used to do it this way or this guy was on this team. Yeah. Yeah. Anaheim, uh, 2005, what did we see in LCQ that had Kiefer, uh, JT, and Daniel Blair all yes, in it? Yes, all in the LCQ in the Anaheim 05. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah. Yes, and, yeah. and they're all Pulp MX people that's, that now, nowadays. And they, yeah. and they finished, exactly. yeah, whatever. Kiefer, Kiefer won. Kiefer beat them all. So, he did. He did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, re-raceables on a, a brand-new Fought podcast feed, so find it on uh, iTunes and subscribe, and uh, stay tuned. New episodes are dropping, so... All right, Weege. Well, thanks for coming on and explaining it. I appreciate it. Just stop talking to your kid. Just let him win. All right? All right. I'm clearly the weakest link here. Yes, absolutely. All right. Thank you, man. See you guys. All right. See you. Later. That's Jason Wygant. Colin's on one. Colin, you got a Max Volan question? Yeah, I don't mean to jump back to uh, no, that's fine. to what you guys are talking about, but uh, so they just had minios. Yeah, do you, he just—I don't know his exact results. I think he got went five something. Do you think that was just trying to get through, not get injured, and get his points, or you think that some of those other amateur kids like Levi Kitchen and Matt LeBlanc and all of them are that much better? You know what? I didn't see. I heard he didn't do well, but I don't know. I wasn't there. I didn't watch any races, so. Trevor, do you have any in- insight on that? I, I know, I know I, he did race for points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just talked to a couple people, and I didn't see him ride. I just heard yeah. that he was he was fifth overall is what I had heard. But yeah. um, going back to his question about LeBlanc and those guys, I, I think they're the real deal. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's – Like, so, like, somebody like Levi Kitchen. Dude, I, I don't know if Star, Rock River, Yamaha, like, I don't know if they're all back exactly the same by Yamaha, but, like, the guy's not even signed by anybody except for Rock River and, and is smoking everybody and Nate Thrasher and all of them. So I, I just I thought that was strange that uh, Bowen went fifth overall against all those other kids, and some of those kids are older than him and uh, don't even have rides. Yeah, I, I don't follow the amateur stuff as close as I probably should. Or I, I think – I. I believe Kitchen came out and rode four star. Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. tested yep. the bike, but yep. um, and and that's about as as much as I know. But they they had. Why not a add another direction. person to star? Why not? Why not? Why add, not? Another, <laughs> add another amateur, right? Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know Dude, too much uh, about it, but I do I do know that yeah, Max had to ride for points and whatever because there's no amateurs or something, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, I just I, kitchen trains down the road from my house at Real Deal, oh, okay. and uh, due to rips. So yeah, I was just well, uh, I thought that was strange. If he's really the real deal, and he seems like he is, Star Yamaha will make sure that he does not go anywhere. That, that's yeah, awesome. I figured so. that. All right, that's all, right. all I was wondering about. Thanks, Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Brock Tickle coming up here next, but for right now, commercial break here on the Pulp of Mech Show, presented by Motorsport.com and Fly Racing. Trevor Reese, Rusty Holland in studio. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back after this, everybody. Thanks for listening. Dino was flying through. Those who love motocross know motorsport.com has the knowledge and expertise to make your next ride your best ride. Motorsport.com has a broad selection of in-stock parts and gear at competitive prices. We specialize in bringing you OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear and accessories for dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs. All thanks to the most dedicated and experienced team of gearheads in the industry who use the very parts we sell on motosport.com. Motosport.com always offers fast shipping and free delivery on orders more than $79 to ensure you never miss a ride. Whether you race on the track, ride the trails, or commute on the street, shop motosport.com today for the best customer service and experience when buying the parts and gear you need to stay on two and four wheels. Make your next ride your best ride only at motosport.com. Steve. Kiefer. Do you want to hear about one of the best rides I've ever had? 
Dude, it's not time for After Dark yet. <sighs> Chill down, dude. I just want to talk about Race Tech stuff. Oh, that's it. Okay. Gosh, go man. Basically, I've had the chance to do some stuff with Race Tech recently with the CRF 250R and, of course, the KX250. And as you know, I've talked about on the show, I wasn't a real hardcore fan of Race Tech stuff back in the day. But since Rob and Andrew and those guys have assembled at Race Tech, the stuff has been great. So um, for you guys out there listening, if you guys are looking to get your engine work done or even some suspension work, or as Steven says on the show sometimes, get your seals and <laughs> your oil rebuilt in your, in your fork and shock. Get it rebuilt. It helps. 15 to 20 hours. Head over to Racetech.com. Check out. They even got a cool little simulator. You can look at uh, what size spring rate you might need for your bike. So a lot of cool features over there on the website. But uh, And as you know, Yamaha Blue Crew guy over here, you guys have some of that on your bike. It's fantastic. Zombie Blos uses it. Jerry Robin uses it. Starling, all of those guys over there. Malcolm Stewart won a Supercross with Race Tech stuff a few years ago. Pulp 19 is the code to save. Mention Pulp MX when you, when you call. You can save on the service. You can save, save on motor work. You can save on springs if you just want to do that and get it put in yourself or do it yourself. Race Tech is the one-stop shopping for motor and suspension work. You can also mention the code HOMELIFE2020. That's better. That's a better code, I think. We'll do either one. Just <laughs> listen, people. Give your bike some love. Get your suspension modified service. Get your motor modified serviced with the folks at Race Tech. Good people. Want a chain and sprocket kit but aren't sure what you need? Then call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559 and get hooked up with a V3 performance kit. They have more gearing than your garage has room for. With over 30,000 possible gearing combinations, Vortex has the right gearing for any track condition. Join the ranks of Factory Yamaha's Justin Barsha and Aaron Plessinger, as well as Supercross champion Dylan Ferrandis, and run a Vortex Sprocket. Available in red, black, blue, silver, and green. Yes, green. Call a doctor, because things just got sick. Warning. May cause extraordinary power, excessive performance, and speed so fast your eyes will bleed. Call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559. Mention promo code PULPMX2020 and get the best deal on your next order. And don't forget to sign up for the Vortex EK Athlete Support Team for 2020. For more information, call 800-440-3559 or visit VortexRacing.com. Maxima Racing Oils was created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. Their demands on equipment drive us to look beyond conventional ideas and to exceed industry standards. It's in our DNA to identify problems, formulate solutions, and execute at the highest levels of competition. Case in point, the championship-winning Factory Kawasaki Race Team. Long-time Maxima partners who extensively use Maxima throughout the bike. Maxima's USA-made products exceed JSO requirements and can be used in all motorcycle brands. Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, and more. Maxima Racing Oils. Experience the difference. Visit MaximaUSA.com for more information. Hey, Pulp listeners, this is Andy from Guts Racing. I want to thank you guys for all the loyal support over the years. Thanks, Steve Mathis, for uh, having us on the show. Steve normally asks for us to write out what we want to say, but this year I'm shooting it from the gut, right from the heart, because I really do appreciate all the fans out there that take time out of their day to put an order in at GutsRacing.com. 
using Pulp MX 2020 for 2020 to get 20% off. Keep ordering, guys. Appreciate it. Love the support. Shout out to all the Guts Riders out there. Go get some this year. Thanks for listening to the Pulp MX show, everybody. Please, if you're listening to these commercials, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's right, because without these commercials and without these sponsors, we wouldn't have a janky radio show for you to listen to. But for now, I want to talk about Roost MX, the official graphics company for both Cobra Moto and the Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. For over 20 years, they've been delivering professional-level graphics for every rider from an amateur to a pro, including Alex Ray back in the day. Choose from our selection of graphics uh, online or make yours one of a kind. Roos also offers a wide range of custom products from t-shirts, sticker kits, helmet kits, trailer graphics, and more. 48-hour turnaround. Be sure to check out the new Pulp Nation section on the website. Get your Pulp MX swag, customize your bike, get custom stickers, uh, get custom helmet stickers, whatever it is, uh, including Pulp MX stuff. Follow them on Instagram, at RoostMX, for monthly sales. Get your equipment looking fresh, visiting RoostMX.net, and use the discount code PULPNATION to save 20%. Thanks, RoostMX.net. FMF Racing is proud to celebrate 45 years of fun, building every FMF exhaust right here in the USA. Owner and founder Don Emler may have started FMF Racing in his garage 45 years ago, but Don is still hands-on in our 100,000-square-foot, state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Southern California. FMF's goal? Design and manufacture the world's best performance exhausts, 100% in the USA, under one roof. FMF is a proud sponsor of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship for over 25 years. Hi, it's Tomax Superfan Dylan here. The only thing I love more than seeing Eli win is Michelin motorcycle tires. And Michelin is introducing many exciting new tires for 2020. For V-Twin riders, the Michelin Commander 3 Cruiser and the Michelin Commander 3 Touring Tires offer improved wet grip and enhanced tread life. For sport bike and track day riders, the Michelin Power 5 Tire and the Michelin Power GP Tires feature the same architecture and profile for effortless sport bike setup from street to track. If you'd like to have the same tire that won the 2019 Red Bull Ayersburg Rodeo, the Michelin Enduro Extreme Tire is the tire for you. And the Michelin Star Cross 5 tire range is now available for young motocross and off-road riders in sizes for 50cc bikes and up. To learn more about these and all other Michelin two-wheel products, check out www.motorcycle.michelinman.com, visit your local dealer or online retailer, and follow at Michelin Motorcycle on Instagram and Facebook. Hey guys, it's Mathis. Look, if you're still not wearing a neck brace in 2020, it's time to go get one or at least think seriously about it. It's been over 15 years since the neck braces first came out. They're not the clunky, oversized devices they used to be. Atlas came in and changed the way all neck braces were designed by introducing flexible technology to the world and proving that neck braces can be something you can actually ride in while performing at the highest level. Look at Jason Anderson winning Supercross Championships or look at Martin Davalos or anybody else. Don't take my word for it just because I have two Manitoba Championships to my name. Wait, I have four. Just look at how many other brace designs look like the Atlas one. Atlas pioneered all the modern neck brace features and have been refining them ever since then. While the competition has been trying to catch up, grab the brace that's been leading the pack. Check out atlasbrace.com. Get yours today. There is a pulp discount if you check out sponsoreddeals.com on pulpamexshow.com. So be like Chase Sexton, Martin Davalos, and many other guys and wear the Atlas brace. Atlasbrace.com.
over three decades, Works Connection has been designing and delivering factory-level parts to help produce champions worldwide. From the novice rider right up to the pro ranks, they're winning products like skid plates, radiator braces, pro-launch start device, elite clutch perch, and elite axle blocks help to protect and refine motocross, supercross, and off-road bikes. Join Team Honda HRC, Star Racing Yamaha, Smart Top Honda, JGR Suzuki, and HEP Racing Race Teams and rely on Works Connection products to deliver quality and reliability. To see what they have to offer and to help improve your race efforts, just visit worksconnection.com today. And don't forget to enter Pulp MX20 to save 20% on your order. Over 65 years ago, Vertex Pistons was born out of a small technical workshop in northern Italy's famous Motor Valley. Expanding and maturing among the racing legends of Ferrari, Lamborghini, MV Augusta and Ducati, today Vertex Pistons are the pistons of choice for motorcycle riders and teams throughout the world. Because of their renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex Pistons is a factory piston supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. From the Motocross, Supercross, MXGP, GNCC, National and World Enduro Series, you can find Vertex Pistons winning championships. Vertex Pistons strives to provide you with world-class factory technology at a very competitive price. No matter which brand of bike you ride, when it's time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see our full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit us at vertexpistons.com or stop into your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. Those who love motocross know motorsport.com has the knowledge and expertise to make your next ride your best ride motorsport.com has a broad selection of in-stock parts and gear at competitive prices we specialize in bringing you oem and aftermarket parts riding gear and accessories for dirt bikes motorcycles atvs and utvs all thanks to the most dedicated and experienced team of gearheads in the industry who use the very parts we sell on motorsport.com Motosport.com always offers fast shipping and free delivery on orders more than $79 to ensure you never miss a ride. Whether you race on the track, ride the trails, or commute on the street, shop Motosport.com today for the best customer service and experience when buying the parts and gear you need to stay on two and four wheels. Make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. Steve. Kiefer. Do you want to hear about one of the best rides I've ever had? Dude, it's not time for After Dark yet. <sighs> Chill down, dude. I just want to talk about Race Tech stuff. Oh, that's it. Okay. Gosh, go man. Basically, I've had the chance to do some stuff with Race Tech recently with the CRF 250R and, of course, the KX250. And as you know, I've talked about on the show, I wasn't a real hardcore fan of Race Tech stuff back in the day. But since Rob and Andrew and those guys have assembled at Race Tech, the stuff has been great. So um, for you guys out there listening, you guys are looking to get your engine work done or even some suspension work or steven says on the show sometimes get your seals and 
your oil, rebuilt Bushings. in your fork and shock. Get it rebuilt. It helps. 15 to 20 hours. Head over to Racetech.com. Check out. They even got a cool little simulator. You can look at uh, what size spring rate you might need for your bike. So a lot of cool features over there on the website. But uh, And as you know, Yamaha Blue Crew guy over here, you guys have some of that on your bike. It's fantastic. Zombie Blos uses it. Jerry Robin uses it. Starling, all of those guys over there. Malcolm Stewart won a Supercross with Race Tech stuff a few years ago. Pulp 19 is the code to save. Mention Pulp MX when you when you call. You can save on the service. You can save save on motor work. You can save on springs if you just want to do that and get it put in yourself or do it yourself. Race Tech is the one stop shopping for motor and suspension work. You can also mention the code Home Life 2020. That's better. That's a better code, I think. We'll do either one. Just <laughs> listen, people. Give your bike some love. Get your suspension modified service. Get your motor modified serviced with the folks at Race Tech. Good people. Want a chain and sprocket kit, but aren't sure what you need? Then call Vortex Racing at 800 440 3559 and get hooked up with a V3 performance kit. They have more gearing than your garage has room for. With over 30,000 possible gearing combinations, Vortex has the right gearing for any track condition. Join the ranks of Factory Yamaha's Justin Barsha and Aaron Plessinger, as well as Supercross champion Dylan Ferrandis, and run a Vortex Sprocket. Available in red, black, blue, silver, and green. Yes, green. Call a doctor, because things just got sick. Warning. May cause extraordinary power, excessive performance, and speed so fast your eyes will bleed. Call Vortex Racing at 800-440-3559. Mention promo code PULPMX2020 and get the best deal on your next order. And don't forget to sign up for the Vortex EK Athlete Support Team for 2020. For more information, call 800-440-3559 or visit VortexRacing.com. Maxima Racing Oils was created for world-class racers who challenge the limits of possibility. Their demands on equipment drive us to look beyond conventional ideas and to exceed industry standards. It's in our DNA to identify problems, formulate solutions, and execute at the highest levels of competition. Case in point, the championship-winning Factory Kawasaki Race Team. Long-time Maxima partners who extensively use Maxima throughout the bike. Maxima's USA-made products exceed JSO requirements and can be used in all motorcycle brands. Kawasaki, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Husqvarna, and more. Maxima Racing Oils. Experience the difference. Visit MaximaUSA.com for more information. Hey, Pulp listeners, this is Andy from Guts Racing. I want to thank you guys for all the loyal support over the years. Thanks, Steve Mathis, for uh, having us on the show. Steve normally asks for us to write out what we want to say, but this year I'm shooting it from the gut, right from the heart, because I really do appreciate all the fans out there that take time out of their day to put an order in at GutsRacing.com using Pulp MX 2020 for 2020 to get 20% off. Keep ordering, guys. Appreciate it. Love the support. Shout out to all the Guts riders out there. Go get some this year. Thanks for listening to the Pulp MX show, everybody. Please, if you're listening to these commercials, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's right, because without these commercials and without these sponsors, we wouldn't have a janky radio show for you to listen to. But for now, I want to talk about Roost MX, the official graphics company for both Cobra Moto and the Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team. For over 20 years, they've been delivering professional-level graphics for every rider from an amateur to a pro, including Alex Ray back in the day. 
Choose from our selection of graphics uh, online or make yours one of a kind. Roos also offers a wide range of custom products from t-shirts, sticker kits, helmet kits, trailer graphics, and more. 48-hour turnaround. Be sure to check out the new Pulp Nation section on the website. Get your Pulp Mech swag, customize your bike, get custom stickers, uh, get custom helmet stickers, whatever it is, uh, including Pulp Mech stuff. Follow them on Instagram, at RoostMX, for monthly sales. Get your equipment looking fresh, visiting RoostMX.net, and use the discount code PulpNation to save 20%. Thanks, RoostMX.net. FMF Racing is proud to celebrate 45 years of fun, building every FMF exhaust right here in the USA. Owner and founder Don Emler may have started FMF Racing in his garage 45 years ago, but Don is still hands-on in our 100,000-square-foot, state-of-the-art manufacturing facility in Southern California. FMF's goal? Design and manufacture the world's best performance exhausts, 100% in the USA, under one roof. FMF is a proud sponsor of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship for over 25 years. Hi, it's Tomax Superfan Dylan here. The only thing I love more than seeing Eli win is Michelin motorcycle tires. And Michelin is introducing many exciting new tires for 2020. For V-Twin riders, the Michelin Commander 3 Cruiser and the Michelin Commander 3 Touring Tires offer improved wet grip and enhanced tread life. For sport bike and track day riders, the Michelin Power 5 Tire and the Michelin Power GP Tires feature the same architecture and profile for effortless sport bike setup from street to track. If you'd like to have the same tire that won the 2019 Red Bull Ayersburg Rodeo, the Michelin Enduro Extreme Tire is the tire for you. And the Michelin Star Cross 5 tire range is now available for young motocross and off-road riders in sizes for 50cc bikes and up. To learn more about these and all other Michelin two-wheel products, check out www.motorcycle.michelinman.com, visit your local dealer or online retailer, and follow at Michelin Motorcycle on Instagram and Facebook. Hey guys, it's Mathis. Look, if you're still not wearing a neck brace in 2020, it's time to go get one or at least think seriously about it. It's been over 15 years since the neck braces first came out. They're not the clunky, oversized devices they used to be. Atlas came in and changed the way all neck braces were designed by introducing flexible technology to the world and proving that neck braces can be something you can actually ride in while performing at the highest level. Look at Jason Anderson winning Supercross Championships or look at Martin Davalos or anybody else. Don't take my word for it just because I have two Manitoba Championships in my name. Wait, I have four. Just look at how many other brace designs look like the Atlas one. Atlas pioneered all the modern neck brace features and have been refining them ever since then. While the competition has been trying to catch up, grab the brace that's been leading the pack. Check out atlasbrace.com. Get yours today. There is a pulp discount if you check out sponsoreddeals.com on pulpamexshow.com. So be like Chase Sexton, Martin Davalos, and many other guys and wear the Atlas brace. Atlasbrace.com. Over three decades, Works Connection has been designing and delivering factory-level parts to help produce champions worldwide. From the novice rider right up to the pro ranks, they're winning products like skid plates, radiator braces, pro-launch start device, elite clutch perch, and elite axle blocks help to protect and refine motocross, supercross, and off-road bikes. 
Join Team Honda HRC, Star Racing Yamaha, Smart Top Honda, JGR Suzuki, and HEP Racing Race Teams at Reliant Works Connection Products to deliver quality and reliability. To see what they have to offer and to help improve your race efforts, just visit worksconnection.com today. And don't forget to enter Pulp MX20 to save 20% on your order. Over 65 years ago, Vertex Pistons was born out of a small technical workshop in northern Italy's famous Motor Valley. Expanding and maturing among the racing legends of Ferrari, Lamborghini, MV Augusta and Ducati, today Vertex Pistons are the pistons of choice for motorcycle riders and teams throughout the world. Because of their renowned reputation for exceptional quality, Vertex Pistons is a factory piston supplier to KTM, Husqvarna, Beta, Gas Gas, and TM. From the Motocross, Supercross, MXGP, GNCC, National and World Enduro Series, you can find Vertex Pistons winning championships. Vertex Pistons strives to provide you with world-class factory technology at a very competitive price. No matter which brand of bike you ride, when it's time to rebuild your top end, Vertex Pistons will have your engine performing better than new. To see our full range of two-stroke and four-stroke pistons in replica, high compression, or GP-style configurations, visit us at vertexpistons.com or stop into your local dealer and ask for a Vertex Piston Kit today. back everybody pop mech show presented by motorsport.com and fly racing rusty holland the great rusty holland and trevor reese in studio here tonight i'm gonna talk about my mountain bike race here coming up shortly complete disaster but trevor you can relate so that part's good yeah i can we yeah. can we can discuss well, yeah. e-bike racing we, in depth the little bit of problems that we have with e-bikes in general like look there's no bigger fan of e-bikes than i am but but they are have some issues when it comes to racing yeah, and absolutely. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Brock Tickle coming up here is also Chris Kiefer, who I found out earlier raced with Russ up in four stroke nationals back in the day. Yep. Who knew about that? I didn't, but you know, Kelly Smith and Steve Mathis were two time East Coast four stroke champs. I don't know if you knew that or not. Well, I, I didn't know big, that. Big, one, one time we went undefeated. That's Just great. like Stu and Carmark. That's great. All 24? Uh, there was only uh, four <laughs> oh, okay. or five. So slightly, slightly different. Hey, but take it when but you hey, get Clark it. Stiles and Matt Walker, they never knew what hit him. That's yeah, great. They never knew what hit That's him. Great. So, uh, Welcome back to the show, everybody. Brock Tickle coming up here right away. Um, 
and again, we got the race tech rant coming up and uh, and more with here. Um, how's it been, uh, Trevor? When talking about Maxima too, how's everything been going with the bicycle stuff? Speaking of that, is, is that that been moving for you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, you know, the business has been growing every year. It's about six or seven years deep for us on uh, you know commercializing our own products and. Now this this influx we're seeing of e-bikes and those moving into power sports dealers and things like that that's been uh, that's been really good for for our bike category just because you know on the moto side so many people are familiar with Maxima yeah. they know Maxima so uh, when they see a bike product on the shelf in a power sports dealer they're familiar yeah. with it they're comfortable yeah, the, with the it. The Intense Taser is available in power sports dealers only. Yep. And you guys are a big part of that. I saw that catalog and yeah. it was like yeah it's Maxima oil products. Yeah. So, so we cool. we've partnered with Intense and. Uh, they've they've got some great people over there, and uh, that's been that's been awesome for us. You know, we have our products on their website. We did a, a mailer ad through Parts Unlimited and things yep. like that. So we're uh, we're working together in in uh, in these power sports. Is that dealers. part of your job? Bicycle stuff like that? No, not specifically. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No, we have a you we have, have a bicycle yep, guy. Yep, we right. have a segment manager for for bike as well. Right. Uh, right. Andrew, Andrew Hirsch is his oh, name, okay. so he looks after the the bicycle segment for us. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been good. good. Yeah. It's been and, good. And then automotive, like you said, drone drone oil. Yeah, yeah. We're, we've got all kinds <laughs> of things going on, man. Yeah. We're everybody's. Uh, you know, it's fast paced over there. Yeah, you know, we've got a lot going on. Right. I can't tell you how many DMs I get with with SC one stuff in it, or like Mathis in a can, or SC one, or like. It's it's, it's a crazy. Uh, it's, talk about a product that really has reached the masses, you know? Yeah, yeah. and it's a fun product, right? It right. smells good, you know, yeah. makes things look nice. So right. uh, people attach themselves to it, and, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been an awesome product for us. But you know, at the end of the day, the, the company's founded on engine oil. That's something we're we're heavily focused on. So I I want to sell engine oil, and, yeah. and SC1's just a bonus to go along with it. And we have some things coming that are going to be really exciting with SC1 and, and growing that as kind of its own little own little brand within Maxima. Oh, cool. So. Cool. Uh, Vortex Racing, uh, Dylan Ferrandis winning a championship of Vortex Racing Sprockets. James Stewart, Chad Reed using Vortex to win their championships on Yamaha back in the day. The V3 bar, 29% stronger than the competition. Uh, they got the right gearing as well. Uh, a, a vast array of sprockets. Cat 5, F5 hard coat, silver, and our long-lasting laser-cut steel Vortex sprocket if you want the ultimate durability. Uh, again, Reed, Stewart, Ferrandis, uh, Star Yamaha guys use Vortex Racing. The Star Yamaha 450 guys using Vortex Racing as well. If you want a deal from the folks at Vortex Racing, whether it's bars, whether it's sprockets, uh, email Kyle at VortexRacing.com. They'll dial you in. Go to the website. Email Kyle at VortexRacing.com. And bringing you our guest tonight, Vortex Racing, pleased and proud to bring you Bullfrog Spots, MCR Honda rider, Brock Tickle. Tick, what's up, man? How are you? I just finished dinner, just hanging out. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. So, we had Savachi on earlier, and we talked about to Joey, like, hey, man, we all thought it was Baggett, and we all thought Baggett, and all of a sudden, boom, it's Joey Savachi in and Baggett out. Well, same thing with you, Brock. We uh, we had Tony Alessi, your manager, on the show. He talked about Justin Hill, and we all talked about Justin Hill, and then next thing you know, Justin Hill is out, and you're in. I don't need you to get into what happened with Hill and all that, but how did it come together for you? Because I know you were planning on going the privateer route. Talk about the process of getting on the team. Yeah, so, I mean, I was talking to Tony a little bit um, right after Outdoors, um, and I was supposed to maybe ride the bike, and then things kind of fell through, obviously, where they already had some guys riding the bikes and guys signed, and then, obviously, I started my own process, and then I was like, I'm going to text Tony just to check yeah. in and see see what's going on, and um, he actually called me and said, hey, you want to ride the bike tomorrow? And there was no commitment from his side at all. He <laughs> yeah. just wanted me to ride the bike, and and that's kind of how it started. And then I had by the I think that was on a 
Wednesday or Thursday I rode the bike. But did, and were you on were, Friday, hold on? Were you like, "What's up?" or did you not even care? You didn't ask anything. You're just like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll ride the bike." Yeah, I, I kind of knew kind of what was going to happen. Oh, okay. I kind of okay. figured Tony's. He didn't say, but I kind of yeah, yeah. figured Tony's. He just wanted to see me ride the bike. Right. Um. So I rode the bike, and then it went well. Um. And then yeah, I signed a contract. I think two days later or so. Wow. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh, it was kind of a blessing, obviously, because doing my own program is great and sounds awesome. But right. let's be honest, you've, you've been around long enough, and I'm sure everybody listening has been around long enough. It's not easy to do it on your own, and uh, especially with that, especially with what's going on in the world, uh, funding isn't really everybody's priority at the moment. <laughs> right. No, no, absolutely. So, yeah, you were stoked. You're just like, all right. Now, had you been riding – did, did I? I don't know if I have this 100 percent right, but didn't you? weren't you riding a Honda for a little while at some point? So my brother um, rides a Honda or rode a Honda last year, yep. um, and Mark at REP Suspension um, did his suspension, and I borrowed a bike from Stapleton, <clears throat> and my brother shipped his suspension here. Mark did his suspension, and I kind of tested it, and then we sent it off to my brother. So oh, okay. I didn't really have a bike, but. Yeah, I did ride it a couple times just to kind of help my brother get a direction for for suspension. Well, I was going to ask you, so you show up, you kind of know it's a tryout slash, you know, whatever kind of deal with, and I'm thinking how weirded out you'd be getting on a Honda, but I don't know if it was weird. I mean, let's be honest, I hit almost the rainbow uh, <laughs> <laughs> within, the last, within the last two or three years. So, yeah, um, yeah no, it was, I was nervous, I'll be honest, just because I haven't rode, and it was supercross and i haven't rode that's a good point too right yeah one, supercross right yeah well you know how that is for yeah. us i mean i'll say it like even me i've been doing this obviously since i've been racing supercross since 07 that first day riding supercross no many how many years or what year it's been it's still nerve-wracking right so for me i didn't from paula i rode bought a bike from swap and it was a KTM 450 and I rode Paris twice uh-huh. and I didn't ride the MCR bike and it was basically a month after. So I've been, um, I think that was about, that was about Jeez. three and a half weeks ago is when I rode the yeah. MCR bike for the first time. So yeah, basically I was f- fresh off the couch <laughs> and haven't rode and it was super cross. Tre- so, Tre- Trevor is uh, it, Trevor and Rusty are in studio, both former pro riders, but can you imagine that you're like, Hey, come out for a potential ride, Trevor. Uh, ride Supercross, which you haven't been doing, and ride this bike that you don't really know what's going. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I never. I mean, I didn't race it at Brock's level, but right. I remember, you know, one of the years I I had went to go ride a bike essentially at the Yamaha track. Yeah. Same thing. I'd been riding a Yamaha 450, just riding outdoors, and right. jump on a 250, and it's a tryout just at the Supercross track. And I remember, like, I didn't sleep the whole night before, you know? It's, <laughs> it's and, and like he's saying, even even when good. it is your bike or you, yeah. you, you know, you've been riding and you're just the first day on Supercross, it's, it's always nerve-wracking no matter yeah. what. So. Jeez, Brock. that's Yeah, that's a lot of, like, a lot of stuff going on for you. Good good work. <laughs> well, no, it was, it's been good, though. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um it kind of reminds me of, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of start it for you. I mean, I kind of being on this team thus far is kind of being back on a lights team for me because there's four guys. Yeah. We're kind of, we're all the same gear. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me of, sure. and we're all riding together during the week. It kind of reminds me of being at pro circuit or, or star. Right. Um, my first couple of years pro. So it's kind of exciting. Um, 
Tony's awesome. He's done a good job. And I, obviously, I wasn't worried about the bike. I've seen the results. And, yep. And I know Tony, that's his priority. And that's, you know what I mean? That's, that's part of, that's, that's why I kind of wanted it to happen. So. Yeah, I mean, you look at Brayton, Malcolm, Justin. Yeah, their bikes are not holding them back. They're getting great results. Like, that's, that's refreshing as a rider, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised either if one of the reasons they really wanted you there um, is because you are a good test rider. You've done a lot of stuff. You've tested. I'm sure that they're going to lean on you a little bit to help them out, right? Well, and I think, I mean, for me, it, honestly, it was pretty easy right off the bat. Like, this might, this bike actually, for me, I was nervous about it because I've, not nervous about it as a whole, but just getting on a Honda for Supercross, I've heard some things about through, you know what I mean, through the pits and whatnot about the bike and this and that for Supercross, but I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah. and I'm enjoying it still. Right. Um, we've tested a couple times now, just, just small changes and, we're going to test next week again, and then we're pretty much done. Like, after next week, we're pretty much going to be ready to go racing. I don't know. Like, Vince, Vince to me, is a little off of you guys. Not much, but a little off. Of course, he's got the great starts. But you and Benny and Shane McElrath might find yourselves all together every weekend, Tick. It's going to be kind of well, early. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you a story from last week. I got smoked. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, you got smoked. Oh, I got smoked. I had a reality check. Um, I've had good days. I've had bad days, but um, not bad days, but mediocre yeah. days. Um, yeah. Today was probably my best day, best feeling on the bike. Um, but last week at Honda track, I got smoked. I got smoked. <laughs> <laughs> What's that like? How's that? <laughs> uh, well, obviously I know it doesn't. Yeah. For me, obviously it wasn't a big deal. I'm just like, I, it is what it is right now. Cause yeah. I haven't been really riding. It is my second full week on the bike. Like I wasn't, I wasn't stressed about it. Right. We had plenty of time, and then, um, like for instance, I've been building since then. Since Tuesday last week, uh, I had a good day Thursday, good day Friday, and then today, I, like I said, it was the best day on the bike I've had. Um, I know you talked about the bike a little bit, but you're on the 2020 model, and Vince is on the 2021. Um, how, what's that like? And, and do you have any reservations about that? Do Do you wish you were on the 21? What's that like? I'm I'm good with it. Yep. Um, there's four years of development, obviously on this kind of, basically this chassis, um, and the engine, um, I would have to say maybe the best engine I've rode on supercross on a 450 or uh, it, it competes with the best I've ever rode. Yep. Um, so I'm good with it. I mean, it's competitive. We can, we can do good on it and there's parts and there's not going to be that problem. I think that's the big concern with going to the 21. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that if Tony had four guys on the twenty one, there's obviously going to be a lot of a lot of parts needed, and I think with what's going on in the world and and with how many bikes are out there of the twenty ones, it's it's not enough to actually be secure. Right. Yeah. No. I guess that's a good point. Um. So yeah, Vince is kind of off testing and getting the twenty one, and how's he how's he like it? How's that feel for him? Do you know? You've been keeping up with that. Um. From my my perspective, I haven't really asked him, uh-huh. but from watching, I feel like it's better. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not. I feel like I see a little bit better some things that Vince is doing better than what he has in the past, okay. maybe. Right. But maybe that's because I'm closer to him too. You know what I mean? Sure. Or I, I'm paying attention just because I'm close right. by. But um, for the most part, I mean, 
we we've been doing motos together and riding together it's been it's been actually pretty enjoyable like i said it reminds me of being back on the light days um life class days and kind of being around each other a lot during the week um so it's it's exciting we were talking about you and hill at the beginning of the show uh myself rusty and trevor here and i was saying like either the the moto concepts contracts are structured so that if you're racing and you're doing well you're making a lot of money um i imagine you have the same kind of deal brock and you're looking forward to to, it's kind of like hey prove it a little bit right well, yeah, hundred percent. And I, I mean, I kind of feel like it's it's a good way to go about it. Obviously, you got to pay your bills and do, and whatnot, but it it's really benef- it's really rewarding if you go out and have a a good finish. I mean, right. you get show up money, and then you get bonuses for whatever top ten, top fifteen. I think it's different for every rider. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a weekend you can you can have a you can have a obviously you'll just get paid for for finishing where you do, and then at the end of the season, with the base salary that you get, and if you say I'm a say I'm an eighth place guy, if I calculate all the numbers for eighth place, yep, and add it up, it's 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 in the margin of where I think it should be, right. um, salary wise. So yeah. um, obviously, if you get injured, that's that's not the best, but you still have that base salary. So yep. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good way to go about it. Um, I have, I have talked to Tony before, so, but I wasn't ready for Supercross only to be honest, but with the rides that are available and where I'm at, I kind of feel like this is a good, this is a good spot for me. And from what I hear for outdoors, they may go to some and if people are doing well and doing a good job, they'll keep going, right? Like, like it's kind of up in the air, but they're going to do some. Well, yeah, I think it's a good idea because it is it is a supercross only based team but if since we have a good group of guys that could be that could be good and if they want to do it tony's yeah. on board and right. Genova's on board um but i think basically the plan is to race supercross and then whatever a month or so or maybe five races to go evaluate where all of us are at and right. if you want to go race and everybody's on the same page we're going to make it happen i think so. uh i think McElrath, yourself and benny bloss outdoors is all you guys are all like there's no weak link for motocross between you three you know what i mean like no, you're all I, strong yeah yeah no it's um yeah it's good and i actually rode the bike at elsinore the first day i rode it i did ride a couple um the tryout day i did ride it on the outdoor track and even though it was supercross suspension i had a really good feel on the bike on the outdoor track even though it was like i said supercross suspension so it's kind of exciting to to maybe see what the bike would feel like on outdoors with it set up for it um how pissed was your buddy chiz when you told him you got the rod because you were going to team up with him uh, from what i hear how how mad was chiz we we talked no we talked on throughout the whole thing i mean i kind of i mean i didn't think something was going to come up like this i thought this time i was gonna have to be fully committed and i was going that direction and i got to writing all my notes and doing the budget and doing all this stuff and then i'm like this is a lot of work i'm not gonna be able to <laughs> i mean the class is by far the most stacked i think it's been in a long i mean we say that every year we but do it we is, do say that, yes. it, it is really gnarly um if, if everybody's healthy it is a really gnarly class um and with that being said, doing it on my own, this was a blessing because now I can focus on my riding and I can do what I need to, get the rest I need to, not run from VP and Semecula to the, you know, it's just <laughs> yeah, a yeah, constant yeah. battle. So, and yeah. to do it right and have the bike that I want underneath me on my own, it's 
without without getting the budget and paying somebody to actually do all that stuff for me, it's uh, it's really really tough. No, we've seen the results. Uh, Hill, Malcolm, Brayton. I don't know why Malcolm and Hill just decided they didn't want to be there. It's strange to me. Uh, is it a factory team? No, but it's pretty damn good, and we, those riders have got good results. So yeah, like I don't, I don't see it. Like I don't get it. You know what I mean necessarily. So uh, I think you guys are all set up for some success. I really do. So, um, you know, I, yeah. yeah, and it's a good atmosphere during the week too. Right, like it's right. not, it's not the corporation. Like I'm nothing against the corporation type of team or whatnot, but it is, it is a relaxed environment during the week. So it's, it's fun. It's refreshing and. Um, where I'm at, it's 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 exactly what kind of I feel like fits what I need to to be the best I can be yep. um, coming into this year. How's our guy A Ray looking? Do we have any A Ray updates? Is the muffler staying uh, on? Do we know anything? I've seen a little bit uh, A Ray out a little bit. I mean he's he's A Ray. He's I I think that I think that this year he's going to be better on this bike. I feel like last year maybe um, like I said, the class was so stacked again last year, but like it's it's going to be tough to to make the mains. I'm not I'm not going to lie; it's not going to be easy. He well, maybe he'll de- maybe he'll be a little more dedicated this year, Tick. You know, I don't yeah. know. I, I just want to see that from him. I want to see that. No, from Ray again. I think a lot of people maybe don't understand it, but or don't see it. Maybe you do, but because you know him more more than most. But um, he works he works his ass off. He does. Like, he really yeah. does. Yeah. No, I know. So, yep. And I know a lot of guys do, but like. It's kind of cool to see the dedication of somebody that's always striving for more on on the flip side where it's kind of tough to keep going, and he mm-hmm. keeps going. Right, right. Russ, you have a question for Brock? Uh, no, uh, not really. I just uh, I'm, I'm pumped on the MCR team. I think besides the factory teams, that they're probably the, the the biggest team turnover, the most rocks. Um, obviously, Tony's been very dedicated to Michael Essie's career, which is. He's still racing and being competitive, but obviously not your level. Did you see Mike's ride in Arena Cross for Babbitt's Cowie? I didn't see. Yeah, that. that's awesome. Yeah, the eight hundred still kicking, still kicking. Did the first round already happen? I don't know. No, not no? yet. Okay. Not yet. Any any eight hundred sightings? Tick. Uh, I haven't seen him. No. Okay. Right. Um, I think I think the week that I rode the bike, he he flew back earlier that week, so oh, okay. I think he was here for maybe. A week or so, right? Um, but yeah, he flew back literally the week I think that I started riding. Tick, do you remember Rusty Holland? Do you remember? Have yes, you... I do. Uh, do you remember him fighting Brandes on the track? <laughs> Fifth time, the Coliseum. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, but I do. I do remember. I don't remember what year it was. Um, but Hangtown, when he was a private, Rusty was a privateer. He had a solid ride. I just remember okay. remember seeing. I don't remember. It was a three-digit Honda, right? Yeah, two-digit, and it was kind of a funny story, and thanks for bringing it up. But uh, through all the effort that I put into the Nationals and Supercrosses for six or seven years, I, I went back at 30 years old and outdid my best result out of the back of my really? pickup. Yeah. <laughs> Go figure. So that's probably why I raced you. I'm quite a bit older that's, than you. That's, and... exactly the, that's exactly the race I'm thinking of. And I think I, I, I um, used to be roommates with uh, Kramer Patterson. I'm sure you know who that is. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so he always talked highly of you and always pumped you up to me. So like I think that's whenever we watched that race actually. Right. So and you're like, look at this dude in a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Google Rusty Holland on YouTube and he'll come up with him fighting Michael Brandes on the track. It's fantastic. 
Sorry, Ross. I mean, look, it's great. Didn't you guys grow up? Isn't Brandis from up that way, too? He is, and, and we're actually we were really good friends. We rode for uh, MDK Moto after that, and uh, obviously it was not something that we wanted to happen. It just happened. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. first round of the season, 97. It could, it could be worse. Like, Armoridio and DeMent were teammates, and they started fighting on the track. At least you guys weren't teammates. I mean, you know, we've seen it worse. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Russ. Awful. You want me to stop bringing that up? Or? Yeah, it's all right. I just, it's kind of <laughs> ironic because that's like the, the first and only time I met Carmichael. Mitch came rolling up to me, and in fact, Brandis had whooped, like, everybody's butt on the pro circuit team like okay. three weeks prior, right? So <laughs> I finally got a piece of Brandis and – Carmichael came up and gave me respect, which meant a lot to me. He was just a kid at that point, but uh, <laughs> Mitch was pretty happy as well. So yeah, uh, yeah. So Mitch wasn't angry, like no, when you did no, that. No. Yeah, Russ filled in for Pingree twice on Mitch's team. Tick. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. for Mitch and one for FMF Honda. Oh, okay. Yep. Oh, that's right. So yeah, one one time for Mitch. I'd have. I do remember the. I do remember the FMF Honda actually, because yep. that was probably '97, right? '98. Yep, you got it. Good memory. Yep. No, I'm excited you're back in the game. Uh, always a strong rider, very smart, very talented, very committed, and uh, I think you're a great mo- mo- role model for the industry for sure. I yeah, I appreciate that. Brock, <laughs> that goes that that that's more than me getting results. You know what I mean? I I I want to take that with me when I'm done racing. Brock, Hearing something like that when means I, a lot. When I saw Justin Cooper bring his dog on the podium, I, you were the first person I thought of. You were, you I think were, that's awesome. Yeah, you. I was like, oh god, like the tickle and the dog, and there's Cooper with the dog, and there's controversy. It was great. I bet you you got hit up by, by everybody that week asking you. About yeah, it. I did. I got I got sent. Um, I mean, not that many messages, but I did get sent right. a couple text messages with with uh, Justin with the dog on the podium and said at least you weren't the only one. Yeah, see, you're a trendsetter, <laughs> right? Exactly, right. I just think it was, I think it was hilarious. You, literally, you were the first person I thought of. I was like, Brock just thanked this dog on the podium to cause a big uproar. I'm like, this guy's got his dog on the podium. So, uh, but I mean, I thought it was fine. I, I, I liked it. Holding up your dog like it was Simba. Like, I thought that was pretty cool. Like Lion King, you know? So, uh, Brock Tickle on the show brought to you by Vortex Racing. Trusted by champions, Vortex Racing components made from aerospace grade, billet aluminum to the tightest tolerances. Email Kyle at vortexracing.com to get a deal from the folks at Vortex Racing. Uh, Brock Tickle on the on the on the show. So, when do you get the Bullfrog Spas? Have they, have they told you? Is Tony Tony say anything? No, I mean, Dude. I'm. I haven't. I haven't even thought about that yet. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what do you? How are you feeling about the uh, like the three races in a week coming up in Houston? Like I know obviously you were part of the Salt Lake stuff, but what do you think about that? Are you liking that? Is it going to be weird? Are you Are you okay with it? We were asking um, uh, our first guest Savachi uh, uh, about it, and he was like wondering about riding during the week and everything else. Well, like. I'll flash back to Salt Lake, and maybe maybe you can say this or agree or disagree. Um, and then obviously Rusty and Trevor know how it is if you do go racing and fly into a place. You you fly in, you fly back home. Like you don't have no time to check out really anything. You we literally set it up to where you're flying at night, eat dinner, go to bed, yeah. race, go to bed, wake up early, get a flight, go back home. So. Right. I really enjoyed Salt Lake. Um, I mean, at the three-week mark, I was over it. Yep. Not over it completely, but yeah. I was at the point where I'm like, I'm ready to go home. Yep. But I think the way they're setting up this this up-and-coming season is, is going to be it's going to be cool because we're going to be able to enjoy um, each stop. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I think it would be good for us um, to kind of be 
be be in the town and, and stay there and enjoy it mm-hmm. and then fly back have a basically a week off not a week off of riding or anything but just yep. a week off before we race the next saturday yep so it's exciting um and i think it's a good way to go about it obviously i don't think once all this stuff cleans up that we'll be doing that all the time but mm-hmm. i think it's i think it's awesome because we like i said we get to enjoy each state or each each city and actually see stuff also for me like houston glendale and dallas are like cool places and even indy it'll be cold as balls at indy but it's a cool city like good restaurants and good stuff to do like i like all the cities i like all the cities that we're in i would say indy is one of my like like favorite cities like you said they have good restaurants nice hotels it's close to the stadium right right um and uh, yeah, that's one. That that is one of my favorite places to go. Actually, if you were like Roxon or Tomac and had the money, would you after the Tuesday race? Would you fly private to go back home and ride for two days and fly back? No, no. You don't think any of those guys would be doing that? Um, I mean, maybe some guys will. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm old enough now, and I've do do. Yes, you can maybe gain something. Yep. Maybe. But it's a, in the grand scheme of things, just <laughs> I th- I think you could you'd be fine if you just take a couple days of riding off. You got you got a whole series of race. Right. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I can see it. I just wonder what I, I mean, would... you fly when you fly to Houston, you're prepped. Like that's if you're not prepped then then you might as well, you know what I mean? It's not, you don't even need to worry about it. Right, right. No, I, like that's I, I know. Yeah. It's just stress. <laughs> well, Savachi was telling us, like, if you're riding well, you just, you'll just be good. You'll be fine. Like, just keep, keep it rolling. Yeah. Don't even bother, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Like, if you are maybe struggling with, um, like, bike setup or something like that, maybe it is a good idea to fly back for a day or two and maybe figure something out. But yeah. if, if, but, you should be ready by then um, God, you, and you would hope so. be ready for that kind of stuff. So I think that's, that would be my plan. My plan right now is to be, show up to Houston and be, be clickers away from where I need to be each race. And um, yeah. Do we, do we have any reports? History. Do we have any reports on heart raft? How are we looking at heart, uh, how's heart raft? I, had, I saw him. I okay. saw him the first time uh, Friday. How's he looking um, on the four fifties? How are we, how are we looking? He doesn't look as big as he did on a light bike. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Well, that's good. So, yeah. No, he looks good. Good. No, I mean, even even actually Max, I'll say that. Max, obviously, has raced here in the States before in Supercross. And, yep. Um, he had a – I would say he had a decent outdoor season um, for the most part. Had some really good rides there at the end. Um, and I think he looks pretty good. Like, he doesn't right. look bad. I think Hartraff could be a surprise, Trevor. Yeah. Like, I think people are not going to talk about him. Nobody's gonna, no one's going to – Talk about Brandon Hartraff coming in. And the next thing you know, he'll be like 13th, 14th guy in the main event. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is good. I would agree with that. Yeah. You know, I, I think he's... You well, know, he did have two podiums this year, right? In Supercross yeah. and then one in outdoors. Yeah. I mean, he was... Yeah. he was salt. Those races he rode good at, he was really good. I know. It was so weird because you watch him in Indiana, right? And he's and he didn't get even start one moto and he rode great. And he's a bigger guy, so getting starts was an issue. But he never rode as well at any other race like he did at Ironman. So that's part you're like, wait, can can you even get a fifth? Never mind a third, but you know, Brock. So like, it's consistency, consistency with these kids. It's 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 not always there. No, and it's and I I mean I I get it because it's the same thing in the 450 class or both classes are the same way. If you're a tick off or you have a nagging little injury or whatever the case may be, if something is off ten percent, you're you're gonna be if you're a fifth place guy, you could be thirteenth. 
I know, right? It's so funny <laughs> to, to look at the results and like all of you guys, yourself included, Brock, you're like, hey, I'm going to be a top 10 guy, you know, no problem. And then like, dude, you're like 14th. And you're probably like, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? Well, like, <laughs> I mean, I've done it in years past. I mean, for practice and supercross, I'll go out and I'll lay down a lap. And I'm like, that is a good lap. That was a good lap. And then I'll come around 15th on the pit board. I'm like, what? <laughs> you're like, I'm just going to retire right now. Like, yeah. But then, but then I have other times where I feel like, oh, that was a decent lap. I'll come around and I'm fifth or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. just one of those things. Did you have that too, Russ? Those kind of days, yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. amazing how easy sometimes it feels. It just you know right. effortless at, at times. But um, okay, we gotta stop clicking that pen because we okay. can hear it on the Sorry show. Thank that. you, no problem. But uh, obviously, as a, as a pro racer, the, the supercross yeah. always comes up quick. You know, no matter how far you're out to forecast your training and your yeah. testing and your, but the, the the weeks just seem to steamroll on, and next thing you know, it's here. So yeah. like, like Brock saying, I think. Uh, Think if you're not ready by the time the gate trade to drop the first yeah. one, it's pretty much over. Yeah, you know? you're done. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I I would imagine sometimes you're just yeah you're so frustrated that like you're like man I've had a great week of practice my my bike's good I guess I just got fifteenth you know you're like what the what 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 what, what happened <laughs> so I don't know Brock it's it's got to be uh, got to be tough to be a pro sometimes uh, put in your shoes. Well, and I know? think that's what you learn as you get older like you look at the where, why you got the 15th. And if you actually look at it and not get frustrated at yourself, you're like, okay, that makes sense. Right. Okay. I qualified 15th. I got ninth in the heat race. I had a crappy gate pick. I started 16th on the first lap and I have guys who've won main events all the way up to first in front yeah. of me. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. When you look, when you break it down, right. Um, What's the biggest mistake you've made in your career, Brock? What's the one thing, if you could go back in a time machine and, and, and in a DeLorean and hit 88, which you probably don't know what I'm talking about, but and change something, what would you do? Hmm. That's you, actually a good question. Thank you. I mean, I wish I could say something about, about my suspension, but I feel like I did something, you know what I mean? I feel like I did what I needed to when it happened, everything I needed to at the time to make it, like you mean with that JGR? Only... With JGR? No, my oh. my suspension. Like w whenever I was. Oh, you're suspended. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Yes. No, you're good. No. Uh, but like, yes, I yes. wish I could. I wish I could answer that the right way. But that would. That's like one of the only things that I could say that I truly like was like what happened here. But, you know what I mean? I don't. I still don't know that. But answer, yeah, I was so. gonna say you don't know what you took to get you suspended, that right? Caused me. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, so are you are you being are you still being thing. serious, or or do you actually know you don't want to tell somebody? Like, what, 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 where are we at? I mean, why? <laughs> there's no reason for me even even at the time of getting suspended. There's no reason for me to hold back anyways. Because I know holding I know. back was just gonna hold me back even more. No, I know what right? had happened. I just I just can't believe that. I mean, I do believe it. Don't get me wrong, but I can't believe that you can't like narrow it down to be like, hey, I think it was this. I'm gonna go test it. You know what I mean? Well, like, I have my yeah. own thoughts, but like, it's not. I can't, I don't even want to say what I believe because it's not it's not it's not a hundred percent in front of me and that's the type of dude I am to be honest. Okay. Like unless right. it's yeah. proven, I'm not gonna right. say it was this. Right, right. Okay. So and that's how kinda how I am. Um so, so yeah, what doing whatever it was that got you suspended would be the biggest mistake. But if you knew but you don't know what that was. Right. I mean there was yeah. I mean, maybe a couple things. Uh, I I do okay. I'll 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 start from the beginning. Yeah. I wish, and and when I turned pro, knowing what I know now, I wish I had somebody beside me 
that had the knowledge that I have now. Right, right. Yeah. Because I was, I was, I was doing everything pretty much Trevor, on my. Trevor I mean, and Rusty I, are I, both not. Trevor and Rusty are both nodding because I think they probably feel the same way. <laughs> you know. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like one of those things that you look at now and you're like, if you don't have that now, you're not, you're not gonna make it. Like at the level that you, if you are wanting to do this and be a winner and mm-hmm. win races and be a podium guy from the get go, like you need somebody there with you to be behind you no matter what. Do you know what I mean? No, I'm not talking about family or anything like that. I'm talking no, about yeah, a, yeah, a, pro. a coach. Right, right. A pro, yes, yeah. you need somebody there to, to guide you along the way because this, this sport is not easy. Uh, and it's yeah. a lot harder than what – it's not uh, from the – I mean, fans obviously, oh, you have the best – you know what I mean? You live the best life. But, dude, when, it, when you're in it, it's pretty gnarly. Like at the level that I've I've been through, it's it's yep. not easy mentally, physically, emo- all the above, emotion, all of it. It's yeah. not easy. Yeah. And uh, you need somebody there to to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to, and and that's when I went to the next level. So I got a trainer in '09. Um, that was my third year pro, um, and then that's whenever I started to take off. But if I could have started that two years prior, yeah. or two and a half years prior, maybe I would have not won a championship in my fifth year in the lights class, maybe I would have won it in my fourth or, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know the circumstances, yeah, yeah. but no, because I think when you're, and I'll touch on you two guys in a second. Like when I know some pro, I know like a, a, a real successful pro who just retired and told me he was around some privateer guys, some top privateer guys one time. And they were telling him what they do and how hard they work. And he was like, dude, you guys don't even, they're only working as hard as they think they are, right? Like they don't really work that hard. This pro was like, "You guys don't work hard at all." Like, here's what here's what you got to do. You know what I mean? But they had no idea. They don't have anybody. Just what you were well, saying. Well, and so. see, like that's that's another thing. It's not even so much how you work. It's like the true commitment that you have to sacrifice everything you're doing. You know what I mean? To to make it happen. Yeah, that's the part that makes it emotionally and physically yeah. and mentally hard. Training, and then obviously you yeah. got your team, right. your team on your ass all the time. You know what I mean? It's it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> your training, your food, your sleep, you know, uh, your total buy-in, right? Like your total. All of it matters. Right, <laughs> right, right. Russ, do you do, do you do you agree? Do you wish you had somebody? I I do, and luckily a guy got a hold of me that was a veteran pro, and he had a lot of. Uh, Who was that? Uh, his name was John Nelson. Oh, okay, and uh, yeah. he he won a lot of Golden State races. I know it wasn't the national level, yeah. but he was but somebody that absolutely. And he made he made uh, main events in the two fifty stuff. I mean, he was just more of a, a bounty hunter on the West Coast. Yeah, but um, he just finally got a hold of me and harnessed my energy in the correct way. Obviously, I had a lot of passion and a lot of aggression for the sport, yep. but until I was able to quit running into people and <laughs> that he said hey you want to make some money i said well heck yeah i want to make yeah. some money but yeah. uh take your hit and hammer on the head brock i mean obviously we all look for that point of security and it's it's so hard to find the correct chemistry to be honest with you, you know yeah um i've had like three guys through my career that weren't even good mechanics but i just knew that they're on my team i knew that they thought like me um, and it really made a difference in the pits. And right. once you have that confidence that you got people yep. like that in your corner, it's, and, it's a it's a big. And for you, Trevor, same thing. Like where you're just like, hey, I'm, I'm making main events, but I guess I'm working during the week, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the best I can. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, you know, for me, it was, I, I was a little bit older, I guess, when I got back involved in racing. I had taken some time off and mm-hmm. things like that, so I had a little bit different perspective on it when I got back into it, and I could kind of. 
I could kind of isolate the things that were the most important for me. And those were, I need to be comfortable on the equipment that I'm accessible to and I need to be fit. And those are, those are things that I can control. Right. And, and outside of that, you know, I, I was, I I honestly was just kind of laid low. You know what I mean? I I wasn't, I just kind of did my own thing and I would, I I put the laps in, I did my motos, you know, I'd go to the track and, you know, and, and I can say now that I I did spend the time on the bike and, um, you know, I didn't, I worked and did other things. So I, I didn't yeah. go ride and then have the ability to go home and then go to the gym or yeah. jump on the bike. So I had to pick what was important and that was being on the bike. So right. I spent a lot of time just taking two, three days a week and making sure that I did my laps. Yeah. But I know now, you know, even when I ride now, I have a different perspective on it or the way I approach the track or, you know, and I don't go nearly as fast as I used to or, or right. at that level yeah. anymore, but you understand things different the older that you get. And, mm-hmm. um, so I guess now I, I've talked to some younger kids and I think the biggest thing is trying to isolate what's important for those yeah. young kids because there's all these little deals and things that pop up that seem like the next best thing, right? But yeah. long-term, is that a good decision? And right. I think, you know, some of the amateur parents and kids, they get the, the you know, stars in their eyes, right? Like it's, it's yeah. we have to do it, you know? And it's like, well, is that, what's your, what's your long-term goal? And is that going to get you there? Right. And if not, you know, they, they, they may not know any better. Right. So if you have somebody that's around and can help point you in the right direction and maybe, you know, you can sign a one-year deal here, but maybe you're hurt, whatever, and then you're forgot about. Yeah. But so yeah. can so I take it? Stay a, here. And yeah, so yeah. can I do my yeah. own thing for another year on a bike that I really like and potentially do better, stay healthy, and then yeah. get... Use get, my suspension company I like. Exactly. Use my bars that I like. You exactly. Know, stuff like that. And right. so like, and that's kind of what I did when I was racing. So I, ha- I was fortunate to have really good contacts and... Uh, people that I had met when I was an amateur that right. were still in the industry. And when I had got back into it, you know, they were, they still helped me out, which was awesome. Yeah. And and there was opportunities for fill-in rides and things like that. But it was like, hey, bring your practice bike. You can ride our race bike or yeah, yeah, things yeah. like that, yeah, you know, and, like... and that was awesome. You know, I'm thankful to have those opportunities, but I wanted to yeah. keep riding for the people that I was associated with and yeah. what I was comfortable on. And, yeah. and so that's kind of how I approached it. So I guess in conclusion yeah. to all this, if you have somebody around that can isolate what's really important and what you need to focus on yeah. for long term, that's right, which, that's the most beneficial. Like what Brock so. was saying when he started, like if you had, had I somebody agree be, with yeah. exactly what he said makes sense. Like isolating what really matters and what doesn't is huge. Right. Yeah. Um, you know what though, Brock? I was thinking to myself, like talk about a coach and helping. Like you did that with Marshall, right? Marshall Welton, and it didn't really work out. Marshall and but Marshall's gone on to have like success up in Canada, but. You know, you were you you came from it from this is when you were uh, suspended. Like you were probably like, "Hey, I can help you, Marshall." Like, this is what I'm going to do. And did you see some of yourself in things that Welton would do? And you're like, "Hold on, hold on. Here's what we're doing. Here's what matters." Well, so what I realized when I was on that side of the fence, like, there's certain things that I used to get hounded on about practice at the races, like rolling laps, like you know what I mean, like going out first in practice that. I got beat in my ears when I was on teams, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. then I watched Marshall and he does it. And I'm thinking my, I, the, I can visualize these other teams that I've rode for saying it to me. And I'm like, it makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I did being on the other side of the fence was awesome for me. Um, Marshall and I had a, uh, had a great time. Um, it was awesome working with them. And um, I still have, I have two guys right now that I help a little bit. I have Tyson Johnson and I have Austin Black um, as well. So it's still cool to have oh, those guys around. Um, and it, it keeps it fun for me. Obviously, they're young. So um, it's it's rejuvenating to have, have, have those guys around during the week. Right. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, 
All right, man. Well, hey. Um, oh wait, we got a test. We got a. Uh, we got a call for you, Brock. Before we let you go, uh, it is Nick on one. Nick, what's your question for Brock Tickle? Hey, thanks for having me on. Um, so I'm curious just to find out about how, and maybe you're allowed to say this or not, uh, but when it comes to setting up for testing, and you guys are trying to figure out obviously what is something that's making an improvement or not. Um, is there a kind of like a really structured process for this? Um, I'm a sports scientist in professional soccer, and what I'm thinking about is do you look at, you know, if you're changing, let's say it's your first moto out there for practice, you got second moto, third moto, each one of those might have a little bit different variation in your lap times and a little bit different performance level once you kind of warm up and there's changes. And then once you guys actually make some sort of change on the bike, then when you go out, you know Moto3 should be within a certain amount of variation. And are you actually making enough improvement for it to be worthwhile and say you're actually making a difference, um, et cetera, things of that sort? Well, I think that's what's – like it's really uh, – for me, obviously, I have a lot of experience with different bikes, different teams, different testing, um, suspension. Obviously, there, it's, I have a lot of experience with different – um, testing. Um, so I kind of give my input and the goal is to have the suspension guy or the motor guy or whoever, whatever you're trying to fix. If that guy has been alongside you and learned kind of your, your feel, then you can just lay, lay your thoughts on him and you just trust him. And normally for the most part, I've been pretty lucky and relayed the message, um, the right way. I think that's, that's where a lot of riders maybe struggle is relaying the message to the staff to, to go the right direction. And obviously with racing, um, this is, I think this would be my 14th year actually racing. So we know what the track's kind of going to develop. Like we know what the dirt's like at most of these stadiums. Um, so we kind of, we kind of have, I have like a notebook, like a notebook in the back of my head of what I've done in the past. Um, so it kind of, it's all off of feel and off of what my comments are to, to go the right direction. Mm, right. And then, I mean, have you guys thought about that in perspective, too, to then maybe how, you know, if you look at, let's say you're always finishing, like you guys were talking about earlier, you know, like you thought you were doing great, you're 15th, you're 14th, whatever, um, and that kind of becomes a staple. And have you looked at trying to figure out whether or not there can be a difference or what is the difference that you need to actually make up and whether or not that's something that's just bike specific or um or if that's actually something like it's a really large change which means it might be rider and bike specific not just a small change on the bike to you know change a couple tenths here or there well i think that's what's important too like as a racer like if you can just be brutally honest with yourself with whether it's you or the bike you're going to be better off at the end of the day so i think that's what's important when you're dealing with that like you're saying you got 15th that night well yeah i was 15th in practice i qualified ninth in the heat i had 18th (laughs) gate pick like all that adds up to be 15th like praise praise jesus brock i couldn't agree more (laughs) you have to be honest you just have to be honest yeah i mean it's not oh well yeah my bike sucked you can't that doesn't really i mean maybe your bike could have been better throughout the day and then you could have qualified better but that's something you have to be honest with yourself about. If your bike w- wasn't the problem, then 
the problem was you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think yeah, in my enough. experience, Nick, like with testing wise, in my experience as a mechanic, I really like what the guys are doing now. Whether it's Trey Kennard or Ryan Morris or um, whoever are these different teams running through some stuff, and then they're they're they're, they're, they're presenting the riders with hey, here's your options. Here's three options that work. Because in my experience, testing with these guys day in and day out, everyone gets lost and everyone loses their, their focus a little bit. You know what I mean? So I like that. Yeah. As a, as a hey, hey, listen, these three options are the best three, and you pick, and we're going to go racing. And, and, that's, that's, and that's it. You're right. Yeah. I mean, at RCH, Ivan did, did that for us, and it made it easy. Like, yes, it wasn't the perfect bike when I got on it, but it was a solid bike, and then you tweaked it from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there was package A, package B. Dude, you we used to. What you want, we used to, from there. We used to go to the Yamaha track and change. Here's four fork settings. Here's three triple clamps. Here's a two front tires. You're like, bro, like we're off. Like we're losing these guys. It's it's. It, we started with traction. We have no traction now. Like we're lost. You know what I mean? Just well, that's another down. thing with all yeah. that stuff. Like you're saying. <laughs> If you're there from nine until three in the afternoon, you're losing the rider. I'll be honest. Yeah, you're gonna, totally. By three o'clock, you you've lost the rider. Yep. No, I agree totally. So that to me, I love what the teams are doing now with some of the teams with like here's a here's a base setting, and we're not going off far off of this, you know. So uh, thanks, Nick. Thanks for the call. Yep, take care. All right, thank you, uh, Brock. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, really no worries. Appreciate it. Good luck with everything. I'm sure I'll be texting you for some info here and there. Uh, and yep. uh, and your mechanic is Nick? Is Foot Nick? Yeah, Nick, yep. Uh, you got to call him Foot Nick. I heard that from somebody else who told me to say that, too. Yes, his name's just Foot Nick. Just call him Foot Nick. It's fun. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's he's been awesome at the track, too. Laid back, and I think it's a good fit for, right. like I said, everything Everything for me is in a good position for for me to be happy and enjoy enjoy my time. Right. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks very much, Brock, and we'll talk soon, man. Thank you. Yep. See All you guys, right. Trevor thanks. and Rusty. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right. Good luck. Thanks, man. Rusty Holland. He knew all about you. Who's his roommate? Who was that guy? I was what? trying to place it. It's all such a blur at times. What era? <laughs> what year? And I always ask people, what song was out that year? Or what, you know. Too many concussions, Russ? I wouldn't say that, but I was in the game a long time. So. Right, right. Uh, anyways, uh, Brock Tickle brought to you by VortexRacing.com. Thanks to those guys for coming on board. Hey, Trevor. Yeah. Do you know there's a real option for riders to avoid cleaning an air filter ever again? I do. Do you, do you really? I do. Imagine an alternative way that eliminates the time and chemicals required to clean and oil your filters. Could imagine. you imagine a company like that? I could imagine. What would it be called? ProFilter. 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 ProFilter.com. Pulp 20 at checkout to save with those guys. Throw th sold through Power Sports dealers nationwide. You can easily pick up a pre-oiled, ready-to-use premium air filter, oil filter for your next service. Air and oil filters for dirt bikes, street bikes, side-by-sides, and everything in between. Russ, you don't even got to clean filters anymore. If you just get ProFilter. I've cleaned a lot of filters. Dude, you don't need to with ProFilter. It's fantastic. How's that been going? Has it been growing? Has it been, yeah, been doing yeah. well? I yeah. Mean, uh, yeah. Th this year's been been crazy. I mean, not not only for ProFilter, but but Maxima as well. I yeah. Mean, um, you know, everybody's seeing some growth and things like that in our industry, which is great. But, um, you is know, it? with with all that success, there's challenges, too, yeah. with inventory, inventory and things yeah. like that. So Maxima's a little bit unique in the fact that we manufacture, bottle, yeah. we blend. We do everything right there at our facility in Santee. So if we have raw materials, we can keep up with demand. Yep. Uh, ProFilter's a little bit different. So that stuff's all, you know, outsourced overseas. Have you seen side-by-side -side stuff just 
Oh, it's blowing through the roof. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. insane. And, and we've done a good job in, in, uh, finding our place in these segments, you know, side by side being one with yep. oil change kits. And now with pro filter, um, you know, when I came on board, one of the projects that I kind of took on was expanding the oil filter side. So, mm -hmm. you know, originally we had just eight cartridge filters. They were just for dirt bikes. Yep. Uh, now we're upwards of 80 SKUs in total. So we've got spin on filters for you oh, know, you do. V twin, oh, watercraft, yeah, yeah, street yeah. bikes, everything. So yep. you can buy a, a Maxima kit that has all Maxima branded products. Yep. Uh, so it's an oil change in a box, essentially, right. for, for the side-by-side -side guys. So, yeah, they um, love that, right? But, yeah, the filter, yeah. Stuff's, filter stuff's been great. You know, the, the ready-to-use is is kind of our, our bread and butter. Right. It retails for ten ninety five. so uh, the price tag's, you know, it's eye-catching to the consumer. Yep. Um, it comes pre-oiled with Maxima FFT. We have a lot of success with that product. It's a great product. Uh, gloves in the package, so you tear yeah. it open, throw the gloves on, throw it in the bike, dispose of it when you're done, change it out with another it's fantastic. one. So, so, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a great product for and us. And I love the Yamaha, where you don't got to put your hand deep in there and get it all dirty or anything you yeah. just you just you know just the yamaha filter is fantastic yeah. and we did some stuff uh with that new yamaha filter we put a, a plastic grommet in there yep. that actually raises the middle of that filter because they were having some issues with it with sucking the dirt in, pulling right, yeah. in the middle and then yeah. actually sucking some dirt so um you know we, we approach that brand the same way we do with maxima you know we yeah. want to develop great products continue to evolve and and make sure we're on the front end of manufacturing and things like that so uh, it's a it's a it's a great brand and it's it's gained a lot of traction in the last Pulp few years. Pulp twenty at profilter.com to say with those guys, yeah, I, I love them. I use them in my Yamaha YZ four fifty. It's great. Uh, all right, let's get to our next guest. He's a regular here. He's from Fly Racing, flyracing.com. It's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? What's happening? So you and Russ, teammates, teammates. We were. Who we knew? Were. Tough Cowie. This isn't JT's dark period. He doesn't want to speak about these times very often, Russ. But he couldn't get a ride. He had to go do arena cross for, for money. And then he got hurt in that. And then he had to go to Canadian Nationals. And then he, he rightfully went back to Supercross and Motocross and found success. But for a while, JT, you had a dark period in your life where you had to go do arena cross and Canadian Nationals. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because I raced arena cross at the end of 02. And 02 was actually uh, a really good year as far as my riding. I just kept getting hurt. So uh, arena cross at that time, you know, that was, uh, part of the like, golden era, you know, and, yeah. and Josh Demuth was taking the reins over for that series and won a bunch of championships in a row. And there was a lot of money to be made, uh, which I'm sure, you know, you guys have probably talked about with Russ, but uh, I, you know, I'd raced in Germany some and I'd raced regional arena cross stuff. Um, so it was just one of those things where I wanted to kind of give it a shot. And um, yeah, team green uh, tough there gave me an opportunity and, ended up not being the right direction for me, but it's one of those things where I, I learned a lot and it was something that I'm glad I did just because, you know, you, you never want to leave any career without with having any regrets. And I got to go do that. And, and I, you know, I got a podium or two in there and, um, but just such a great learning experience too. Did, did Russ teach you how to take anybody out? Was he maybe running down the finer <laughs> points of it? You know, it's funny is, is, uh, Russ, you were an aggressive I, rider, Russ. I mean, you, you, oh. <laughs> to say the least. Oh, thank you, it's JT. He's been shaking his head at me all night tonight. It's like, oh, Russ, you were aggressive. You can't. There's no way to deny that. But it, the great thing was I was on a team. So right. I felt like I was not going to be a target of that. And I was very, very thankful for that. <laughs> uh, I oh. saw him do things to other people that I was literally like my mouth was my like, jaw was on the floor <laughs> at how hard he would hit people at times. Russ. Uh, well, and you and I never had a run in though, right, JT? No, thankfully yeah. we were on the same team. Yeah, we and I, were. I felt like I was immune to that. Yeah, and what was really weird about the arena cross stuff? I, I mean, of course there were some incidents, a lot, a lot more <laughs> mistakes more than intentional. Oh, mistakes! <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
But right. uh, <laughs> it, uh, Read Across for me was just a little bit different because it was such a, a tight unity of, of people like the Moose said on, a couple weeks back on his podcast that it was hard to really be sure against your competitors when after the race, I mean, most of us were guys that have been in Supercross and Nationals yeah. for years. And we all had the utmost respect for each other. But, uh, you know, if if there was somebody that we that I felt that deserved it, I had no problem trying <laughs> to give it. And uh, did you did you end up getting all your money from Tough and everything? Russ? I did. Yeah, yeah David okay. Alec is uh, still a great friend of mine, yep. a great ambassador of the sport. Obviously, he had you know lots of teams, Tough Racing, yeah, Tishner to Alan King, Tishner, Keith Bowen, yeah, exactly, yeah. And, and JT Money. Right. Um, do you remember one and comes to mind in all JT? For Russ, do you, do you, do you, have any? you know the the funniest thing about Russ, and Russ is such a unique guy and such a just a great personality. That's and he just has a way about him that you don't come across all the time. And you have to remember, I was pretty young at the time; I was 22. And you know, I, Russ and our teammates, and back then, you know, you're sharing rental cars and stuff, and people are sharing hotel rooms, and you just you spend a lot of time with your teammate, even if you don't know them. And I remember calling Russ or he called me or whatever, trying to sort out something. And, and I don't know if he still does this, but when he would get off the phone, the last thing he would say is don't die. And I was like, <laughs> the, the first time he told me that on the phone, like I, I, I'm, I hung up and I'm, I'm even getting caught up in it now. I was like, I, I think he just told me to not die. <laughs> and then jump in there <laughs> like i was so blown away at that i was like did he just tell me to not die i mean i appreciate that yeah but i've never heard anybody ever say that before well you know calvin and levick right the western power sports yeah, guy of course. yeah yeah so him and i kind of came up with that and obviously um <laughs> being stressed out day in day out at these supercross races i mean it was something obviously that crosses your mind at times so it was kind of a lighthearted way to say, take care of yourself. You know, hey, go break a leg, you know. Don't die. Don't die, right? <laughs> <laughs> we covered it earlier, JT. I don't know if Russ ever did this to you, but when I first met him, like, in the late 90s, I'd be like, how are we doing? He'd be like, Russ is good today. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right? Russ is big on the third person. Big on the third person, third Russ. Third person description. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, I, mean, I miss the good old days, JT Money. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny is Russ was aggressive on the racetrack, but you come across anybody that is back from that time, and they're going to have the best things to say about Rusty Holland. Right. That, that's just a fact, um, and that's that's a great way for people to to remember you. And it, I think, it serves you well moving forward the rest of your life when yeah. people think of you and remember you like that. No, I'm saying back to you. You were uh, very enjoyable, very professional, and uh, had a g great work ethic. And uh, okay. I'll, never, I'll never forget number 54 that year. Russ, was there a takeout in Arena Cross that even you think you went too far on, where you were like, oh, yes, that was bad? Yes, but at the same time, it was justifiable. <laughs> <laughs> well, who was the rider? Bradshaw. What? Yeah. You took out Bradshaw? Yes. Oh, I should kick you off the show right now. I mean, he's, he's a fucking legend. <laughs> you took out Damon. Yeah, well, to make a long story I short. I mean, Damon's been known to be a little aggressive himself. I know, and I was a big fan as a kid. And it was a hard thing for me to do, but uh, <laughs> he came in and screamed at my, my buddy Chad Johnson, which was on our team on the, on yep. the Honda days. And uh, Chad was such a lighthearted young kid. I think he was 16 at the time. And uh, I, I just didn't want to stand for it. And you know he came in and kicked bikes over and yeah. got, got in my mechanics face all the mechanics oh, wow. faces yeah 
So I just felt like it was my obligation to, to, to try to give something back because obviously we weren't in his pits. But in the pits or on the track, you waited till you went on the track? I waited till we went on the oh. track. Yeah, yeah. But he came and attacked right, Chad Johnson right. and the team between races. But uh, not something I'm proud about. But again, it, it <laughs> you have to fight fire with fire. If you're just going to sit there and take it, you're, you're going to get So what, just T-bone? Off, fly off the track, like what? Yeah, it was pretty much a 180-degree turn, and, mm -hmm. and I stopped about a quarter of the way in and made a, a sharp left, and <laughs> we met up at the end. And If I remember correctly, he flew into the mechanics and into the starting gate. And, but, <laughs> wow. But uh, anyway, the, the, I one time got in it with Doug Henry as well. He slammed me so hard, and so I gave it back to Doug Henry, and he started screaming at me after, after the race, and I, and I was a fan of Doug Henry too, and I didn't even want <laughs> to yeah, look back, and I'll never forget Doug Henry just gave me thumbs up. You know, He was like, I gave it to you, and you gave it back, oh, okay. and it was, it was just a, a cool thing. Oh, so he was like screaming like good race. Yeah, more, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sorry that happened between Bradshaw and I, but again, uh, <laughs> you weren't quite there yet, I don't think, JT. I think you were there. No, no, and, and honestly with Damon – you know, he gave it out so much. If you're going to dish it out, you have to be, you have to understand it's going to come back. Like that's, yeah. just, that's just part of it. I think he knew that. And, I think Damon understood that because he talks about these races with Stanton where they would go at each other and he's like, yeah, it's great racing, you know? Yeah. Put so, your mic up on Russ. Okay. Um, yeah, so JT, you got hurt, right? In that arena cross year, you didn't make the end. Uh, I got hurt at the beginning. I got oh, hurt at the oh, first okay. round in Des Moines. And then uh, I came back like the middle of the season race some did okay not very well and then uh before that season ended i got that offer to go race back in supercross and it just felt like the right move for me mm -hmm. um you know my heart was wanted to be back in supercross and when that call came i was like yeah this this just feels right and clearly it was you know with how things played out yeah um so you yeah, had to leave a few races early and and thankfully team green and dave and everybody were cool enough and they knew like you know i wasn't enjoying it and i wasn't you know lighting the world on fire either so i think it was mutually beneficial for everybody russ is that the time where you made the most money in arena cross you think or no, no? That, probably it was it was the two years prior on bill's uh bill's pipe suzuki's with billy whitley and oh, okay. with, with tough but no uh, but in arena but in arena cross your arena cross time was when you made the most money like, yes yeah yeah yes yeah. not um, those years that, but, and, yeah. and i think two years of contingency just hitting local races um what was your best finish uh your best national number uh jt uh, I had 31 twice. I almost had every number in the 30s. That's but I had awesome. Six, I had 16 national numbers, so That's I had a lot awesome. of them. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> Trevor, did you ever do any Reno, Reno arena crosses or anything? Never. Never, never arena cross. No, no. Never did any of that. No. Oh. Um, like at the time when when I raced Supercross, you just had to do, uh, there was like pro-ams yeah. to then get your outdoor points, and then you could get they, it like carried over for both essentially. Right. So there was no futures. There was no, you didn't have to do arena cross prior or nothing like that. Yeah, so yeah. never did any arena cross. Oh boy. Hey, Hey Russ, did you ever race? And, and I'm, the name's escaping me for what they called them, but there was a series up in, in NorCal that, you know, Tyler Evans and Pastana and you and all these guys would race. And I just heard the most legendary stories coming out of those races. And they would just be money races on the weekends. And you guys would just be killing each other at these races and i the name of these races is, I, I could call daniel blair or somebody and they would tell me right away sure um, it was it was the bounty hunter series and, and there you go it, yep so uh actually the hep motorsports owner aaron pipes and dustin pipes and dustin obviously was a young kid at that time but uh aaron pipes was a big ambassador of our local area area of uh of racing and i 
I didn't start racing till I was 12, but having those types of races in a stadium environment, of course it wasn't Supercross, but it, it just really prepared me for the time that I did get to Supercross, even though of such uh, a hazard. But, uh, but yeah, there were just some phenomenal battles. I mean, if you won the night, I mean, they used to have this dash for cash where the slowest guy would be in the front and the fastest guy would be in the back. Well, that, I mean, sound, that sounds exciting. It was exciting. <laughs> but, I mean, at times, like I said, there was Dean Matz and Rick Ryan, Butch Smith. You know, I mean, the, the name just kept going on and on yeah. that were there to get the money. But, uh, no, it was, it was a great time, and it, it, it gave a lot of people in that area a lot of experience. It would be great for us to have something like that back in the area someday. So how many laps would it be, or what, what was the th- format of this thing? It, I think it was like 15 to 18 laps. Okay. And uh, basically the way it was set up is if you were the fastest guy in the back, he would pay you for each passing oh. maneuver you made. So okay. So you didn't necessarily have to win. Yeah. But the goal was is they would auction the riders off before the race. Yeah. So yeah. if you did win, you got to split the purse with the guy that bought you from the stand. So oh. there was always incentive to win. Dude, that's awesome. That's a, yeah. that's that's a great cool. idea, yeah. yeah. And and let me tell you what. Some guy going, I got Rusty Hall, and he is going to kill everybody out here. <laughs> well, and it wasn't just me. I mean, there was brutal stuff happening. I mean, I was just part of the show, you know. <laughs> And I mean, every, I feel like it's like running man. Exactly <laughs> yeah. what it was. But uh, after every race, like literally, you'd look in the grandstands, and it was just like a sea of people were trying to get out of a burning airplane, right? To, Jesse they, Ventura jumps out behind with a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying I to got get buzzsaw. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, you know, and, and you know how I kind of learned about that. Um, I had heard about it a little bit, but Tyler Evans and I, and, and obviously rest in peace, Tyler. But yep. uh, we had just so many run-ins we were the same age and i raced him for years and years and we just had all these run-ins all the time especially once we turned pro and um i was always on the losing end of it because he's, he's you know tyler's a big guy yeah, he's, he's really like six foot at, six foot two and he's ripped right yeah yeah so finally you know we would race in europe together and we were at dinner and you know the funny thing about tyler is he was this persona on the track and really aggressive bordering dirty at times but off off the track and away from that he was really soft-spoken right and uh we were at dinner one time in germany i'm like hey like what is the deal man like why are you always taking me out like i i don't i just want to hammer it out like if if you're coming up behind me just yell at me and i'll move like if that's what's going to happen because (laughs) i'm here to make money and trying to make money and you knocking me down prevents that from happening so whatever is going on and he's like you know and that's where he went back to he's like you know there was a series and when i was growing up i was super young i got thrown into the deep end with all these guys and it was rusty and pastana and all these guys and they would just beat the hell out of me so i don't know any different when i get into a situation where it's close (laughs) racing i just go for the kill every single time because that's what i was raised around and i'm like all right well so i'll just move out of the way then like if you're going faster than me i'll just move because he he basically just laid it on the table and said that's the only way I know how to do it. So so how much money? It's funny to hear where that came from. How much money would you get from winning one of these? Like what are we talking? What, what kind of? Well, back then, I mean, outside the 125 and 250 class, and obviously, if you were going to win the bounty hunter yeah. main event, you yeah. were competing in those other two classes as well. But uh, if if you swept the night, I mean, it was nothing like arena cross. But back then, to to be a weekly yeah. thing, I mean, we'd do it like 15 weeks uh, a summer, 18 weeks really? a summer, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, the winning guy could take home, you know, 2500 bucks yeah. an evening if he yeah. swept everything. Right, right, right. But it was very hard to do that because there was so much talent there. <laughs> Clearly. And then all of a sudden, Butch Smith shows up, and 
He just turned the world upside down. I didn't even know who this guy was. Obviously, he was a mini. He was bike. that fast, Bush oh, yeah. Smith. I mean, I know he was fast, and, but, and yeah. I guess he was a you know a mini bike phenom. Yes, he and, was. And yeah. I had never heard of him. He came from Idaho, and he he lived with a bunch of guys that I knew about thirty miles away from me. That kind of took him under his wing, but. Uh, he he made everybody else step up the game, and it was just so neat the the different people right. that would show up and make you up your game. You know what's you crazy know? is by when you were racing Ricky Ryan and Matson, I mean, they are five to seven years past their national days, and they're still racing. You know what I mean? Like yep. their 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 days are long gone. They're in the late eighties, yep. and you're and this is the mid nineties. Yep. And, and, Rick, and Rick Ryan made more contingency money one year racing the vet and the pro classes than any factory rider had made all season long i heard yeah really yep wow yeah crazy money that's cool though that was good so you guys are just going around weekend to weekend and trying to kill each other yeah, yeah. rick ryan was so good he didn't really need to touch anybody but uh, everybody else was trying to slit throats <laughs> ricky ryan was, was still that idea. good huh yeah that's crazy he was 35 34 years old probably that point yeah right and am he, i right he always had some european ignitions or big bores and i, <laughs> I didn't have any idea what was going on right <laughs> I mean, obviously he was very talented, but with, yeah, the exper- yeah. with the experience he had with the bike builds, right? He uh, he he always had a good solid package, yeah. and he had a wind up to the season that you just knew when he was going to start coming on point. You yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Jason Thomas, FlyRacing.com. Please check him out on the web. The Formula CC helmet, brand new for this year. Uh, all of the regular Formula features, uh, all the safety features, just a little different shell at a little different price point. So Formula CC doing well. The Formula helmet itself, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and please check him out the full line of 2021 gear as well. Zach Osborne winning the championship in Fly Racing. And that's not a coincidence. You wear Fly Racing, you win 450 national championships. Uh, FlyRacing.com for more information on that. Also, I want to thank the folks at Firepower, uh, firepowerparts.com, whether it's the batteries, whether it's the chains, uh, a lot of riders out there using Firepower, Featherlight lithium batteries, of course, great chains, uh, Ben LeMay, Gopher Dunes Honda, Chiz, A-Ray, uh, a number of riders using the firepowerparts.com uh, out there. So please check those guys out as well. We thank them for coming on the, on the show. Uh, great products from those guys, firepowerparts.com. Follow them on social media too while you're at it. Um, JT, we were talking earlier in the show. Trevor here, main event guy many times, working at Maxima. Russ, of course, great racing career, now working for Hoosier. You had a long racing career, now you're working for Fly Racing. And the transition to giving up the racing and going for a regular job is is not easy, is it? It was easy for me. I was, <laughs> I was so ready. Uh, I was so ready to be done racing, honestly. Well, I just mean um, the more, more of my like, going in the office every single day. Like, yeah, just that yeah, part that, of it. I mean... Your lifestyle completely changes, and it's a big adjustment for sure. But, you know, what's interesting about racing is I think it teaches you so many uh, lessons and the discipline of it. And if you if you approach racing the right way, I think it teaches you the work ethic and all the things that you can take and apply those to whatever career you're looking at. You know, it, it really does give you a lot of life lessons that maybe you wouldn't get. If you just went to college and earned a, a degree – I don't think you really face as much adversity and, and all the traveling and life experience that then you can apply to real world situations once you're in, you know, in the next step of your career in the motor industry. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, you know, I think if I can think about, you know, like my most challenging days at work now, I mean, they're nothing compared to the challenges you faced in racing, right? Like yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't yeah. even compare. Right. So uh, I, I would agree with that statement that, the things that you do learn. I mean, 
It's in my. Do you opinion, mean as far as like coming back from an injury or the pressure as a racing? I, I think or? just just everything. Yeah. You know, there's so much that that goes into it. Like he's talking about the travel and how to get here and coordinating this, especially if you're doing it on your own, essentially. Yeah. You yeah. know, and um, just trying to spend money in the right places and making sure that this is handled. And I'm going to stay here and you know, gas money to get here. All yeah. these different things. So, uh, and then and then the injury part of it too. You know, everybody's riding through an injury or they're banged up or they're healthy for a little while and they got to come back from a big injury and so all those things when you take a a desk job let's say it's you know it's yeah. your toughest day is is nothing like what your your days were like racing so yeah. um yeah Russ, same for you. Like all the things you learn racing help you now, right? Or parts unlimited when you were the rapper. Yes, and you know, luckily for my better half, my wife, and and racing, it really helped mold my temperament. You know, obviously <laughs> I was a redhead, little Spitfire at an early age. So uh, yeah, JT, did you hear that Brandes and and Rusty fought on the track at the Coliseum? Did you hear about that? Uh, I did not, but that does not surprise me one bit. It's on YouTube. Google it. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> okay, anyways. Great talking with you, Jason. I, I miss the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> it's on YouTube. What do you want me to do? I, how am I not going to bring this up? So he did not tell Brandis, don't die at the end. Of it. He probably told him to die. At the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, back to it, Russ. No, he's a he's a great guy. As you no, know. I meant your transition into working. Oh, oh yeah. just, yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's been great. And, um. Obviously, I, I played a couple different role plays. I, I was a partial limited rep for six years, and that was a little bit more nine to five, you know, orientated. And and it was great getting experience, learning that side of sales. Um, Did you cut racing cold turkey, or were you racing and doing parts? Yeah, I was racing and doing parts, but I so had to be careful not to get hurt. Right? Well, and that's like, and that's what was happening. Is oh, okay. that I didn't have quite enough time on the bike, and I was yeah. still being very competitive. I was racing the vet classes and the pro classes and, and i was doing pretty good up to about 2013-14 yep. but uh it just started getting the point where too many just incidents were happening because i wasn't on the bike enough yeah, throughout yeah. the week just things that shouldn't have happened right you know but um and parts is like wtf right i mean parts is like no hey. they were pretty cool about yeah. it they they were pretty proactive and i mean obviously i wasn't selling things at the races but you know yeah. just like jt when he rides he's promoting his brand name he doesn't ride anymore but yeah yeah you got to don't no, you No, he Jay? doesn't ride he doesn't ride I'm. Uh, that's not fair. I'm waiting on. Uh, I'm getting a 2021 Honda, so I will right. be riding soon. It's like you know, 19 degrees outside, so I'm not riding at the moment. No. Yeah. He he well, rode five times last year. Hey, I won a bet. Who rode the most? <laughs> I rode the most. You did. You did win the bet. And I bet you're still one of the fastest guys at WPS. Uh yeah. I mean, there's there's you know Cole Seabor I work with very very closely like we sit five feet from each other and uh he's definitely faster than me but that's honestly one of the greatest things about WPS is there's so many people that ride there it's crazy Danny Smith works there now totally. Brock Sellers has worked there forever uh, Austin Koba has qualified for nationals Kyle Gills has made supercross main events Cole Seabor had a super long career Gills made um, a main Gills made a main yeah oh yeah, yeah. Hey, uh man. 250 250 main yeah nice um so yeah it's a pretty impressive list of X racers we have there now. And you got Pike doing things, Bradshaw doing yeah, things. Yeah, Bradshaw. Drop yep, the gate yep. on, on WPS. <laughs> Industry race. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, it's it's definitely a, a challenge for everybody racer to be like, hey, I got to work now. I can't, you know, all the sort of quote-unquote perks of being a racer are done. Now you're working. That's it. So. I think it's a trade-off, though. I really do. Um, yes, the, you know, ha- being able to set your own schedule and, and – you know what, I'm I tired today. My body's telling me to take a day off. Well, yeah, that doesn't really happen for, you know, when you're working a real job. But at the same time, 
waking up and being like, you know what, I'm probably not going to the hospital today. Like the, the chances of me ending up at the hospital from sitting at my desk are very low. But the chances of me going and doing, you know, two or three 20 lap motos, eh, there, there's a significant chance I could end up in the hospital today. So that was a <laughs> big relief for me. Yeah. And then just, you know, this where you're not worried about where your next paycheck is coming from, you know, like that, yeah. that's a, that's a significant worry as you get older and you have a mortgage and you have car payments and stuff, if you hurt yourself and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make money for the next few months. That's not a very comforting feeling. Um, so yeah, there, there are definitely drawbacks to stepping away from that life, but I, I think it's a natural transition. I actually was, I, I felt much more comfortable in my own skin once I stepped away from it. Ross, did you ever have a race as a privateer where you were like, I, I have no money? And I need to win money this weekend or th- tonight. Oh, all the time, all the time. <laughs> Where you're like, I gotta get home, like or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you know, JT money's on on, on the spot. I mean, there'd be so many times I'd be at Supercross, and I was a fairly good jumper. I, I wasn't too good in the whoops, but you were just hoping you could do that jump 15 more times perfectly for the <laughs> night before you went home. You know. <laughs> but it was amazing how dramatic every weekend was, and God willing, it it all yeah. just went by like another day. But did uh, you make a 450 main event? Uh, never in four strokes. No. I made uh, oh, two, no, I made even two fifty supercross. Yeah, I made I think two or three. But yeah. ironically enough, like arena cross, it was really good in arena cross. Like I got to do in supercrosses, it was back in the day when they let you ride one twenty five yeah. two fifty. Well, same JT's night. the king of that, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. So needing the money and hunting the money, I I did that a few times. But on, then you would pull off, or would you finish the two fifty main? No, I would usually pull off. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you were getting paid eighteen hundred bucks just to do the start of it. Yeah. If you made the main. Yeah. You know, yep. but. Uh, they're, they're so you good. had weekends literally where you had no money and you needed the race winnings, wherever you were, whatever Absolutely. you were doing. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and if I wanted to go the next week, I needed to do that. But, you know, like I said, I, I mowed lawns for a living. I dug sprinkler trenches for my dad. And it, and right. it made me realize real quick that I that I was going to try my best at racing and put everything I had yeah. towards it, you know. And um, just like talking to Brock Tickle earlier, it's it's what you're willing to sacrifice on the moment and, yeah. and every every breath of every day on what's going to create the outcome right right jeez what a life i mean i had that as a mechanic where i had no money but i knew at least i was getting paid on friday i didn't have to you know what i mean like yeah like you know i had those weekends where i'm like well i need to get except, except when i worked for when i rode for motor or when i worked for motor triple x those checks didn't always come but besides that yeah. yeah that's that's the crazy thing like you can work really hard you know and, and now if you have you know you work for a great company like i am blessed to and i'm sure rusty's in the same situation and trevor sounds like too uh, I know if I go and I work very hard and I do a good job, I'm going to get paid at the end of you know our pay period or whatever. With racing, you could go and you could try your ass off and work really, really hard, and not only would you not get paid, but you'd also get you know a, a cast for your efforts, right? <laughs> Have a trip to the ER for your efforts, right? So it was right. such a it was such a relief to like wake up and like, so you're telling me that as long as I come in and I give you all my effort and I do a good job that I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. No problem. Yeah. Like, sign me up wow. for that. You know? You've been burned JT by many sponsors over the years. I mean, I got burned by different teams. I remember being down to like my last hundred dollars and just being like, I hope I get paid. And then I wasn't getting paid. And I, I, I'm like, I got no money. I got to call mom to get money. You know what I mean? Like I literally can remember yeah. those days where you're just like, I, yeah. you know, Birdwell was great paid me all the time some other teams not so great you know so you're just like oh god what a loser i am i got no money you know so you're lucky we're on the velvet touch team <laughs> I, I think it uh i i can honestly say I like objectively that. watching 
your career, Steve, as you've, you know, this thing has grown, this Pulp MX thing has grown. I think those lessons were instilled in you to hustle now, right? Because yeah. you, yeah. you learn to be self-reliant and you learn to innovate and, and keep pushing the envelope. And even now you aren't content, right? You're always looking for, how can I make this show better? Like when you added the, the, uh, YouTube and Facebook live portions to it this year, like that was a huge step forward. I don't think everybody's like that. And I don't think you're just born that way. I, I think those yeah. lessons are learned and they are, they are, you know, seared into your mindset because of the struggle. And you're like, I don't really yeah. want to have it that tough anymore. So I'm going to work hard to make sure that I don't have it that tough anymore. No, I mean, think um, about the things that the four of us, you on the line and, and me, Trevor and Rusty here, the things that we have done that normal people would never do, like driving all night to a race, sleeping on a couches for, for weeks, uh, sleeping on an air mattress, uh, flying across the country for, you know, something like all these things that normal people would be like, what? Like, yeah. what, what you don't get off at five or you know what I mean? Or what you're going to drive all through the night to make some race or like whatever it is. All of us have done this stuff that normal people, we just think it's normal because it's just the way we were raised and we, we did it. But I think when you look at a normal person like college education and here's my job and Saturday and Sunday I'm off and I think a lot of people are like, what? <laughs> yep. But it's all like, yep. yeah, I, that's what you do. I remember my first, my first few trips to Germany. Um, I came home with 200 bucks after a full weekend of racing, like fly over Wednesday, get there Thursday, mm -hmm. race Friday, race Saturday, fly home Sunday, you know, 8,000 miles away or whatever it is and all the risk and everything. And there were weekends that came home with 200 bucks and people were like, you, you did what? You went where for what? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I, I get it. But there's, there's a bigger goal here, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't think my end goal is not $200, right? Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to put the work in and figure this thing out. But I don't think a lot of people would be willing to keep going, right? It wasn't like I did it once and I'm like, that sucked. I'm not doing that again. Right. I just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going until that 200 bucks turned into a lot of money, you know, and that, I knew that was out there if I could, if I could figure out how to get it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Flyracing.com, please check them out on the web. JT, before we let you go here, like, what happened to Blake Baggett? What what was it like? He's just gone. Like, obviously, I don't think he's retiring. I think he got some surgery on his hand, and I think that you know, the, he wants to race again. But that came out of nowhere. Yeah, so it's a weird deal, and I'm I'm sure you know this COVID thing had some layer to it, right? And and obviously there's some disconnect between he and the team because from what I knew, there was another year on his contract. So at some point, both of them decided that they weren't going to move forward with that final year. Um, and, and it's a weird place for me because, you know, I, I'm very close friends and business partners with Forrest, the team owner, but I also represent a very large sponsor of the team with Western Power Sports and Fly Racing. So I have yeah. to kind of stay out of it and sit on the sidelines and say, okay, I have nothing to do with this. Um, you know, we support the team, and we will continue to support the team. We love sponsoring Blake Baggett and, and being him being a part of Fly Racing. So if there's a chance for that to continue, we'd love to pursue that as well. Uh, and then we just kind of let things play out, you know. So I haven't asked direct questions to anybody because I, I just kind of don't want to be involved, right? It's not my, right. it's not my situation, and I, I doubt it's probably the last we've heard of it. 
Um, you know, we don't even know if Blake's racing or where next year. So, I, to me, I have, I still have more questions than I really do answers at this point. What do you think of picking up Savachi, though? I think it was a nice replacement. You know, losing a guy that can win races is never easy. That's that's always going to be a challenge. Is, is filling that hole, especially when you have, uh, you know, really. Uh, you have sponsors that are, are contributing significant amount of money to a team, right? They're, they have high expectations for results. So when you lose a guy or, or a guy leaves that can win, everybody kind of, you know, collectively looks around going, okay, well, what's the next step here? How do we replace that talent? And, you know, this, this season has been really difficult and we see JGR go away and then Savachi's other prospects, he, you know, didn't work out, whatever happened there. I think it, it was just kind of fate for those two things to happen. Um, you know, Forrest needed obviously to fill a spot and Joey really wanted to be on factory equipment. Uh, so I, I think it was just kind of opportunity for both sides. And um, yeah, for, for what could have been a very tough role to fill for Forrest and, a, and yeah. not a lot of chairs left when the music stopped for Joey, I think it was probably the best of both worlds for both teams or I both th- sides anyway. I think if you, so go back, Go back two months ago, and there's Joey, there's McElrath. Help me out. There's uh, another guy we were talking Tickle, about. Tickle. Um, yeah, Bloss. Bloss. I think uh, there was another guy, even somebody else. Mookie. Yeah. No, not Mookie. But okay. Well, Mookie, Mookie was in the match. I know, I know. For sure. But he's obviously the, number, the first choice, so I'm going to leave him out. But okay. if, you go, if you go McElrath, the guys that were going for rides, McElrath yep. and Bloss. Hartraft, Savachi, yep. uh, uh, Tickle. Joey's the best guy to me. Trevor? I, I think recently on paper, yes. I think it's the best guy. Do you think or, he will do the best, or do you do you have somebody else that you... Out of those guys? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can... Okay. I mean... Waffle, he's been waffle, he's been waffle, pretty quiet. He's been pretty quiet, right? <laughs> right. Since he's got on the yeah, bike, like yeah. I haven't even seen him ride yeah. the thing. So, yeah. um, but I do know that he he gets good starts. Right. Um, he'll be in shape. Yep. And would I be surprised to see him up front? No. Yeah. So, Russ, what you about can make you? a case for Shane. I think. Yeah. What about you, Russ? I think you can make a case for Shane. I I would agree with that as well, JT. I mean, obviously a very strong rider. I felt like uh, obviously he was. Really good on the Yamaha 250F, but I think he's a very strong rider. I mean, Savachi obviously has proven. You know, he's he's got more to offer, I feel. I think that the, the mat's been swept out from underneath him a few yeah. times more than he wanted, but I also think that there's inspiration there. So between those two guys, I'd probably say that was it. Yeah. So, Savachi you know, and yeah. Yep. I, I think it's going to be very interesting to see which Joey we get because – I was very high on Joey, and I felt like he got a raw deal. Not not necessarily on purpose. I, I don't think that Monster Energy Kawasaki had any you know nefarious intention. It was just they had this Adam Cincerillo guy coming up, and what are you going to do, right? And obviously, putting Adam on the team was the right move. But the year that Joey put in was certainly deserving of a continuation, and yeah. he didn't get that, right? He was he was forced to go elsewhere and then he was not able to back those results up at all. So that had to be tough mentally. And I'm sure Joey felt slighted, but you know, again, I, I don't think Kawasaki had any ill intentions at all. You know, they, they had supported them at Mitch's team before they brought him onto the factory team. He delivered. He, I think he exceeded expectations went on his year at Cowie. And unfortunately it was just bad timing. 
that, that Adam was coming behind him. And he probably knew that. He probably knew unless he went on one races, it was going to be very hard for them to fit him into that, that yeah. truck and keep him. So I, I think this is a, a great opportunity for him to bounce back. He's on a great bike. We've seen what that bike can do with lots of riders on it. Uh, so if I'm him, I try to take all that motivation and just the uh, – I'm sure it would, there were very dark days this past season and a lot of frustration and use that as motivation to prepare myself for the 2021 season and really rekindle what could have been, you know, leaving that uh, that 2019 season. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. And, and uh, he's got, he did it once before, and that's a better bike than the JGR, and he's healthier than he was. So everything's working – looking better for him you know so yeah it's, it's a it's a race winning caliber yes. bike you yeah. know i think everybody could agree on that so for him that has to be a very um you know he has to be very optimistic knowing like okay yeah i'm on the same bike as as webb and all these guys yeah osborne similar right they're all right, on, right. on a similar platform that's that's a pretty nice place to be for sure uh all right jt thanks for the uh thanks for the call in fly racing flyracing.com please check them out on the web Great guys down there at WPS. Thanks, man. Okay, guys. Rusty, don't die. Hey, you also. Later, JT. <laughs> <laughs> All hey, right. That's Jason Thomas, everybody. Motorsport.com, Fly Racing, Race Tech Suspension and Engines, Vortex Racing, Roost MX, X-Brand Goggles, Michelin Starcross 5, Maxima USA, Skosh, Pro Filter, Firepower Batteries and Chains, Vertex Pistons, FMF, Atlas Neck Brace, Chase Sexton winning a championship with the Atlas Neck Brace this past year, atlasbrace.com. Uh, Works Connection, OGO Power Sports, Get Data, Guts Racing. Guts guys are great. They're NorCal. Yep. Do you know Andy and everybody at Guts? I do. Yeah. I, yep, I used to race them in the 80 class. And uh, Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So Jamie, his dad, and Ben, his brother. Oh, um, I didn't know that. You go that far back. Okay, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. people. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and great company. Great product. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, especially they have... They have a lot of good materials, and they back a lot of great teams, you know. Uh, Get Data, Guts Racing, Art of Sport, WUSA. Love John Anderson, everybody down at W, uh, providing wheels for seemingly half the riders in the pits. And, of course, as John was on the show a few weeks ago talking about that Edge set of wheels. So if you're looking for a set of wheels and you're like, ah, I can't afford wheels, too much money, look at the Edge set of wheels. Ride Engineering, Intense Cycles, Works Chassis Lab, all on board with us as well. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. Upload your resume for free. The first and only job board built specifically for the motorcycle industry. As again, looking for employees and candidates, looking for employment opportunities. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com. The job of the week, something Trevor may be slightly familiar with, and you may be working alongside him if you get this said job. Marketing manager at Maxima Racing Oils. Full-time job. Uh, Looking for a marketing manager. Santee, California, El Cajon, San Diego area. Uh, and uh, full-time job, marketing manager. So this is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this is a definitely. big whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with, with the segments we're involved in, and, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's a big undertaking, definitely. So From uh, concept to implementation, the marketing manager will work cross-functionally with members of the design, sales, and product teams. That's you. That's me. To support company goals and objectives, has responsibility for drafting and executing the marketing plan, owning project management, and designing implement, implement, implementing both consumer and business-focused creative plans to ultimately drive revenue and growth for the brand. So if this person gets hired here, Trevor, as a marketing manager, on MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, you can read there for more information, can they pull my sponsorship? Can they be like, hey, we don't want to market with PulpMX.com? Like, should I be careful of this person? I'll fight for that one. I won't let that one happen. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. MotorcycleIndustryJobs.com, Maxima USA Marketing Manager. Please check that out as well. Uh, we were upstairs talking about... Travis Marks pulling a backflip. Yep. And we talked about Randy Richardson. Yep. 
And you guys are like, love Randy Richardson. Well, yeah, very impressed both those guys did backflips. They did. And so talking about Randy Richardson, the Michelin tire guys, motorcycle.michelinman.com. Starcross 5 range available for uh, riders 50cc and up, of course. Uh, the Enduro Extreme tire. It's a winner of the Erzberg Rodeo. They got the Power 5 tire, which is the ultimate performance in wet and dry conditions for the sport bike rider. And also, the Michelin uh, Commander 3 Touring tires are amazing when you talk about the cruiser stuff. Uh, they're absolutely the best out there. They crush it with these. Uh, so if you're a, a cru cruiser tire guy and you need one, Michelin uh, Commander 3 Touring tires slash Commander 3 Cruiser tires are fantastic so motorcycle.michelinman.com uh mountain bike tires as well we went our bikes today had michelins on them out there so uh they got the e-wild and uh and everything else going on with the folks at michelin i got some dh uh 32 downhill tires on one of my mountain bikes so it's fantastic michelin uh motorcycles follow them on uh, on facebook too They're speaking of randy richardson uh speaking of uh michelin and bicycle tires it's the host of the wrap-up show dark side what is up how are you Doing good. Glad you're back. It's been a couple of weeks. Been a couple of weeks. You've been, you've been missing us? <laughs> it's kind of nice to have some time off, to be honest. Oh, boy. Here we go. You know, you just don't have the work ethic nowadays, these kids. They just don't have the work hey, ethic. Hey, man, I did, I did a show last week for myself. I, I mean, I don't know where you were at. The, the Pony Pod came out? Yeah, the, the Pony Pod was on, man. We had Brock. We, you know, all the questions you asked tonight, we've already answered. Oh, you had Tickle on last week? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I would I, love I for someone. That... I would love for someone to actually break down the two interviews. And then yeah, right. mine would be so much superior. It, it just eh, you asked a lot of the same questions. I kind of felt like you might have been listening to the Moto X Pod show. I do not listen to the Pony Pod. Uh, <laughs> could Trevor go on the wrap-up show this week? Uh, well, if he wants to bump Randy or A Ray. Oh boy, Oof. big shoes to fill. Big shoes. Yeah. Can you shoes. do it? Do you want to do it? Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, All right, he's going to bump one of them. So let's <laughs> okay. bump. Let's bump A Ray. Ooh, you want to make everybody mad? Whatever, yeah. what, it's it's whatever Dark Side wants to okay, do. Okay, whatever the Dark Side wants to do. See, because Trevor, he's in the show. He's been, yeah. you know, like it's really good. To, you know, you can talk about the commercial breaks or all the stuff that you don't all ever right. do that I want you to do. You can try well, to. Well, here's it. the thing, I, and I know you're gonna not care, but the listeners that give me feedback don't like it when I have the in studio guests on that week. They're like, we've already heard what they have to say about all these topics. How does that make any sense? Wouldn't you want to talk about like, hey, uh, uh, how was the show prep and how well, how Rusty do? and how things like wouldn't that be information for the show that is good information but like, you, if i had trevor on say next week i could still ask him that and then see what he has to say about stuff he hasn't talked about already marks this is what i'm struggling with <laughs> the, the host doesn't think that the guy was in the show you pay this guy i do wow yeah it's unbelievable hmm. all right man i didn't say it was even my opinion i'm telling you this is coming from multiple oh, so the people the people in snowboard are telling you this Yes, Snowboard Nation. Do you uh, do you know what Discord a Snowboard is? Mm -hmm. you, you ever heard of it? It's like no. a site where they talk shit on the show and me and everything. I, oh, I, I yeah, so I know. I'm familiar with the site. I've never oh. been on it. Oh, I but you're, you're aware of it? Yeah. Okay, all right. Do you know what that is? No, no idea. Okay, it's like a private community where they just talk shit on me, run by the guy that I pay. <laughs> so him, he he runs runs the site where everybody just talks shit on the show and me, and then they all get together and laugh about it. You're welcome. Thank you. I was going to say. It's, <laughs> Any talk is good talk, Steve. Well, that's what I was talking about. Uh, Darkseid, did you hear about? Did you hear about uh, Rusty and Brandis fighting at the Coliseum? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been we've been talking about it here on the. In the I'm actually in the YouTube chat room. Keep them loving the stories. Yeah, yeah, it's but, fantastic. I, I get the feeling, Rusty. Are you a avid pulp listener? Uh, yes. I mean, I I keep up with his social media more than anything. You got to remember that okay. uh, I'm not really a. Uh, Russ isn't a big podcast guy. No. 
Well, the reason I ask is like I I feel like this show is full of ball busting, and I feel like like you kind of in the beginning you're like, oh, we don't need to, you know, like don't bust keepers' balls for this. But that's what we do here. That's what Steve is known for. Yeah, yeah. it's all in fun. Yeah, no, no, and I'm I'm down, and I'm getting more used to it. But uh, <laughs> right on. Uh, so, all right, Dark Side uh, and the Michelin bicycle tires. I mean, I officially got confirmation they are back in, despite you shitting all over them. <laughs> with the Maxis plug, uh, they are that, back in. So good job by salvage that. Great, shows how great of a guy Randy really is, right? Uh, I, I salvaged it. You're welcome. Oh, so, well, it was you. Thank you. Thank you. So the so the wrap-up show will be back for next year, everybody. So Russ, yeah, well, Dark Side here, the guy from Texas, he's a motocross figure well, guy. You know, Marks. Marks has uh, been. You know, we've been talking back and forth, and he, you know, he's done this, so he he feels like I need to renegotiate my price. Yeah, no, no. Uh, so, uh, Rusty, Dark Side, on the phone here. Yeah. He uh, he has a podcast in uh, Texas, the Pony Pod. He's got a ponytail. Like, I don't know why he still has a ponytail in 2020, but he loves it. And so every week he does a call-in show where people talk about this show. Okay. It's a show about a show. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Dark Side. Is the Berm Gods? This is Berm Lord. Berm Lord. Yeah, Berm Lords. Yeah. <laughs> Lords, yeah. Silence! It's, I was cracking up listening to that one. Dude, how many... I got to show you a picture of his front fender that we were like, he had, uh, he had 800 stickers on his front fender. Not quite, but you know, to make sure you don't loop out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've done that too. Yeah. 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 So speaking about Bradshaw, yeah. he crashed. He took Damon Bradshaw's bike at a, at a fly ride day. Oh, and ate shit and bent the bike all up. Oh, no way. Were you okay? No, he wasn't. No, oh, man. No. I'm sure they have the audio queued up, but, uh, yeah. 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 Long four, four ribs. Yeah. Oh, so. Um, all right, Dark Side, anything else? Uh, yeah, man. You, so you mentioned Cycle Rants, right? And uh, that's going to be fun down in Houston. Everybody needs to get on board and come hang out. That place is an awesome facility. Okay, that's, and that's, that's, live shows. that's great, but it's called Three Palms. What did I say? Oh, I said Cycle Rants. Yeah. I was thinking about the Bradshaw crash. Yes, Three Palms. God, cycle Rants is where I crash. Yeah. You're rattled right now. Three Dude, Palms. We're doing a live three show. Palms. Three Palms track uh, Friday night before Houston. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. So hopefully, I get credentials and I'll be able to come nope. down. You you pay full price. <laughs> I meant for the Supercross. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about for the show. So yeah. All right. I'll, I'll get you the. I'll get you my tickets. My my pay for the tickets. All right. Perfect. Thanks, man. All right. All right. See you guys. See you, Dark Side. Bye-bye. All right. That's the Pony Pod, everybody. Live Pony Pod Wednesday wrap up show. You're in. Sounds like it. Yeah. Uh, I want to thank the folks at Art of Sport. We're going to give Rusty Holland and Trevor some Art of Sport stuff uh, before they leave. They're award-winning products. They have more than 7,000 five-star reviews and everyone. From ESPN, Sports Illustrated, GQ, Men's Health are showing them love. All products under 10 bucks at Target.com. Learn more at Artisport.com. Kenny Roxon's involved with these guys. I've been using their deodorant. I use their charcoal body wash. Uh, I've got uh, the shampoo stuff. It's actually fantastic. They're formulated with natural botanical ingredients and keep you smelling fresh all day. I'm going to give you guys some Art of Sport. Just awesome. for showing it. Yeah, that's what we do here. Appreciate it. I've been uh, wanting to try that stuff. All right. The Arizona Open was this past weekend. It was an amateur race, and uh, we're going to get to the bottom of some stuff that we're hearing and uh, lots of rumors flying around at that about that. And to address that on the show, it's our co-host, Kiefer Inc. Testings, Chris Kiefer. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, Steve, Trevor, Rusty. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Okay. Good. First of all, before we get too far into this... <laughs> Yeah, Kiefer, you raced Russ at a four-stroke national back in the day. He says, "I wouldn't say race Russ. Russ was always way better than me. So racing is a loose term. I feel like but a couple you were, things about Rusty. Yeah. One, I was always deathly afraid of Rusty. 
Um, two. <laughs> Russ is, uh, Russ is really always, rich and he didn't do the show tonight. Why was everybody saying about how um, everyone's got everyone? Yes, everyone's got some gnarly stories, and Russ is like an alcoholic trying to avoid his past. Yeah, you know what I mean. Russ is well, trying to like de- dodge and weave that he was not an aggressive rider. I just went to a, a, a Reno Arena Cross a couple times. Yep, and and I've raced, and I was never on the level of Russ. Russ was always way better than me, but I've experienced some things while racing, getting lapped at times that Rusty would just hammer these dudes and i'm like holy shit i don't want no part of this human being ever in my life in this race it's kind of like me so, uh, you, me to you now right like i i, I don't uh, want no man, part of was... kiefer testing at glen helen no 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 <laughs> nothing at gh no. no no high des tracks nobody wants anything no nope. from kiefer but the thing i remember about rusty is like off of the track friendly smiling right. talkative Happy. like just yep. a normal dude like just cool as hell you know and then on the track if that if that spot in front of you was 10 20 dollars more that it was over for you i just remember i i was good friends with casey johnson and casey would always say and we'd be driving up to these races and i think i drove up with casey and, and watson one day and he's like god i hope holland's not there so I'm like, you really scared of Holland? He's like, dude, Rusty is goes ape shit at these races, and he's crazy. <laughs> the good old days, Kiefer. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah it was Kiefer, good. do you think we Russ and I were talking today uh, while we went to Firehouse? By the way. Um, oh, okay. We were talking. Do you think you're faster now than you were back then? Yeah, for sure. Right, right. Like you at you uh, at Racing Pro, like you know, younger, stronger, right? But yep. you're just better now. It's it's crazy. I think I'm better now because my life has calmed down. I ride more. Yeah. Um, I'm not looking to try to do something with my racing career, you know? Right, right. And um, for me, like, and even I do this today with my kid. I, I use my racing as work ethic to kind of, like, help me in my career, whatever it would have been, you know, later on down my life. So right. I just tried to work hard and do what I can, but... Um, for sure, man, my life is just way mellower now. And I think I just, I learned a lot over the years and I just ride way more than I did when I was supposed to ride a lot more back in the day. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Like Russ said, nobody so. wants anything to do with Kiefer right now. High des tracks or, or no, and, and, and very inspirational just to go show, to show people the work ethic and the, and the passion for the sport. If, if it doesn't really matter the age, I believe, I mean, of course, God willing, we we're still healthy enough to do what we like to do, but, uh, Huge testimony to guys like you and and even Swan. I mean, you guys blossomed to a whole new area. You know, once you guys hit thirty, and uh, that's because you love the sport so much. And you're still. And what here. about Brownie? Oh, legendary! Just out yep. there, dude, Brownie. And you know, I try to. I'd love to hold a stick to Brownie, but he he's accomplished more than yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. But nothing uh, against um, anybody else's efforts, but. Okay, Keith. For a couple things. Yeah. FXR. FXR, big deal dropped on a, just just leaving the Fly family. Like, I like the FXR guys. They, they sponsor my privateer show. They make great gear. Uh, they make some really good-looking gear. But you left us. Yeah, it was it was a hard decision. Honestly. Unbelievable. Like, uh, just ditching what, us. Yeah, WPS, Fly were one of the very first ones to help me with, you know, my own show when I left Dirt Rider. So, uh it was a tough decision on my part, and um, I actually had a c- couple of phone conversations with JT and Max, and 
I just, um, you know, we after a couple meetings, I just said, you know what, I've had a relationship with, with Andy and Carson and Milt at FXR before. You know, I was with Fly, and um, they offered me a couple things I just couldn't refuse, and one of those was trying to really help design gear and, and come out with my own set of gear. To there it is. The there it is. That's the reason you left. That's it right there. And, that was... And, that, and that's... I could just see it. I just know it. <laughs> well, that's just one of a couple. But, yeah, I mean, that was a huge fact. You know how much I love gear. So, um, being involved a little bit more. WPS and Fly is a huge company, and you know, and I'm a... You know, they treated me well. I've never had to ask for anything twice. Um, nothing bad to say. The product is great, and I'll still stand by everything I said before. I just... Uh, I like the, the people at FXR as well, and the product they're, they're, is also good. So, um, yeah, that's what we're going. They're great. They're great people. Uh, yeah. Marks, you know Kiefer well. Yes, I do. I believe so. He gets to sell, design and sell a Kiefer gear line of FXR. Like, mm-hmm. how many times do you think he beat off? Oh, my God. Thinking, <laughs> thinking of, like, that, that becoming reality. He's probably not wearing pants as we speak. <laughs> like, just... If you know anybody thing about Kiefer, you just know gear is just what he lives for, right? He's, he's the opposite of a soul yeah. rider on a dirt bike. And honestly, I bet you you're not you're probably not getting any money. It's just a design instead of gear, and you just went for it. That that's so important to you. It's it is important to me, and <laughs> it's a little bit of money. It's not a lot. I know. Of money. I'm kidding, uh, but yeah, it, yeah. So did, did Fly I keep do, Aiden I mean, or I, what? I, did Fly keep Aiden? Or, I mean, do we, do, can we get that still? Or no, no, he's a package deal. He's uh, ridiculous. And trust me, when I first told Aiden this, he was like, "No way, dude. I'm staying with Fly. No way." <laughs> So he's wow. an ambassador of flies, well, well, but he he loves the gear, and you know when me and Heather do spoon at night, I whisper in her ear, "What color do you like?" And yeah, she gets all hot and bothered. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you think the collar should be different than the sleeve? <laughs> She's like, "Stop! I'm getting too close. Stop yeah. talking about that." Oh my god! That, that just. So when's this gear coming out? Um, we're looking for April, May. Okay. Well, this is the last time you're hearing Chris Keefer on the Pulp Show, everybody. I want you to just, uh, <laughs> if you, I want you to just, uh, you know, get used to uh, never coming up again. No, I'm kidding, obviously. Um, no. Okay. So, Talon. Talon gave us some disturbing news earlier in the show. Yes. Is he? Is, what's what's going on, with Talon? What's wrong? With Lone Wolf, go ahead. So I was listening to Coffee with the Keefers, and oh, I guess you okay. got a little heated. On the starting line of one of Aiden's races. Okay, so yeah. you had the fourth gate pick. You got heated <laughs> at the guy <laughs> who got second gate pick? Like, Oh, my God. Yeah, I dude, did. You can't do that, Kiefer. Dude, okay, look. No, no, no. You didn't listen to the show. So well, no, I got talent. I talent, dude. I was in, okay, I know, but I'm saying I admitted on the show I – Reacted. I blacked out. Like, he patted. I, the, he went to pat the guy on the back and hit him a little hard. Like gave him a nice little slap on the back. So, he did apologize guy, after. I, he owned up to it, but still. Let me paint you the picture. So you, Aiden's fourth pick. Yeah. I'm just sitting there talking. Me and Kenny Day are. You know, I'm packing Aiden's gate. I'm over far enough, thinking no one's going to come over this far, right? And I know the guys are rolling up. Well, as I'm packing this line. The gentleman rolls his front tire right up near my foot. 
And you're right, Steve. Yeah. He has all the reason to get that gate. It's his gate before mine, right? Yeah. But it just happened, whatever reason, I blacked out. It rubbed me the wrong way. And I'm like, right on, bro. Right on. Got your gate for you right here. Pull up. Right on here. So I, <laughs> yeah. I would be, thank you. Thank you, kind sir. And then I just kind of like gave him a nice little pat on the back. Hey, got your back. No problem, brother. Got your back. I'm like, really dickish like. And, um,. And I blacked out, yeah, and I didn't think about it until I was walking back to the pits, and I'm like, God, what a fucking dick I was right there. I was an asshole. Like, now, was look, it a gate? Like, do you, okay, seriously, though, did he? was it a decent gate, or what, was the guy, was it a dick move because it was not a good gate, per se? Like, No, it, it, the guy wasn't, the guy was kind of shocked that I was kind of being a dick, I think, and he kind of goes, well, you kind of hit me in the back real hard, and I'm like, I'm right here, buddy, got your back, no problem. And I was just like, really... Trevor, did you witness this? I think or no? I just I did not. You don't witness I did it. Okay, not. Right. But I would right. imagine he he'd done some some serious work in that gate because I saw the gate. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I mean it was getting deep. Like yeah. it was like they were like basically jumping the gate as they got out of the gate yeah. because it was so he just so, rutted out. So rutted so out right. I would imagine he right. spent some time packing that thing and getting it dialed right, right. just to just to I give had it up. It, even. it was like a little island of yeah. goodness to get out of the gate. <laughs> That's like a foot and a half and, uh, rise. Uh, yeah. he, he took it. So ah, nonetheless, right. I okay. apologize on the show. I go, hey man, that was my fault. I should never even been like that. Should okay. Worried right. about Kiefer? What? Should we be worried about him? Be- between this and yelling at the kid <laughs> You know that that got in his way on the track or something. Oh yeah, grabbing the, him yeah, by the shoulder. Yeah, or the, the neck. anonymous source that told us about the yeah. mo- the, the state fair. Is it time for an intervention? Yeah. Hey Chris. Yeah. No, Chris. No, Rusty. Rusty yes, have my back on this, <laughs> dude. This guy. <laughs> this, this is exactly why I, I don't race anymore. Track. <laughs> this kid came across the track. He hit me in the air. That's and state fair. I just don't put up with that shit. Don't try to do dumb shit. Exactly. You know, vet riders. And and these kids, these <laughs> kids that are fast on the track. They think their balls are big off of the track, but they have no idea who they're messing with once they get off. What if they're messing with some construction worker that has size 14 hands, and just because you're faster on the track and you bump them off the track, dude, that grown-ass man could kick your ass once you're off the track. Like, just have a little bit of respect. That's it. That's all I'm saying. So you calm down and you apologize to the guy. The gate picture. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes, okay. I did. Just, right. hey, man, sorry to come at you a little bit hot. Okay. All right. It's hard being a mini bike parent, isn't it, Chris? I know your, your son's is. not a mini bike parent. I didn't mean to put it that way. It just, it's just so hard to go through the routine of what you've already been through your your whole life, right? And now you're dealing with it with your son and these other people. And uh, Right. Uh, my son's 10, yeah. and, and obviously I'm, I have to control my temperament quite a bit, so... <laughs> <laughs> Russ, so, Russ has told us some great stories tonight. Oh my gosh! I, sh- I mean, I'm going to listen to the show back because I know it's great. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking but of Arizona oh, Open, hey, so quick okay. story, real yeah. quick. Um, just to kind of rain rain this in a little bit, Aiden. Uh, obviously, he lost his championship, and that was on him. Um, but he thought he was he had to beat a certain rider that, that they were tied going into the last moto. The other kid fell, so Aiden thought he had it, so he kind of cruised. This other kid caught him and passed him on the last lap, and then they ended up tying overall, but since that kid beat him the last moto, the kid right. won the overall. So I had to you know, teach my son a lesson, like, hey, you don't ride the whole moto like you're supposed to. Things can happen, and he learned the hard way. 
Well, he was kind of pissed because he lost his moto right. and lost the championship. So the next race, um, he gets like a fourth place start and you know his other class and crashes. Well, he's coming back through the pack and he's riding like a total dickhead. Like he's scrubbing into dudes. He's like looking over and he's making all these passes and riding really good. Mm-hmm. But you can tell, and, and, and Russ can attend to this, you can see when your kid's riding like a jackhole and not respecting other people. Yeah. Well, Aiden proceeds to cut the track and pass three guys in one corner. What? And use like an inside berm. You know how the there is a left and then a right by the mechanics area. Well, Aiden decided to use that right um, below the markers where the berm was built up. You know, on the inside. And of just it? cut yeah. that whole. Yep. Yeah. Cut that whole corner off. Not once, but twice. And. I lost my shit. I just started going back to the truck because I was so pissed off that he he did that. And uh, I, when he got back to the to the truck, I just ripped his ass and said, "Hey, you don't cheat. I don't care how mad you are." Um, I went and oh. told the chick up at the up at the gate or up at the office that DQ my kid, DQ him. Really? So and she and she's like, uh, "You want to DQ your own child?" <laughs> <I'm> like. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, I do. That's yes, cool. I do. Like, we don't, yeah. we we don't do that. And then, uh, so she ended up just docking him three positions. So, wow. So, so this was my things went south experience. on the final day at the Arizona Open for the Kiefer's. <clears throat> yeah, he just imploded himself the final day. Wow, well, he won't do that again. No. Yeah. Jeez. We need we no. need more we need more mini dads like you, Kiefer. That's a good yeah. Uh, that's a good lesson. So that leads me into. That leads me into my Racetech rant of the night. Uh, Racetech.com, Pulp 20 is the code to save with those guys. Get your motor work done. Get your suspension work. Uh, whatever it is, they can dial you. And they have full one-piece valves for 2020 KX250s and 2019 to 2020 YZ250Fs. It's a more durable than OEM valve with their custom profile. The valves flow more air and increase airspeed, resulting in an increase in horsepower. Racetech.com, Racetech rant of the night. Trevor, go ahead because maybe Kiefer can you know help you out with some of this. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We we talked about it a little right, bit at the race. Right. So, um, so yeah, Arizona Open. Yeah. Um, I'm good friends with with Austin White and his family's owned the track forever, and um, so we do this deal on um, supporting the bike wash station. Okay. So, great event. Yeah. Huge turnout. Met By the a- way, Kiefer steals my bio wash every time he comes over. So <laughs> can you please ship him some? I can take Thank care you. of him. Okay. So uh, we go out. We set up a. You know, a banner, we bring all the product, do the whole yeah. deal. I got in touch with you to get a hold of the people at Karcher. Oh, is that what it was for? Yeah, okay. they took great care Did of us, work? got us a deal on oh, two okay. power washers, right. hooked us up. So we go out there, set the station up. Um, things seem to be going well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we end up losing a bunch of stuff. So uh, people stealing stuff. Really? Yeah, products, yeah. the foam cannons. Um, <clears throat> Came just, back one morning, the trigger sprayers are gone off of the power washers. Like, just crazy stuff. Yeah. And, like, they're in pieces. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> scavenged, like, jawas. They're just, like, jawas, yeah. just unscrewing Literally. it. Literally. I go over, and right. one guy's using a hose, <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, hey, have you seen my hose? And yeah. he's like, well, is that your power washer? And I said, yeah, that's that's mine. Yeah. Well, someone stole mine, so I took your hose, put it on mine. And I said, well, <laughs> so someone stole yours, so you just steal mine? Like, yeah. that's not how this works, you know? So... And I got. I mean, I'm I'm there working, so yeah. I need. You know, I yeah, handle somewhat, myself you gotta correctly. Be respectable. You know, and, not, and if, so if this was Ross back in '97, it'd be on. So he proceeds right. to to turn around and keep washing his kid's bike as I stand there for five minutes with my arms crossed, and then turns around and goes, "Hey, I'm done." 
I couldn't, I could not believe it. I could not believe it. Like, and like, I have like a boot on because my foot's banged up and like, it's super muddy and the tanks, like it's gravity fed. So I bring a a splitter so we can run two hoses off of it and get the thing all angled right. Right. So it's running right. And these are electric too. So there's a panel over there. So I plug them into separate outlets there. Yep. And then I, I you know, I'm checking on it every hour, refilling the product, doing yeah, things yeah. like that. Yeah. In this between is your, this doing, is the maximum wash. Right. right. And yeah. in between checking it, phone cannons go missing, products go missing, all the tips get stolen, the interchangeable tips yeah. for the power washers. Oh God, just dude. bizarre. So then I come over there and people are like, Hey, <clears> it keeps it keeps popping the breaker. Like, what's the deal, man? And I'm like, I walk over there, there's people that've got extension cords ran for two hundred feet from their motorhomes, yeah. plugged into that panel too, yeah, trying yeah, to steal yeah. power. Right. So then it's popping those. Oh, what um, do you mean trying to like this not it wasn't like them to take? It wasn't for their Yeah, to take? so they didn't have a hookup spot. Right. But this oh. panel's right by the bike wash. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're running <laughs> extension cords over there to get power. The second morning I go over there and this is just, was this just one morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is this goes on for three yeah. or four days, right? So uh, the one morning I go over there and everyone's like standing around and then they're like giving me a hard time, like nothing works, this and that. And I'm like, okay, let me check the breaker. Okay. The breakers pop. Let me unplug these three people's motorhomes out of it. Oh, so you just kept unplugging Yeah, I had to. Right, yeah. Like right. I talked to Austin and his dad and yeah. I'm like, and they're like, unplug them. Like those people do not have hookups, you right, know? Right. Um, and then they're like, there's no water. And so the whole parking lot's flooded. Someone left the water on all night, typical stuff. Like, so I'm over there trying to detach other people's hoses, hook my hoses back up. So I'm like kneeling down. There's like, I keep getting like nudged in the back, you know? And I'm like, what is going on? I turn around, there's a guy like standing on me, feeding his hose into the top to siphon water out of the top to his tank. I swear, like no (laughs) respect. Is this like fucking Lord of the Flies? Or like, what is going on? I'm like trying, and I'm just trying to keep it together like every day over there. Like, It's like like Thunderdome. I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it, but... It what was is like, wrong with these people? I could not believe it. Like I was, I was so bummed that that you know we we this come out society. and support the event, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, the place is only really big enough for two power washers anyway. Yeah, and mm. like, just get in line, take your time, go up, wash your stuff. Yeah. We've got all the products here you need yeah, to wash your yeah, stuff with. Yeah, use the stuff, enjoy it, and then I mean, people are are so low, they're stealing the little tips that come with the power yep. washer. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yep. I could not believe it. And so like, I was like. I didn't want to like accuse somebody, but no. I literally looked in every trash can, every dumpster. I rode a bicycle around that place and looked in everyone's pit for stuff. Like, and how are you going to find like a trigger yeah, sprayer, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, but I'm yeah. like, like our foam cannons are gone, you know? Right. And, and so I was, I was bummed on that. Right? So, so yeah. that's, that's, I guess that's my, yeah. rant. I mean, there was so many great people that were appreciative for it. And, uh, it was a good event for us to be at. Right. We sold a bunch of stuff. Uh, we got to sponsor the live stream. That was great. Um, like I said, I've known Austin yeah. and his family yeah, a long yeah, time, yeah. good people. Uh, but man, I was, I was pretty bummed to see that, uh, people would, would go that low as to steal <laughs> those types of items, you know, how like, the, how about you're trying to fix it and the guy's elbowing you in the back with the like, hose. I'm like, do you want to stand on my back? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Can I help yeah, you? Let me take my boot off my broken foot. Maybe yeah. you can use that as a, as a leverage totally. point. I, it was just, yeah, it was, it was crazy. So, wow. That's brutal. It was. Yeah. Trevor was. is a, Trevor's a sweet angel. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because if that was me, granted, if I worked for Maxima or even, you know, Pulp, Kiefer, Ink, Racer X, doesn't matter, I would lose my fucking shit on a dude quick. <laughs> That's unacceptable. Like, yeah. dude, you know, we're doing you a favor. Sorry things aren't going your way right now, 
I'm going to try to work at it. Like, yeah. what's wrong with people? Yeah, it was, you know, it, and, and like they just... Race tech, round of the night. What the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> in this huge rush, and they're the most important in right. this whole thing. So, like, going back to... So that you got a big tank, and it comes down to a big yeah. a big spigot, and there was there was three... There was two areas that the water would spill out. So, and you could kind of angle the thing to where it would run just yeah, right. Run and I put yeah. a splitter on the front one so it would run to two hoses to run the two power washers. Yeah. Well, then people come and they hook up back to that third one and then tilt it back. So then all the water's going to that one, not enough water to the oh, other two. Because like, yeah, they're, they're, they're the most important now. Because they're going to use their you know? washer and you, that water. Exactly. Oh, my exactly. God, Exactly. So it was, yeah, it was... Rusty, you do stuff for Hoosier, like uh, vending stuff, right? Like, do you run into stuff where you're just like, what the fuck is... Do you have any experiences like that? Uh, not not no. too much. And even if I do, I just try to look the other way and <laughs> yeah, not yeah. rust out on them, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Or, but you must have run into some stuff where you're just like, what is wrong with this person? Yeah, it's yeah. mainly with my kid racing. But uh, yeah, yeah. tires are tires. I, I change tires, try not to pop their tubes and, right, right, and right, give right. them a good product. And yeah. Check. But um, um, it, it's, been, it's just been a rat race at the races lately. It's been really good. All the promoters have been getting so many entries, and I just think everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody's trying to get what they yeah, can. Yeah. Everyone's trying to do right. what they can. So uh, it's I, been I, interesting. I thought your times. rant was going to be about this fucking mini dad who flipped out over a prep gate, but no. it wasn't going to be <laughs> yeah, that. No, okay, it wasn't right, that okay. one. No. no, it was just about and the then, mini dads that apparently need to steal stuff yeah, from he, the amateur And then race. this guy physically struck the rider yeah. who, took, who took the gate. <laughs> yeah. Struck him oh off. my god. <laughs> god! I'm so ashamed. I, I've become what I hate. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> god, dude. So, so how was Aiden? So the trip home was quiet. Uh, yeah, I was pretty bummed out on the whole cheating thing. I, I just don't put up with that shit. And A and H? Um, how was A and H? A and H wasn't full bore last week. Um, she was pretty. She called Aiden's line creative, so she wasn't on board with that. Um, so that was an issue at first, so I had to tell her to chill down yeah, and chill like back that. a little bit. Let me try to discipline Aiden on this. It's creative. Um, she, uh, she was very, very sad about Aiden's loss, right. and she didn't really understand why at first, but I had to tell her about the whole last moto situation, so then she calmed down. Um, but otherwise, you know, he rode really good. I was proud of him besides, uh, losing his mind. And, you know, right. these are life lessons. They are. I think, yeah. I mean, everyone in that studio has become a better person because of dirt bikes, right? Because Absolutely. of work ethic. I think obviously you built what you built, Steve. Rusty is successful at what he's doing. Trevor as well. So we've all learned through what, dirt bikes. What about, how ta- to what about talent? What about talent and Travis? Talon and you know Marks, you know. So I just think uh, <laughs> he's got no examples. Part, of, part you know? of the things that they don't tell you about when you're a parent right. teaching your kids these things. You know? I uh, so. I told the story on the air before in 1988. My KX80 cut out on me at an arena cross, and I endowed my brains out, and I came in and threw my bike down in front of my dad. And Ooh. that is a life lesson I will never forget. I mean, the bike cut yep. out on me, but you do not throw your bike down in front of your dad. So there's a right. life lesson that I still remember to this day from 1988, you know? So, yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And we've all had those, right? I had a life lesson about my job before when, when I was on an 80 to get my own gear ready. And my dad would ask me twice, Did, do, you have, do you have this? Yep, yep. We get to the track. I forgot my boots. And what did he, what's he do? He loads up my bike. We're going back home. And I was crying all the way home. He's like, you'll never do that again, will you? <laughs> nope, never did. We, we've all done that one. Yeah. 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 Right. Um. 
Wow, the AZ Open. Oh, my race tech ran of the night. Do you have anything to rant about, Rusty? I didn't ask you earlier. Do you have any? Life is good. Okay. No. Yep. So we got, we got. Dude, Rusty's born again, man. What's up? Like, <laughs> Ross, Ross, we have 150 of your competitors on the line that have a rant about you. So we're going to put them through one at a time. We're going to put them through one at a time. Uh, uh, first up, Brandis. Uh, next up, uh, Bradshaw. Uh, <laughs> um, That's awesome. My race tech rant of the night, I'll keep it short because Kiefer's on the line, is e-bike mm-hmm. races. E-bike, mountain bike races. So I went out this weekend and raced an e-bike, and... Okay, stop. Hold on. Stop right there. Okay. How? Why? Because I'm always trying to better myself, Chris. Oh, but who 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 influenced you to go race an e-bike? I've never thought I would hear that. <laughs> My buddy Justin. Okay, he, okay. Yeah, yeah, so he was racing with his kid. He's like, you should race, you should race, you should race. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll race. Um, and so I bring the ten- intense taser out there. Now... E-bikes generally cut out at like 24 miles per hour or something. Is that what it is? 22, it's, 3? It should be 20-ish. Oh, I thought it was more but... than that. It feels like more than I might taser. But, Rusty, you experienced it today. So, they, they have a governor. But you can hack these things. Especially the Levos. Specialized Levos. So, there's basically all Levos. And me on a taser. Another guy on another brand. And my buddy Justin on one of my tasers. and But he was riding with his 13-year-old kid. So, uh... He, he didn't have to, uh, he was just riding slowly. So, gate drops, or not gate, but flag waves, and, like, these guys are fucking gone. Gone. <laughs> and, like, okay, I'm not in the greatest shape. I'm heavier, but this is the start of the race, and I, I have pretty strong legs. Like, I'm not a weak cyclist, per se. <laughs> and these guys are fucking gone. So, you, they're jailbroken bikes, right? They're, they're yeah. Pot- I, potentially. I, I, potentially. I, yeah. I, I got to think they are. Okay, so that's a problem in e-bike world. We got to figure that out somehow. Yeah. That's like showing up like, hey, I'm going to race Russ in the 250 class. Oh, here's my CRF 450. Yeah. So you know the, what I mean? the race that, that I did, or yeah. the two races that I did, there was a thing in the rules that said the top five bikes were to be ridden and made sure they were really? they hit the governor at oh. 20 miles an hour. Oh. Whether or not that happened, I don't know. I DNF both of them. So yeah, yeah. I, but, but that was the rule. I, that was that was a public like, rule. Look, I wasn't going to win anyways. I don't give a shit. Like, like I, it's not like I took a trophy away from me. I don't care. But the point is, <clears throat> is if you have the, all the bikes on the line and there's some that are modded and some that aren't, you, there's a problem, right? Yeah. So that's first problem. Second problem. I have a smaller battery on my Taser than the Levos. So those, there's three modes of assist. Russ, you experienced that today. There's three modes of assist. I'm in the top mode like everybody is. And I got half a lap in and I'm down two bars on my battery. And then I had to go down to a lower mode. And then I got one bar left on my battery. And then I ran out. And look, it's not a fault of the taser. It's a smaller battery than the, than the specialized guys. But I'm, I DNF'd. <laughs> and like, just like you, Trevor, you DNF'd too. Yep. Um, the taser guys or the specialized guys kept going. And they had battery life left over because they have bigger batteries. Ergo, point number two. Like, we got to all figure out the fucking battery situation here. Because, I I mean, on top of those guys pulling away, I'm now riding in a lower assist mode and getting yarded even more. Yeah. So how can we even even have e-bike races? Like, how can we even do this? I I think it's... 
it's maybe maybe too new. Like they don't know enough right. about it yet. Yeah. So like like the event they had was awesome because there hasn't been anything going on. They yeah. haven't been able to have local races. Right. Like I enjoy the the cross country races they put on. They do like a Thursday night series yeah. throughout the uh, summertime. So for them to organize something was was super cool. They did it at Barona Oaks, which yeah. is our our local motocross you know track. Right. And uh, but when we started racing, like I said, there was some local guys that are I mean they're they're weapons on on cross yeah. country bikes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and we were getting beat by. You know, a kid that weighs 80 pounds, and he's an awesome rider too. Yeah. He's in great yeah. shape. Yeah. But I think, like I said, the power to weight ratio—it just—it doesn't—it doesn't, it doesn't right. make sense. Well, like you know, so in the tight, twitchy stuff, the stuff that's up and down, he's able to get that motor maybe moving a little bit quicker because right. he can turn the pedals just as quick as we can. Right. So um, I think, I think this—this this is just my opinion, but I think it needs to be by potentially by weight classes. Yeah. So like this class was 16 to yeah. 39 expert. Yeah, there was only 15 of us so they, we didn't have enough people to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't big enough turnout. Yeah. But we got to figure something out. Yeah, so you've got this huge age range. Yeah. And, and huge uh, and weight range. Right, yeah. right. So yeah. uh, I think there's there's maybe a better way to lay out yeah. the classes where it uh. makes it a little bit more even, but All right. Well, it was We can just race real bikes though. It, uh, yeah, whatever, Trevor. Do that. Yeah. There you go. Whatever. There you whatever. Go. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck Trevor. Fuck Kiefer. Fuck off. Um, now we're talking. Soul Rider. How we long was Soul the Rider. race, Mathis? Uh, it was two laps. Uh, it was um, basically going to be two hours, just over two hours. I think I did oh, one. Shit. I think I did one lap in fifty-six minutes, and and basically at the end of one lap, I was down to two bars, and then I got half a lap, a lot of climbing, and the thing died. And then that, then so I, do you think these these Levo guys were in just boost the whole two they hours? They were, yeah. I talked to a couple of guys that finished. They were in boost the whole time, two laps, and they had juice left over. Wow. Because the batteries are bigger. Wow. So the move will be the next time, if there is one, come in and change my battery. I can do that. The Levo guys can't change a battery. I can on the Taser. Come in, change the battery. That'll take about two, three minutes, whatever. But... Anyways, it was a fucking failure. I DNF'd. So I just, yeah, I'm a loser. I DNF'd. Great. How far out were you to have pedaling with it off? Pretty far. I had about a half a lap to go, but a lot of climbing left. Or a little bit of cl a big climb left. And then I could have maybe made it if I would have been able to get to the top of the big climb. I was in eighth. Damn. I was in eighth when, uh, after one lap. Were you guys mainly on the front side of the mountain? Like on the more cross-country style stuff? Every no, leg. we went alongside the mountain and up to the light tower, up to the light thing. Okay, up to the very top? Yeah. yeah okay, okay. And then went down around the mountain from there. Okay. We basically, look if you look at my Strava, we made a, a penis shape. <laughs> it was two balls, <laughs> two balls, and then a, then, a, then a cock. You probably did that on purpose. Yeah, I was going to say, was it intentional? Yeah. I think Moser drove through the map. Yeah. <laughs> Moser designed the course. That's funny. But it was basically like, like a balls and a cock. Uh, so, But anyway, so... My race tech rant of the night is like e-bike racing. What the fuck? That's my rant. Like, it's all fuck. I couldn't agree more. Right. Yeah. I just, what? like, at the beginning of the race, my heart rate was, I was doing 176 high heart rate. And I was fucking freaking out. I was telling you that earlier. I was freaking out. and But I was trying to stay with the leader at least as long as I could. And, dude, they were fucking gone, the top four or five guys. I call bullshit on their, on their limiters. I would, too. Um, okay. Yeah, they're, they're jailbroke for sure. All right, that's my race tech around the night, and, and Trevor's is uh, is uh, people who steal power wash stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, when you left the event, you have nothing. You have you so have power wash I had bases. One, I had one left. <laughs> 
that somebody Jeez. else actually came over and put another tip on because someone had stole the tip at the last remaining tip <laughs> off of that power washer. <laughs> Uh, so I have I have one power wash. They both work. Did you check Nick Way's motorhome at all? I would su- I, I suspect that twenty seven. No, yeah. no, Nick Nick's a good guy. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm I had kidding. I had Nick on the hunt for him. Oh, he's you like, did? He's yeah, like yeah. I got my eye out for him. Don't worry. He's like I got your back. But uh, so uh, I've got one power washer with no hose on it. Yep. And then I've got one that still works. Yeah. But uh, but man, those things literally ran. Yeah. I mean, wide open right. for four days. So, yeah, yeah. thanks again to Karcher yeah. for the Paul for the, the Mexico deal on those. to save at Karcher.com, by the way. Yeah, that was um, super cool. So, outside of, uh, of that, who was most impressive for you, Trevor, out of that race? What would you <clears> think? <throat> Somebody caught your eye? Um, I like I like Chance Hymas. Yeah. Um, team Green Kid. Yeah, Team Green Kid, right. Um, I, you know, from, from what – I didn't really follow him when he was on 85s, but from what it sounds like, he was just uh, – wasn't uh, – you know, in the front of the pack, let's say he was just a, yep. you know, that five to 10 type guy. And then he got on big bikes and, um, he's, he's a good rider. Um, super smooth, yep. um, control looks strong on the bike. Uh, and then rider De Francisco was out there too. Yep. And, and he looks good on the bike, but it, it's new for him. I think he's, uh, got Is a little ways. Kid? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he's got a little ways to go on, on just getting stronger on that bike. Right. But, I he's mean, been every- hurt a lot, right? Yeah. He's yeah. been banged up, but, uh, I mean, everybody knows the kid can ride. I mean, yeah. he's, won just about everything as you know on on mini bikes so i think as he grows a little bit gets a little bit stronger he's right. he's uh he'll be really strong on that bike as well so. what about you Kiefer? yeah chance is a good kid he comes from a good family he's really good right now um chance and his dad are big pulp fans oh they are so uh oh yep oh maybe uh, yeah so maybe i got, I got a new favorite amateur then you know? Yeah, I got to know them a little bit through through Pulp. They, you know, we talk about the show and stuff. So, chance. Do they know kid, that you know? I hate amateurs? Have they talked about that? Because Timmy says that everywhere Timmy goes, everyone's like, "Hey, why does Mathis hate us?" No, they actually never said that. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So, uh, Ryder was good. He actually ended up getting hurt, and I think he got a little bit of a concussion. Yeah. Um. So, but he was him and Chance were pretty much the class of uh, the B class, and honestly. The B class is a little bit more deep than the pro sport class was there this weekend. Um, and there's a kid named B Ray, Mathis. A Ray? Um, no, B Ray. Yeah, his actual his, his his name is Brandon Ray, but he goes by B Ray, so he's like A Ray. He rides similar a little bit, rides oh, real loose oh. like A Ray does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did he have a muffler? Um, revs his bike out a lot, yeah. but he pins it. He's, yeah, he's yeah. he scrubs the shit out of everything, right. and uh, he's another one that's pretty good. So. Uh, good. Those are the three kids that I really paid attention to over the week. Those do, are really good kids. Do you guys think does Vincent Way is he does he got a, a future here? Like, yeah. Like is Vince like like legit? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Great rider. Yeah. Yep. Real um, good. Yep. I think he he's uh, the the couple amateur races I've been at, like he'll be winning and he just has like little tip overs and yeah. things like that. So I think he has like a that's just, setup. That's just, shock setup probably. Clamps may, could be offset. Could be. Yeah, yeah. But then but then he'll go out there and I mean it's perfect moto. So. Yeah. Um, no, he's a he's a right. great rider. So. God, I, I Evan Ferry's coming. Vincent, I gotta get the fuck out of this sport. Like, <laughs> I, I gotta get out of this fucking sport, dude. Badly, badly. Oh, um, Chris Kiefer on the show. Kiefer Inc. Testing. Uh, used to be a fly racing guy. Uh, please uh, give us a call if you have a question for the uh, used to be fly racing guy, Chris Kiefer. Uh, I, I did want to bring this up, Russ. You and Chris, besides besides racing four stroke nationals together. You did work for Honda forever, Russ, uh, the R&D stuff and uh, durability stuff, and Kiefer does stuff for Honda a little bit here and there as well. So you guys, like, a little bit of that in your background, getting the production bike better. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, for about five to six years, I was mainly a durability guy, but then I was hired uh, from American Honda for about a year and a half to work with Eric Krippa. Yeah. Which Krippa's was a, a legend. Oh, he was the awesomest, and he taught me so much. Yeah. And uh, I that was about 98, and then uh, some unfortunate things happened in corporate Honda, and everyone kind of fights over budgets at that, that yep. level. So our budget got taken, and uh, we kind of disappeared. But uh, yeah. it's always neat, you know, the new... 2016 Roxon edition when it came out I was you know real intrigued to ride that obviously I was real intrigued to ride the 21 Honda when it came out oh, that's Kiefer did some work with that and it, just stay away from that thing yeah that's, that's <laughs> soft suspension uh, ECU issues yeah but I yeah, I heard I heard guy. it wasn't quite like that before before it came out but uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll get it right I mean obviously they're a, a major you know race player very driven and they'll, yeah. they'll fix it quick you know uh, how about a durability guy, Kiefer? That's fucking that's that's a hero right there. Durability stuff. Like, hey, here's a tank of gas. See you in fucking forty minutes. Basically, yeah, look back when uh, Rusty was doing it, and I don't know for sure, but I did a lot of that stuff at Yamaha. And man, if you were uh, if you were a local kid racing and wanted to make some money, that was a great way to make money because you got to ride, um, and you got to put in motos, and then you got you know two hundred bucks a day. Yeah, yeah, and. There was lots of durability days. I remember Honda was one of the ones that did a lot of durability testing. And uh, did you do a lot of that stuff out in Mojave? Yes. Uh, yep, exactly. Right across the street from uh, Jawbone Canyon and Dove Springs, they had a probably yep. a 10-mile radius uh, test facility. And they, the reason they built it out there is because it was over uh, by Edwards Air Force Base. Yep. So it was a no-fly zone. They couldn't take spy photos of the new right. cars that were coming out. Right. And, uh, and they had a full soupy track there and motocross track, right? Yep, and very rarely, but uh, sometimes the, the, the factory guys would come out with it when everything was too rained out in SoCal. Obviously, yeah. us being in the desert, the, our, our tracks could take a little bit more water. And uh, we had the place so wired, we could be pretty competitive with a lot of the factory racers unless it was uh, Carmichael. He would just decimate our lap times. And right, right. obviously, we were out there for years, so we, you know the Japanese, would, we'd be on the clock every right. lap. and. There would usually be four durability riders, and it was very important that each rider kept up their lap times because if we even dropped two to three seconds a lap, we could tell temperature changes on the bike. We could tell yeah. the bike wasn't being pushed to its possible limits. Now, but when you're a racer, and Kiefer, you talked about doing the motos, like you, you kind of you back it down a little bit, right? For or, the testing? Yeah, yeah for course. the durability like, stuff. I mean, are you... Well, it was different for us because just like Chris was saying, that was more on the R&D side. Like what he was saying, it was really a benefit for me racing because I raced Honda at the time. Yeah. So I wasn't thrashing my own equipment all week. But I'm saying like during a durability test, right, where they're like, hey, kid, ride for 35 minutes or whatever it was. Like you couldn't – could you go balls out? Yeah, I mean, we would. You would? As, okay. as much as possible. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not to try to sound heroic, but it was the alpha male dominance that you yeah, wanted to have yeah. the fastest – times of the track at all you know and i tested yeah. with timmy wiegand and he was a fierce competitor of mine yeah so even though it was just practice days and durability we tried to be the strongest for as long as we could i mean of course there were some days you didn't feel right after being there three weeks and yeah that's uh -huh. what well that's what i mean by like yeah. like after your moto you're gonna do another moto and maybe another one right like yeah, yeah. You, so to me i'm thinking to myself hey if i go balls out i gotta do two three more more more, more motos today like i can't go i believe it was four thirty four minutes thirties yep a day for each one of us. Kiefer, was the same for you? Yeah, it was similar. We did the same thing, but, you know, you got to know this, Steve. As racers, you're dick measuring all the time, no matter what you're doing. No, my right? battery so. ran out, so no fucking dick measuring for me. <laughs> Just no. I'm not in the top mode, and my battery's out. So, yeah, my dick was super small. 
So, oh so. man, but yeah, same thing. Like I, we weren't. I wasn't riding my own bike. Right. And then back then, as a kid, you think, hey, the faster I go, someone might see something. Maybe they'll be like, oh, hey, you know, let's <laughs> use Kiefer for something. You know, yeah, so yeah. you always have this in the back of your mind. Someone's watching you, keep the time. So. You wanted to do your best every day you were there. How many years did Pistana, Jeff Pistana, do Honda stuff? A lot. Right? So, so I I did it probably half the time that he yeah, did. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, Rich Taylor Dude, and him and, were kind of the icons of it. Right. RT was great. And Testy was on Honda when I first started. So when I first started, this was maybe 2017. Yep. He was still there. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. He could barely fucking walk. The guy couldn't even get out of his van. Right, his knees are all jacked up, but this son of a bitch would still be putting in motos. You know, they would still have him out. Yeah, so he was still out there. Right. I swear, half the reason I was there is because I was a decoy for Pastana in Tehachapi, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, a lot of the local. Obviously, we pretty much live there. Yeah. So, how far of a drive is that for you? And don't don't forget, Stapleton was there. So, oh, uh, Staple. Yeah. God. So don't forget, he was ringing them in from every direction, right? <laughs> Staple. <laughs> Staple's got like some dark secrets. Some dark secrets for Staple. Uh, oh, dude. Gosh. So, did you like R and D or durability stuff? What did you like better, R and D? Obviously, yes, yeah. a lot better. Because that's only like three laps at a time or something. Sometimes, right? Yeah, but yeah. it was it was a weird concept because we we were hired to overlook Japan Honda's final setting. So I worked for American Honda at that point before I was employed by I believe Japan Honda to okay. to do the durability testing. Yeah. So the the cool thing about it is I was kind of at a disadvantage. But when I joined Crip in '98 to take this role play, it. Uh, we actually got to go to the Hangtown Nationals. We got to go to Mammoth. And basically, I was riding production Hondas yep. at the races. Right, right. So not only were they helping me do R&D and development and rechecking the settings, but also we were going out and competing on stock equipment just to see how it would fare. Yeah. Now, mind you, when I'd show up at Hangtown with the stock CR125, I was a little <laughs> bit of a disadvantage, yeah, right? Yeah, But guess what? I had an HRC white van. and Yeah. Oh, well, RT, Rich Taylor said that he got to race some factory stuff. They would throw him a cylinder or a head or a swing arm or link. Yeah, but he was a different level than me. He, yeah, he true. Had ties but, it. but he yeah. was like, yeah, my bike was pretty trick and nobody really lo- nobody noticed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just in a, I'm in a box van and my yeah. bike gets some fucking cool stuff. Absolutely. You know, so. Would you have fucked up the bike you think as bad as Kiefer, Russ, or do you think you would have noticed that stuff? <laughs> I didn't say it, Chris, okay? But no. I mean, This is what we do on the show, Russ. This is how we roll. Yeah, yeah, it's all good, Russ. We, thick skin over here. It's yeah, all good. And, and even though back in the day, they would all come up with a setting, even like what happened now, and I'm not saying this is, I don't know enough about it, but things just somehow would get lost down the rabbit yeah. hole last second. Yeah. You know? Rich told me numerous stories about that, yeah. where they're like, this bike is great, and it goes to Japan. And comes out, and they're like, what the fuck happened? You know, oh, we saw a breakage in the frame. We had to reinforce it. Hey, we, the springs are too uh, uh, heavy for any riders other than Americans. We had to go two rates softer. Stuff like that happens. And, right? and Honda is, you know, their work ethic and, and drivenness to be the most excellent. I mean, it, it was such an honor to work with those techs that would come over here. And yeah. I, I built some great relationships with those guys. They were so respectful, even though we were kind of – mid-pack national guys they they yeah. had the utmost respect for the riders in the sport right, you know right. was uh was dre dirks around then russ yes he was yep and spud walters i mean we had it was a it was a dream team so uh you know a lot of those guys you know brian walters yeah so spud and dre still are in ohio they work for honda still back there yes and is gossler still with them back there too one of the gosslers or no 
Uh, I think Todd was at one time. I don't know if he's still there or not. Yep. And what do they do back there? Like lawnmower stuff or whatever, or like. So Spud's in charge of UTVs. UTVs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Dre oversees like a lot of the two wheel and and UTV stuff. So um, he's higher up as well. Oh, huh, cool. Do you ever have to do anything like that, Trevor? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did oh. some stuff with uh, with Suzuki for a couple years. Oh, you did? Yeah, with, oh. uh, with Wheeler. With Wheeler. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we did some... Uh... So you're the one who vetoed the electric start, or did yeah, you... Yeah, that was all me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay, all right. Yeah. Anything electric, <laughs> this I'm out. sucks. <laughs> Anything electric. It's like the battery. <laughs> you can just fucking kick it, man. No, we would do... Uh, we did some, some durability testing, yeah. like... Uh, I was I was fairly fit, so so Chris yeah. would would bring me out and we we'd put some you know like you were saying thirty five yeah. minutes. So was RT the there doing some stuff too, or was RT done? No, the no. the only so Chris had rode a couple times uh, when I would come out and ride. Sometimes he wouldn't. Uh, typically we'd go to like we went to competitive edge a bunch, yeah. and we'd show up a little bit later when the track was beat up and right. just and you know do motos up there. And then um, I would do some stuff prior to the magazines getting the bike too. So just yep. some generic setup yeah, yeah. stuff. We would test some tires and set suspension and things like that. So. Uh, it was it was cool for me at the time because it was like uh, I mean this sounds kind of cliche but like you know the the factory feel right like I'm just loading my gear bag and yeah. I'm driving to the yeah, track yeah, and I yeah. show up and you know Suzuki Tech's there they unload the bike I don't do anything except ride so it was a lot of fun yep. and I learned a lot from those right. guys it as felt far like as, a hero for sure yeah like yeah. And, and and it helped me a bunch just understanding more about the bike and then right. uh, for setting up my own stuff and things like that so it was a great experience for so sure. you would have Ross you would have worked maybe a little bit on the no, the 125 with the aluminum frame came out when you were there already. Um, the 98, I think it was the first year. It was 97 was first. No, the first year of the 250. Oh, 250 and then yep. 98 was 125. Yes, I was there. Yeah. So you were doing durability at that point. Yeah, I was still yeah. doing durability, right. and I was there for the transition from two stroke so, to four stroke. I, did, when you did durability, did anything break? Dude, amazingly enough, no. And yeah. and I did a bit of Suzuki durability, and I did a bit of Cowie. And uh, obviously, all great brand name products, but it was just amazing the effort Honda went right. through. Their, their durability test yeah, was yeah. literally like three and a half weeks long. Yeah. And if if we missed our mark at three weeks and we had three days left, they would take everything back, restart the test, and come back. Really? Yeah. yeah so yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. another reason it was so important. Important. We weren't trying to over abuse the bike, but we all held ourselves accountable to keep the lap times up because if. We wanted to make sure, hey, yeah. if if we're gonna break this bike, we're gonna get another four thousand dollars worth yeah. of testing the next yeah, three yeah, months, yeah, yeah. and yeah. and not in a bad right. way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> not, not in a bad way. Like I said, we yeah. we weren't doing anything to be addictive to the bikes, but we were trying to get faster for the weekends, and and also we were trying to push the bike push to the, the bike maximum. to the limit. Yeah. Did and anything break on your durability stuff, Trevor? For you? No, no. nothing. Nothing yeah, that yeah. stands out. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, God, I, I would think if you're a Japanese guy, you're just like, oh, we're get, we're getting near the end. Oh, look, a guy's swing swing arm just broke. Stop everything, you know, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, nothing uh, nothing stands out. Right. I remember uh, some flat tires and some some beat up rims. By the time we were done with those yeah. things, but yeah. uh, nothing nothing uh, major. There's also a famous story like of Dubok taking and Kiefer. I'll ask you this too. Dubok took the 250F when it first came out, right, and then just went short. He just would ride Glen Helen. Everybody thought it was a 450, right? Mm -hmm. So nobody knew. When the aluminum frame YZs came out, they painted the frames, Butler painted the frames blue, and they parked way far away. So if you're on the track, you didn't really notice blue. F it was a zooming by, yeah. Yeah, zooming by blue frame. So they could just ride them in the open. Did you have anything like that where you could just ride in with the public that was kind of secret? Um, Nothing nothing that they were hiding. Yeah, nothing. That, yeah, yeah. yeah Kiefer, anything for you? This, I mean, Suzuki oh. was the same for so long. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like there right. wasn't anything major that was going on in right. that 2012, 2013. Did you ride that 125 ever or no? Never rode no, the 125, okay. right. no. 
Kiefer, anything for you? Um, for me, like a lot of everything that I did, even back when I was doing stuff with Scheidler at Yamaha when the Yamaha introduced the 250F, we did a lot of stuff. Most 99% of everything was confidential, rented out tracks. Yeah, okay. Um, but even then, when we did do that, there would also be someone at the gate watching to make sure no one would come in because, you know, we yeah. were at Cahia or something, and we always would see the plane fly by, and we think it would be Jody or, you know, someone doing something, you know? Right, right. Um, so the Japanese were very, very conscious of of making sure confidentiality was really high. Right. And, Rusty, you're out of the uh, HPC or whatever it's called. HPC, just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's going on out there. No, and then they, they used to have these cars that basically they were durability cars. Yeah. They, they, they would, like, cardboard these things up to just look like these rat rods, right? And they would just be driving these prototypes around. Yeah. But, uh, obviously, we all know that some strange people live in the desert, so people were getting caught taking their durability <laughs> cars home, and they were putting them on jacks and just holding the pedals wide open and letting miles and miles no go. No way, yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Some crazy stuff would go down out there. But, oh, uh, that's oh funny. Gosh. So where was the closest Freaking hotel? tweakers are just tweaking hard out there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. We saw, Rusty and I went mountain biking today. We saw a full, like, Camry <laughs> on a mountain bike trail. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? He's like, the guy's talking a million miles an hour. I don't know, man. I was just going to fall in the wash. And, dude, I've never seen a car out there. Like, I don't know what this guy, oh, my God, this guy. He's just a tweaker. And no idea where he was going. No. Obviously, he didn't know That's either. Awful. But Yeah. Good I, luck. I told Mathis, we should have brought the GoPro. Yeah, that would have been great. Could have done an interview. Hey, a funny story about durability, guys. I might have told the story before, but I had. Just let me know. But I was out doing some UTV quad stuff with Yamaha at Lucerne Valley, way out way out in Lucerne Valley, middle of nowhere. We're out just riding around, and we see this dust cloud, this huge dust cloud. So we're thinking, oh, you know, it's a dust storm or whatever. But as we get closer, we see a box fan, and this cloud never goes away. It's just this huge circle of, like, a tornado cloud. And I'm like, what the hell? So as we get closer, there is a mule, a Kawasaki mule, with no one in it doing this huge circle by itself what? in the middle of a dry lake bed right and I, as i'm getting close i'm driving up like there's no i like i tell my one of my guys i'm like there's no one in that fucking mule dude there's just going in circles by itself so i'm thinking someone die out here and then the mule is just going around and it, it went around so many times it built up this two track rut right yeah so and it was it just staying in the groove it was staying in the groove <laughs> And then I see these three guys in the back of the box van waving at us, and it was the Kawasaki guys, and that's how they did the durability, because they didn't want to drive it anymore, so they put a fucking brick on the throttle and let that son of a bitch do circles all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wonder how many times it took them to actually get the loop down, right? Like, oh, the berms aren't ready Dude, yet. It's going to hop out. The yeah. rut was so big, like, it was almost high centering, and the thing was like, <laughs> just riding around. Cowie. Cowie ingenuity. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. That's crazy. Well, uh, anything else, Kiefer? Uh, no, I'm, 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 uh, I'm COVID-free. I'm sick, but I'm not COVID. So All that's, right. That's well, uh, your voice sounds a little jacked up. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. So, uh, um, yep. No, you, nothing else. Are you going to um, be good for Thursday? Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let everybody know what's going on Thursday when we can. Breaking news. And I'll be up there, what, the 21st? No, uh, we're not now. Marks needs a weekend off, so uh, no show that day. Okay. I meant to tell you that. So. All righty. Yeah. Not sorry.
Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we're we're off that so week. It's, so it's, uh, it's cool to have uh, Rusty and Trevor on. They're both good dudes. Yes. Um, oh, thank actually, you. Wheeler, Wheeler got uh, when Trevor was racing. He actually, you know, made a phone call to say, "Hey, I know a kid close to my house, and uh, he's a good kid. Should maybe try to use him at dirt ride or something." So, I used Trevor for you know a shootout one time, and he did a really good job, and that's how I got to know Trevor. So, oh. and I've always admired his uh, his riding. He's always a smooth rider, and. And Rusty always admired his uh, tenacity on the track and his aggressiveness. And yeah, it's cool to hear the, um, these guys on the show. So, oh, there you go. Thanks. Russ is a legend. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Kiefer. All right, guys. Have, okay. a, good we'll see you, have a good night. Kiefer Rink testing. Then we got to the bottom. He actually apologized to the guy with the gate. So, you know, he's redeemed. Redeemed a little yeah. bit. Uh, I Steve, love it. Hey, Corey. Welcome to the show. So, Corey, you worked with Trevor at Motor World. Yeah, I did. Uh, for a few years, uh, Trevor worked in the accessories department, uh, and I worked in the parts department. Uh, definitely a great guy. Good to see him uh, out in the industry doing well, seeing him on the show. Um, I actually called in to tell a story. It was funny that Kiefer uh, earlier was talking about you know, the lesson of forgetting gear. Um, the one time that me and Trevor went riding at Paula, uh, Trevor didn't bring his boots. I remember this story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Corey, how you been, man? Good, good. It's yeah. good to see you on the show, man. Yeah. Uh, how are you doing? I, well, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Things things are good, man. So, uh, yeah. Um, no so, talk about the life lesson of Kiefer's dad. You still got the ride with no boot. With, you didn't, yeah, boots, Corey, you didn't, Corey took care yeah, of me. Corey we took, shared boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shared <laughs> boots with somebody. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's gnarly. It wow. was a good deal, man. We're, we're both solid dudes, so it's like it's one of those things, you know. And we're not going to not let Trevor ride, and Trevor's Trevor's much faster than I am. Yeah, so, yeah, no. You know, he needed to get some laps in, so I say, you know, take the boots, dude. We just took turns. Yeah, no, he I saved saw, me that day. I like that. That's know? that's strong. Yeah, is is Motor World still doing all right? Are we still, yeah. yeah, still there. Yeah, yeah, I'm still. Uh, I talked to those guys. Is Junkie still running it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Him and uh, we Glenn, go Glenn me, Boggy down me there. Me and Brian so. Junkie go way back. Yeah. Back to Manitoba days, I, North Dakota. I, yeah, Manitoba. I've heard stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've no. heard stories. Junkie was good. He's he a good does, rider. He doesn't talk about racing too much, right. but I'll get him going every once yeah. in a while. He's got some good stories. Dude, so. he was good. He was a good rider. I think he won the 500 title one yep. year up there. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so. so, All right. Thanks, Corey. Corey, take care, yeah, man. no problem. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. you too, Trevor. We'll Thanks. see you. Thanks, guys. Hey, Marks. Yes? Have you been in a motorcycle or car accident? Yes. Did somebody or some idiot take you out? Yes. You need to call attorney Arthur Draper. He's a friend of the show. He's a buddy of mine. He used to be a mechanic back in the day. He's a slow moto guy turned attorney. In fact, ambulances chase him now. Arthur takes the time to know the clients and will take the time to talk to you personally. Consultations are free. All you need to do is give him a call, ArthurDraper.com. He only gets paid if you get paid. There's no risk to you. So if you're in California or another state, uh, Arthur can uh, help you out. ArthurDraper.com. Help is only a call, uh, call away. A-R-T-H-U-R-Draper.com. Thanks to uh, him for coming on the show. I know we got a couple of listeners that have called them up. I don't know what the results are, but they've uh, enjoyed it. So, also, Ride Engineering, uh, ride-engineering.com, PulpFan20 is the code to save. Uh, take a look at the Ride Engineering website if you have a KTM, Husky, or Gas Gas, and get some ideas on what upgrades will help you get the most out of your bike, ride-engineering.com, uh, videos, forward slash videos.com. Use PulpFan20 to save direct on anything from Ride Engineering. Phil Nicoletti winning a Canadian Supercross Championship with Ride Engineering. I mean, what better... What better uh, um, information you need to buy something from Ride Engineering. It worked for Phil Nicoletti. Chris Kiefer also, to you, by the way, brought to you by um, RoostMX, uh, RoostMX.net. Pulp Nation's the code to save with those guys. Uh, all right, let's um, 
We got, uh, I did my rant on the e-bike stuff. I was very angry about that. I still am. Uh, motorsport.com, tweet at talent segment. Let's do it. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you this important bulletin from motorsport.com. It's the tweets at tits Q&A segment where your twatted questions find answers. You guys ever order from motorsport.com? Yeah. It's fantastic. Great prices, great customer service, everything. For those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs, no motorsport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. EKS20 to save with those guys. Uh, the dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Uh, just sold that intense Taser MX off of motorsport.com. So, uh, yeah, pushing it, bro. Motorsport.com, uh, use the banner on pulpamex.com or pulpamexshow.com uh, to save with those guys. Great prices, like I said, great customer service. So uh, these questions are submitted to at pulpamexshow on Twitter. Talon over there picks the best ones for myself, Trevor, and Rusty Holland. Let's do this. First one from Skippy168. Do you think the factory 250 efforts from KTM and Honda are permanent or a temporary fix for the cards they have been dealt? Temporary fix, right? I would agree with that. I mean, at some point, someone's got to come in and... Grab the. I think so. Right. right. Uh, I think. I think the the. I think the bike will be good. Obviously, I mean yeah. it's factory Honda, you know, and I think some of the development stuff and things that they did with Geico will carry over there. Um, so I think it's it's an easy fix for now, yeah. but definitely temporary. Yeah, so. I think so, Russ. Well, they they're still limited on what parts they can run. Like HRC parts won't be on the bike, correct? It is. Uh, well, no, some stuff will be. Yeah, suspension has to be different than what Roxon and Sexton run, and. You know. Yep, and it'll be interesting to see in in the future how it goes. I mean, it's been really weird to see this happen, especially with you know MotoGP, KTM winning their first yeah. you know five races, I believe, of the year, and with three or four different winners. But uh, it's amazing where they're really putting their efforts. Not that they're, I'm saying they're pulling out a moto, but um, yeah, interesting to see the the, the game changers. You know, and, and what's amazing to me is that. The three KTM, Gas Gas, and Husky. I mean, that th- those three brands obviously all one umbrella. I mean, they have as many, I believe, factory riders as all four major four combined. I mean, the effort they're putting in, yeah, is no. unbelievable. It's it's crazy, and to think that myself and Kelly Smith got the first win at High Point in two thousand. Absolutely, first time. All right, next next question from Will I Am. Will the 2021 RMC 450 be under a team tent this year, or are they sticking with last year's models for the season? I don't know. That's a, I, good that's a question. great question. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know uh, what HEP's. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, no, I don't know either. I, why haven't they announced their team yet? Who HEP? Yeah, yeah. like they we haven't? know we, we know it's Hot Raft and Anstey and Seven Deuce Deuce, but there's been no there announcement. Been, yeah, like an official. Yeah, mm. fucking Wheeler, your guy Wheeler. Wheeler. Yeah, fucking Wheeler. Do you know Chris Wheeler? Yes, yeah. very good. Yeah, you guys are like the same era. Yeah. <laughs> Did you take Wheeler out at some point? <laughs> I can't remember if I've seen him with Dostal, but. <laughs> Took it everybody out, apparently. Russ needs to just embrace this yeah, more. Yeah. And stop with the rollerball nickname, all right? I didn't I say know, it. I'm just saying. All right. From Breck726, wasn't it Rusty and Pedro Gonzalez that head on at the Des Moines Arena Cross back in 2002? How did that feel? What happened? Not good. <laughs> and mm. ironically enough that we had tested for literally like two months straight before this event and... I got cross rutted and well, you you and Pedro did yes. Oh, okay. And I was in the other lane next yep. to him, and it. Oh, it so was, you went over. Yeah, I went over. It wasn't good, dude. Like midair or yeah. And luckily he didn't. He got hurt a little bit. He rung his bell, but nobody got seriously hurt. Yep. But when it happened, like full it, head. full head on. And, oh my and, god! And two sets of kit forks, first round. And we're talking twenty grand worth of equipment just snapped. Oh. Right, the fork snapped. It did. 
Bentham. Well, Bentham. Yeah, Bentham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Pedro was such a good guy, and obviously he was so talented. Yeah. You know, and uh, he was doing very well in the series. You know, got, he. Uh, Dude, the, your your brain when you go like this and you're in the other lane, like everything is flashing before your and, eyes. And nothing by it, but like if you went to the arena crosses back then, I mean, sometimes the floor spaces were literally like 120 foot wide. I mean, yeah. some of the arenas we walked into were super tight. You know, yeah. they were fitting almost hockey rinks. Right. So, right. Oh. So were you, you you were okay? Yes. Yeah, and he rung his bell. Yeah, he rung his Jeez. bell. Is there a video of this? I don't know. <laughs> I hope not. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> never wants to remember this no. again. Checkers right. from Race Tech replied to that and said, like a bomb went off. Worst crash I've witnessed in 30-plus years. Wow. Checkers. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one from uh, Kenny Gorsling. With factory equipment and a proven full-time program, do you think a privateer rider like, say, Carson Brown could be a top five rider? Or the factory riders on factory teams because they are that much more talented? That's a great question. Like, you look at two two guys like yourselves, right? Like, uh, Rusty, you're a little bit better than Trevor. Sorry, but he was. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you've been given a pro circuit bike, and well, you had one for a little bit. Yep. And what, how much of a difference was it? The, the bones and Mitch and the bike. It was a big difference, but also with me being, you know, kind of on my own for so many years, it was a really hard transition because every week the bike was brand new. You know, like my yeah, bikes yeah. were my bikes were fresh, but when they'd put a new crank in it every week, yeah. I always asked Mitch, "Let me ride the test bike yeah, because yeah. the the race bikes were so tight." Red would, dog, red dog would complain about that too. They yeah. just wouldn't over yeah. rev that extra three hundred RPM. Yeah, you, yeah. you know, your shifting points. So I'm sure these guys that were weaned into being these factory riders for years and years were used to it. Yeah. Where it took me. Even the seat foam was too yep. stiff for me. I mean, everything about the bike was just a little bit odd for me. Obviously, I I grew to get yeah. better on it, but ultimately, just like Brock Tickle was talking about, you know, you, of course we need factory support and we need help. But at the same time, it, it's all your surrounding of people and the people that are helping you set yeah. your bike up. You know. Yeah, I think like you look at somebody like Carson Brown in that tweet. Like Carson's like a nine, eight, nine, ten kid, talented. Such a difference between a privateer four stroke, two fifty four stroke, and a star bike. Let's say, like, just you know, what would that do? Like, I mean, Mitch, Mitch's early four stroke stuff when you were racing and you were near the end, but like when when Gossler would get podiums and Sorby would get podiums, and like it just like Darcy Lang would just podium the shit. Like, I think he was so far ahead. Like, honestly, he could have put ten I, guys on that bike and got results. I would think that. You know what I mean? Back then, like, well, Mitch, so, you know, when I was on Splitfire too, he was dealing with Suzuki's, which were really good, and also yeah. the Yamahas. You know, Wyndham's yeah. bikes were unstoppable. Yeah, the, the the Yamaha Troy guys were like those Casey Johnson bikes that yeah. that era. They were good. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, good question for sure. I think in some cases it would help, in some cases it wouldn't. From Phil White, one ninety two. Is twenty twenty one going to be Joey Savacci's four fifty make it or break it year? No, I don't think it's make it or break it, right? No, no, I don't think so. I think it's a, uh, it's an important year. I think he needs yeah. a, a solid year. I think he need, yeah. he needs to race the whole season. That's what he yeah. needs. Yeah. You know, so right. uh, breaking news from from Marks. Marks, would you like to share? Uh, I just watched the uh, Holland Brandes fight for the first time. It's quite awesome. <laughs> Quite awesome. You were on the Cowie, right? The green? Yeah. Because that yeah. guy definitely won. I was oh, hoping yeah. it was over. <laughs> <laughs> you can't run from this, Ross. No. Just embrace it. We're going to post it on Twitter, and it's going to make the rounds. We're going to so. put a black hat on you, and you know you sit there with your guns out. like yeah, uh, I you wasn't know. the sheriff. <laughs> All right. From Warren MX Show, I've seen our guy, is 39 pounding out laps at the bakery lately. How many podiums for the Canadian superstar? Oh, it's too early to say podiums for him, but he's a good rider. He's really good. But, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say podiums. But he was good that a couple of years ago before he hurt his knee. So 
from TDog829. I remember Stanton making the comment when working with JB51 that there was too much riffraff at Geico with too many people in the semi. What will Star do to ensure it doesn't get too crazy with so many riders and staff this year? That is definitely something like in the gossipy world of the pits. People are like, how are they going to handle that? Wives, girlfriends, sponsors, man friends, everybody, right? Agents. Agents. Yeah, like there, there's a lot going on. Yes, there's two trucks. You know what I mean? So there's there's separation there. But people are wondering how that's going to go. Yeah, I think you it's know? a... I- and that's a good question. I think it's a tough balance. I mean, you hear about even even you know factory level teams, these 450 guys, where it's just two riders, and, yeah. and you hear about one guy getting the priority over another. Well, how do you balance that with, yeah. with eight guys? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I think uh, I think it's a legit question. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if it's going to go bad or anything. I'm sure yeah. there'll be people on that team in the truck that don't feel like they're getting the attention yeah. that maybe they want, and how they balance that. That's it's it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. From Bat Cardinals. If Geyser wins more 450 championships than Hurlings, will the Hurlings fans be able to live with themselves? Well, he's already up 2-1 to one in 450 in MX1 titles on Hurlings. So, just FYI, Hurlings uh, lovers. Um, I mean, Geyser's only won when Hurlings has been out. Yeah. So, it's kind of the ultimate ammunition for any Hurlings fans, right? I mean, it's like a Stu thing, right? Stu versus whoever. Like, right. I mean, Chad won titles when Stu was out. It's true. But Hurlings only made it to the end of what? One one title? The one he won? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So you can go both ways. Right. From Ryan Hargrave, 431. How does it work, or how do teams feel when riders do not spend much time around the around the team in the offseason for testing? I'd imagine it costs a lot to send everything to Florida. Wouldn't it be beneficial for Sexton to be close to HRC with the new bike and being a rookie? Dude, these riders, they 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 control the teams now, man, at the upper levels like this. The teams do all that stuff. I mean, also, too, you got to remember, most of the races aren't in California. Well, none now. So the dirt back east is perfect for what you're going to race the rest of the series. So, you know, staying in SoCal, I mean, I, you know, that, it, it, I think it's a dumb idea. Let's say the series is normal. Yeah. You got six rounds in that kind of dirt, and you have 11 rounds in other kinds of dirt, right? Florida dirt, East mm-hmm. Coast dirt. So, yeah, to me. Well, I think I think because of how the series is going to be. So, if it was a normal normal yeah. year, yeah, these guys would be in California right now. Yeah, because in my Anaheim's opinion. and stuff. Ab- right. yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, they yeah. would all be in California right, right that's now. That's a great point. You're right. But yeah. because of what's happening, yeah. uh, that's you're why you're seeing more guys right. just staying on the East Coast right. because because of how the series is going to kick off. Yeah. So, did you ever base yourself out east? I didn't, and it's actually yeah. a big goal of mine for my son and I to get back there. I'm trying to have some good friends that have bought some property, and we're right. kind of lining up. But uh, right. Definitely would like to get back out there more, you know, right. twice a year or something. All right, next question. From Dean's Dean for Mark Stock. Dean's Dean. All I want for Christmas so is Mark the new Stock Pulp Mex app. Mark Stock question. Yeah, he said, all I want for Christmas is the new Pulp Mex app. What are my chances? Let me guess. Pew, pew. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, a few more pews on the end of that, I just, and you're not getting it. I just want to get... I just want to say that he showed me a screenshot of some shit going on, and it appears that there's been progress. Yeah, I'm working on it. I, okay. I, I told you I've been working yeah, on it. Yeah, okay. yeah. But no, not by Christmas and not right. by New Year's. Right. And not by A1. A H1. H1? Yeah. H1. <laughs> from uh, Any Denny, day now. Any day now. No. Yeah. From Denny Stevenson, Debo 360. He's alive! Make sure and ask Debo's Rusty. Debo's alive! <laughs> he said, make sure and ask Rusty about the old Arena Cross days. So do you have I your mean, best uh, Debo story or yeah. story with him? We had a lot of fun together, obviously. <laughs> 
<laughs> shocking. Yeah. Shocking. But uh, no, those, all those guys are great people. And like I, like we talked before, it was almost like we were one yeah. big family. Um, of course, things got heated at times. And Did you and Debo get into it? One time. Yeah. One time. And I think he's blamed me on the show like three times for it. But, uh, I, you know, got you know, good willing. We, we get along right. now. And he, you know, years pass. And right. He was aggressive rider too. He was, yeah. No, I mean, don't, yeah, don't hey, think yeah. that he was just no, some no, angel. No, no, he was no, ruthless no. too. But he uh, used to be like, hey, if Supercross guys showed up at the opening rounds, he'd be like, fuck you, exactly. like you're going down. Like, <laughs> like I don't care if you're Nick Way or Heath Foss or you think you're some Supercross guy. Watch this, boom. Yeah, yeah. no, but he was very talented. Obviously, he uh, right. great rider. I looked up to him a lot. So right. politically correct. <laughs> From Tyson Stegall. What's the plan for some Pulp Live shows in 2021? Hoping for one in Indy. We don't. Uh, we don't know. Uh, Houston for sure. Uh, Indy. It's yeah. The, yeah. I don't know. I don't think we can do it. I talked to a place in Houston. That's like, hey, an indoor place. We want five grand for you to host a show here at our theater, which is probably the regular rate, right? It's not a super nice place, but because of restrictions, you can only sell 43 seats. Okay, so I'm gonna charge. Hundred dollars a seat, you know, right. and I'll be still owe you money. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna still come out of pocket. Yeah. Five hundred dollars a ticket. You're like, I fuck you. Like, what am I gonna do? Like, so if if these venues, I want to charge full price. We can't have live shows because we can't have capacity. So, ergo, yeah. So uh, fair enough. Mar- T- Talon's looking at me like I'm yelling at. Him. I'm not yelling You're at not you. Not yelling at you. Oh, okay. So, all right. Last one from Ranham eighty four. In an interview with Swap Moto, Frandis said he's not actually getting as tired riding the 450 as he did on the 250, even though he's doing longer motos. This must be due to his style or technique. Have any other 450 rookies felt similar? Everybody's better on a 450. Everybody can't wait to they ride a 450. They all ride them better. That's what happens every single breast conference that you ever, you ever heard. So they're, they're more tiring. When you talk to guys, they have their longer main events. They're bigger, heavier bikes. Guys get more tired on 450s. I, that, that is just... I mean, I, I'm believing what he's saying for right now, but at a race pace, when you talk to guys who move up, they go, whew, that 450, man, it tired me out. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. It's, and it's naturally obvious. Well, I think they're, I mean, he's a, he's a super fit guy, so probably right now testing yeah. you know, on the test track, you ride low RPMs, you can, you know, it's a yeah. momentum type thing. He doesn't have to work as hard as he is on the 250, so on the practice track, he's that's yeah. probably true. Right. It is a little bit easier for him, but it'll be interesting to see when those guys all line up that, that have made the jump, uh, how they feel come, come right. race day. I've so. never heard a guy say, physically, it's easier to ride a 450. Yeah. Like, it is easier to ride a 450, like, uh, skill-wise, because you don't need to be perfect, right? But, right. but physically-wise, you get more tired. And he's probably... If there was one to have that happen to, I'd have to say it would be him, him just right. because of how fluent he is. Yeah. You know? yeah, he's good. Is there any timeline released yet on his hand? He'll be or? fine for the first round. He will. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So. All right. Is that it? That's old news, right? Motorsport.com. Thank you to those guys. Always please check them out for whatever prices you need. We're going to uh, hopefully have to do something with Maxima and Motorsport, hopefully uh, yeah. down the line if we yeah. can work on that. Uh, again, Pro Filter and Maxima USA, Trevor Reese. Who's your tires? Rusty, uh, something semi new for you. Uh, the Club of Mex team used them last year. Kiefer's tested them. Always good reviews from what I hear from, from Who's Your Stuff. You guys are getting into moto. So, how's that been going? Real good. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, we offer a wide range of product and we keep expanding all the, all the time. We have uh, three different compounds for the big bikes. 
and uh, we just made our first set of Class C tires about four months ago, and we have a new generation coming out in January. Side by side stuff starting to broaden all the yeah. time, so uh, we're full full speed ahead on trying to uh, get and, our name in the market. And everything's distributed by Hoosier, right? So if somebody wants to buy a set, Hoosier Tire. Yes. .com moto or is there, exactly. is there a moto site or specific or specific there is there is it's, it's a Hoosier Tire West oh, okay. and, and uh, so there's there's 17 distributors across the US so depending on what territory you live in yep. obviously th those distributors can service you best in getting your product right. to you in, a, in a good timeline so I think it's it's great that like so when they first came up you're like who's your tire like well, these guys are fucking sprint guy guys you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. like that's my thinking right like yeah. and then you realize like no they know how to build tires and I think from the first time you from the first racers i talked to where i'm like hey how's that fucking who's your tire they're like it's good and yeah. i think from the racers i've talked to like right out of the bat you guys have done a good job like i think it's a high quality product yes and uh it's it's really neat it's 100 made in the usa i don't know another tire that is made here but um they have a lot of technology and racing compounds which all the tire developers do but um they have a different craft and a different approach towards things. So it'll mm -hmm. be interesting in the future that uh, we've made seven product update changes in about two years. Well, so, okay. I mean, yep. in two weeks, we can make an update change yep. to a, a product. And uh, yep. they're, they're very driven and focused. So uh, it's right. been a neat team. And I mean, ever the, All the reviews have been good. And like I said, the guys have yeah. been like uh, – Guys, are top five with them at races, so yeah. And uh, I think we had eleven of twenty-two, and I, this was last year's second yeah. round East Coast. But I think we had eleven of twenty-two two fifty F guys in really? the tire. Yeah, really, the, the second round. Wow, holy so, shit, um, good job. Yeah, yeah. So it's been it's been exciting. Obviously, uh, the tire world's a very competitive business. Yeah, but um, well, I'm learning more every day as Hoosier is on how the game works. So yeah. I'm excited about. The are you future. enjoying it? Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. The, the best thing about it is, I, I can't really talk people into. Hey, you're gonna like this tire. You know, it, it's, it's something that they're gonna go out initially and either love or hate. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very fortunate in the, the the 12 months I've been with them. I've had no nobody come back and say they don't like the performance of the right, tire. Right, right. And you you just came back from the works race. Yes, Arizona, we, yeah. we supported all the works races. We did a bunch of moto stuff uh, through the year. Obviously, COVID put a dampener a lot of the things that we were forecasting. But uh, yeah. works was a good learning experience for us. Um, obviously, those guys are doing such long motos that. They're tearing through everything. Yeah. It's not just our tire in one race. Yep. And uh, we really wanted to get some uh, feedback of how the bibs were going to work with them and how the tubeless systems were going to work with them, yep. and ultimately what what those guys thought of them at that level. Yeah. You know? And do you do you you're a moto guy, right? Yeah. Do you like going to the stuff like that? Or are you getting into it? Or are you? No, like, no, I, I love it, and that's where I, I think came you like from. talking to people too. I think. Well, you're a, I do. Yeah. And, and and luckily, I have a good product to talk about. It's something exciting. It's something new. And um, obviously, you know, I used to be a sales rep like we talked earlier, yeah. but I, I love talking to the enthusiastic uh, racers, you right, know. Right. And Does anybody know who you are? Like, do people like, oh, yeah. Yeah, luckily. Yeah, 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 luckily, yeah. And, and I've been in the game for about six years in general selling other products. Yeah. So uh, oh, I have a really good rapport with a lot of the local community racers in California. Yep, yep. So uh, it's, it's good. I, I help represent other brands too, 6D helmets, asterisk knee braces. Uh, obviously, Hoosier is my main target, yep. but yep. as I keep bobbing and weaving, all these are, all these products are very good, so it's it's an easy sell. Do you, you know, do you foresee yourself say Hoosier steps up in Super and Motocross? Do you see yourself doing more of that, like going to that, being like a Brock Glover of of a Randy Richardson of <laughs> Hoosier? Hard. Like, would you do that, or would you want to? Or? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Would you? Fact, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and uh, of course, other di distributors have their areas covered in these different regions, but yeah. uh, I'd love to go back and support them to get to know a lot of the East Coast guys. Obviously, yeah. it's a whole different chapter back there. Yeah. 
And so, also, I, the distributors are independently owned. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all, yeah. Right, all right. So basically, that's, that's interesting, huh? So Shall when we? I bring all the yeah. all the West Coast guys back there, I could you know get them affiliated yeah. with all my East Coast guys and right. get to meet all the East Coast players we got going. Right. Also, so cool. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I've heard good things about the, the product line. Like like I said, when it first came on, you're like, what the fuck? Who's your sprint tires? Like, yeah. is Sammy Swindell here? Like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> and then like, yeah, it turns out they work really well and and, and they're raised, they're used at highest levels. So. Yep. Uh, cool. So yeah. basically, we're offering a spec or a works tire to the general public. Yeah. So. Right. And uh, and for you, Trevor Maxima and Pro Filter, thank you for the support over the years. You guys are coming back on for 2021. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Appreciate that. So yeah. uh, great product. Yeah. I don't have to talk much about Maxima and how great it is. So. Yeah. I mean, we're uh, we're we're very fortunate. Right. So it's and been, Dogger. It's been good. And Dogger works there. Dogger works Fucking there. Legend. legend. Dogger works legend. there. We were just talking about Dogger at the lunch there. We're just talking about a legend. He's a legend. <laughs> have you heard any new any any? Have you heard all the stories? Or are there are there some ones that? Oh, I've heard I've heard plenty of. So like I mean I I I would go riding with Ronnie a couple times a week when yeah. I was seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Oh so yeah, yeah. I mean I've been around Ronnie right. my my whole life. What years and, have this been? Uh, like two thousand one, two. Yeah, three, so he right don't, he there. quit. A, like people think he quit when he broke his leg at Steel City. No, no, he kept racing in Europe for yeah. like years. Yeah. And like so, ninety six, he was still racing at a high level. Yeah. So like yeah. the town, the town I grew up in, um, Dick and yeah, they they just lived right up the street. Ronnie's dad yeah, did, yeah. and and that's how I ended up. My dad like ran into him at the post office or so, you know something okay, in yeah, the yeah, town, yeah. and yeah. um, we we drove up there and we and we you know talked to Dick at his house for for a long time, and then he ended up going back to to work the next day. And Danny was the rider support guy at the okay. time, and was like, yeah. hey, I met this kid, and I want to help him out. He lives in the town yeah. that, that we live in, and that's how I got to know him. Oh, okay. And I was probably you know so six, Dick seven just meeting your dad is like, oh, let's help the kid. He's yeah, cool. they just yeah, got yeah, to talking, awesome. and yeah, yeah. yeah, and that was kind of how it all how it all worked out. So like I said, I've been around. The brand. I've Dude, been imagine that. Machines. Imagine your dad didn't go to the post office that day with. Dick yeah, and I don't know exactly what the <laughs> yeah, story but is. Yeah, but whatever it was, somehow right? they yes, had crossed yes. paths, and then and, and it's then literally a career to... for you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything comes full circle, which right. is cool. And 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 like I said, I, I I'm fortunate to work for for a brand that that I know really well and right. and that I believe in, and right. it's it's great product. And uh, I don't see myself being anywhere else in the industry right yeah. now. So oh, I'm, that's awesome. I'm enjoying it. Right. Uh, I was going to ask you earlier for a giveaway, and I forgot. Can we get? So let's reward the listeners who are yeah, listening. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, contest at pulpamexshow.com. Email. What are we going to give away? What do, we, what do you want to do? Want to do like some maximum oil hat or pack or something? What do we want? Yeah, let's give away some SC1. Let's give away a water bottle. Okay, let's, SC1 pack and yeah, stuff. How many, pack. how many do you want to do? Uh, let's do two of them. Two SC1 packs. Yep. Contest at pulpamexshow.com. Put Maxima in the subject line, and uh, we'll do a couple of random uh, giveaways for SC1 water bottle and an SC1 kit. So. And we got a, we have a new SC1 t-shirt, too, so we'll oh, yeah? throw those in there. Sweet. So Fantastic. Water bottle, can of SC1, and a t-shirt. Great. We'll do two of those. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. Contest at pulpamexshow.com. Rusty, thanks, man. Appreciate Thank you. it. No, great uh, time. Good job tonight. Uh, we're going to do a podcast tomorrow, a long-form one, on your career, so that'll be awesome. out later, too. And, uh, and I'll probably bring up the Brandis video again. Come I'm on. sure you will. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he will. Uh, uh, Trevor, thank you for coming in. Maximum yeah. USA, Pro Filter, of course, Trevor Reese. Marks, thank you. You're welcome. Callum? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Next week, Paul Parabinos and Randy Valade in studio. So that should be really good. I think Andrew Short might drop by. Royalty. Awesome. Love that guy. I'll have to be there for that. Good. Yeah, rally. yeah, rally, off-road. fucking off-road guy. Yeah, that's your guy. Uh, so thanks to Swisscore, thanks to Moser, thanks to Pookie, of course. And uh, thank you people for listening. Appreciate it. Oh, Chris Kiefer and JT and Brock Tickle and Joey Savacci as well. Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. For a fucking tickle? There's something I want to get off my chest. And it's about that summer when you went away to community college. I got an offer to do Playgirl magazine. And I did it. I did a full spread for Playgirl magazine. I, 
I mean spread, man. I pulled my butt apart and stuff, and I was totally nude, and it was weird. I, I mean, you probably didn't hear about it because I went under the name of Mike Honcho, but I just wanted you to know that. If you could hear me, if it got into your brain somehow, that I spread my butt cheeks as Mike Honcho. Crushing your creed 